Greetings, Leftover Army. I am in a weird mood. Last night we recorded starting at 8 o'clock, and I did not get done recording with the guys last night until 2.30 in the morning. 2.30 in the morning. And I have not slept since. I have not been to sleep at all. Not one wink. It is noon the next day. We recorded on a Friday at 8 o'clock, and... I have not been to sleep yet, so I am in a weird, weird mood right now, and I can't sleep. I'm, like, wired. I am up. Last night, I drank a energy drink and then followed it up by more caffeine and had probably, like, six, seven uh, caffeine uh, diet Pepsis, so I am wired at the moment. Um, still going, and uh, no, no sign of slowing down, but... I was a jittery wreck last night, but it does not matter because I have Frank and I have Jake, and they held the fort down last night. And uh, and it's not like this is the first time. They, they do it every week. And, you know, I talk about how the show sucks and uh, how I can't believe anybody listens to it. Maybe it's just the caffeine talking. Maybe it's the fact that I haven't slept in over 24 hours. But I appreciate these guys, and I think they did a great job last night, and I think this is a good show. Um, so, uh, I toss all the other shows that we've ever done in the past, but this one I'm going to Tupperware because I get to spend time with my friends and talk about things that I love. So we are going to talk about a lot of things in this episode. And one of those things that we're going to be talking about is the end of the Marvel 616, the end of the ultimate universe for Marvel and how Marvel is going to be going forward and doing a whole world reboot uh, coming up in May with Secret Wars and Battle World. So definitely going to be talking about that in the episode. So check it out. It is pretty awesome. This is the only time you're ever going to hear me praise this show. So after I get a uh, good night's sleep, I'll be back to my uh, bitter, jaded self. So enjoy episode 76. Episode 76. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about It's a trap. Good and toss it, good and taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Push over pop culture. Leftover. And we're the uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftover. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. You're listening to the only podcast with the balls to bite a radioactive spider. It's Pop Culture Leftovers. Five, five four, four, three, three two, two, one. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And, and we're, we're the leftovers. leftovers. Stop. Hammer time. <laughs> what was up with that? It's, I thought it sounded about the same as last week. Sound like an angry penguin. <laughs> Stop. 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 
<laughs> All right, we're off to that foot. Yeah, <laughs> and that's the a thing that foot. happened. <laughs> yeah. Ah. Ah. Time. Oh man. Wow. So yeah, how's how's it going, guys? Yeah, how's it going, Frank? What are you looking at me for? <laughs> well, I figured you'd jump in first. No, fuck it. How's it going? It's going. It's a Friday night. Yeah, yeah, that's different. We're recording on a Friday night. Yeah, we're, we've got big time lives, right? Yeah. Doing our podcast on a Friday night. On a Friday night. <laughs> Woo! It's but. the end of the week. We cut loose, man. Yeah. yeah. Craziest part of the week for me. Yeah, but I did bring the ladies. Nice. No, I didn't. Oh. There's no ladies here. Uh. I was like, really? Are they outside the door? <laughs> yeah, we don't yeah, they're freezing their asses <laughs> off. All of our groupies. You get their nips hard. <laughs> yeah, that's what we were doing, Frank. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, because because that's what that's how you treat a lady. Could you ladies wait outside so your nips get hard? We'll bring you in after a while. We've got a glass cutting project. Yeah, once your nips get good and hard. Yeah, I've got some diamonds I want you to cut inside here. Wow. Oops. Frank is Frank is going to start a business as a jeweler. I need this in a princess cut. <laughs> Bust out those nips. Wow. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, there I go, hitting the table already. Off to that, too. Yeah. Friday craziness. Mm-hmm. It's like a full moon. <laughs> Is it a full moon? Well, it may as well be. Fuck. <laughs> I have no idea. You have no clue. Nope. No, my ass fucking hit the door at the end of the work day today, and I ain't fucking going anywhere else until tomorrow when I have to. Yeah, so this week was kind of a rush to get this episode together. Yeah. It's crazy, because we're doing it on Friday. Typically, we do it on Sundays, if you didn't know. So you're still going to get the episode on the same day. Yeah, That's it, not changing. It was a scramble. Scramble, scramble, huh? Yeah, it was. My God. Yeah, I had to put everything together like Wednesday night, Thursday night, and I'm still getting shit together today, so it's going to be, I don't know, I don't know, this could be the worst episode ever. Yeah, we've got Clive figuring shit out right now, working double time. Oh, I know, he's got such a rough job <laughs> reciting the same line week after week after week. He's Well, he's like Christian Nairn, man, Hodor, he's good at it. It's like Vin Diesel. <laughs> yeah. I am Groot. Yeah, outsource some of the work to Clive, have him do some of the some of the stuff. Yeah. Um, movie premiere. Remember when we made the movie premiere announcement? Oh. You know, who wants to come out and watch the movie with us? Yeah, oh, did yeah. you receive much feedback with that? <laughs> there was people on Twitter that said, yeah, they'll do it. But I only got, I got one email. <laughs> one email. So as of right now, it's a no-go. Really? How many people do we need? What's the minimum? I mean, it's, it's a no-go right now. We got like one email and just like some people saying... You know, nonchalantly on the Twitter that, yeah, I'd do it. But I need confirmations, man. How many people on the Twitter? Like half a dozen? I don't know. I don't know maybe. Maybe half a dozen. Yeah. So. Yeah. Right now, it's kind of a no-go. Yeah, no-go. Would we do it like, you know, because it's going to premiere on like a Thursday. Would we do it on a Thursday? Who the fuck can make it here on a Thursday? If they can, they can. Should we do it on a Thursday? Yeah, I mean, if we don't, I'm still going to see the movie on a Thursday. I'm going to see it on a yeah. Thursday, too. <laughs> but I don't know if like anybody's going to be able to make it here on a Thursday. Most people are taking the work week off, you know? And we're trying to get all this shit together by Avengers 2? That's the plan? Yeah, I think mm. so. 
right? Unless I don't think people are wanting to make the drive here for Ant Man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know though. Huh. Yeah, maybe we can get the shit together. I mean, if people want to come out, I'll go see it with them. Yeah, I mean, we can just, like, say, yeah, we're going to be there Thursday night, and if they want to show, they can show. Yeah. Psych. Yeah, <laughs> we'll bring the handheld recorder and record, like, their reactions after the show. Yeah, that would be, be kind of fun. That would be fun. Yeah. Yeah. All right, we got a gift. Oh, really? From a listener. Nice. Yeah. Do you want to wait till the end to open it up? Up to you. I think I want to open it now. Then let's do it. All right. Who wants to open it up? I will if you want me to. Yeah. It's uh, from Soggy Mo on uh, Twitter. I have no idea what it was, and I was such a douchebag. I accidentally replied to him real quick and gave him the wrong zip code. So it didn't get to me. So I I think he called Amazon, and they reshipped it. Jake, just, hey, grab the girls. Their nipples are hard. They can cut it <laughs> Nice, nice. Yeah, Soggy Mo. I, I recognize that handle. Yeah, Soggy Mo. <laughs> Jake's Go easy get... on them puppies, man. Going nuts there, the bare keys. Yeah. Big shift. I left my knife at home. It's a gift within a gift. Okay. We're still not there yet. And Jake is opening the package. I'm, like, trying to give commentary because it's, like, dead air. <laughs> I didn't know. Frank's I, just, like, staring, like, <laughs> like what? I didn't know. Uh, the box? I didn't know what inside that box. I didn't know Amazon did gift wrapping like that. <laughs> Jake's struggling with this fucking thing. I am struggling with it. What am I supposed to be doing? <laughs> I don't know. I, you You're know, actually, like, ripping the gift. Oh, like, shit. he's destroying <laughs> the, the, Now, don't rip the packaging it's actually part of the gift <laughs> oh oh there you go oh gosh <laughs> it is liam nielsen's a walk among the tombstones liam neeson a walk among the tombstones he wants me to watch this he's been begging me to watch this nice so next week i'm gonna have my a walk among the tombstones review what's up can i look at it yeah oh nice I haven't seen it either. Should, is that something we should all, all check out for then? Well, it was a thing with me and him on Twitter, and he ah. wants he wanted me to watch this because I was bashing it and saying it sounded like all the other Liam Neeson's movie. Liam Neeson movies. Let me read the back here. Liam Neeson stars in A Walk Among <laughs> the Tombstones, an action thriller based on Lawrence Block's best-selling series of mystery novels. Neeson plays Matt Scudder, an ex-cop turned unlicensed private investigator who reluctantly agrees to help a heroin trafficker hunt down the men who brutally murdered his wife. (laughs) When the PI learns that this is not the first time, nor will it be the last, that these men have committed this sort of twisted crime, he must blur the line between right and wrong as he races to track the deviants through the back streets of New York City before they kill again. So, does it sound different? Does it sound the same? It sounds the same. I got this for you, too. Listen to this real quick. Yeah. Hey, Brian, I know how much you love Liam Neeson (laughs) and his films, so I know you're going to enjoy this one. Also, I have a gift coming that probably won't get there until next week, but it's for the whole crew. Sincerely, Matt Smith. Yeah, thank you, Matt. I'm definitely I'm going to check this out, Chief, and uh, I will watch this and have a review. uh, Can I gank your iTunes copy from that? No, yeah, absolutely. Awesome. I'll watch it, too. 
<laughs> oh, aren't we just killing the uh, movie industry by doing it like that? Didn't we talk against that last week? No. Well, are, are we? Gonna, are you probably going to do the same thing when you provide your inevitable bad review of it? I don't know. I'm going to give this a fair shot. I'm going to give it a fair shot, and we'll see. We'll see what I think about a walk among the tombstones. So, yeah, I'll watch it next week. That'll be a good pop, bad pop review. Yeah. Thank you, Matt. I appreciate that. I'm excited. I'll watch it with you. Yeah, we'll watch it. Oh, nice. I'm excited. Yeah, I'll give you the code and all that good stuff. I'm excited, actually. I haven't seen a Liam Nielsen movie since uh, Taken 2, I don't think. Oh, I didn't even watch Taken 2. <laughs> uh, let's see here. So thank you again, Matt. Email submissions for this week. Uh, did you guys have anything else that you wanted to talk about this week? At the beginning of the show? Yeah. Oh, no, I'm mm-hmm. fine. Nothing? At the at the top of the show? Yeah. Uh, nah. Just jump into emails? Yeah, just jump into emails. Okay, uh, email submissions. Remember last week I kind of talked about like how I wanted people to create their own bumper for the email? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We got... Uh, one email. I'm not going to play the submissions this week because okay, I okay. want, you know what I mean? It's just one email and it was, he sent two bumpers. I kind of want to play like a, a compilation of a few at least. So I need more. Yeah, that'd be fun. I need more. I, otherwise, this guy wins. Yeah. He's the winner and he will be forever immortalized as our email bumper if nobody else jumps into this thing. So yeah, send in those submissions. Get creative with it. Yeah. Get fucking crazy with it. It was your buddy Ryan Mears. Oh, nice. Sent it. Yeah. Yeah. He was cussing me out on Facebook because of it. (laughs) Yeah? He was saying he stayed up past his bedtime to work on something for for a podcast. Really? Yeah. Oh, not his own? He was giving me shit, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, uh, I have listened to them, so but I'll play them hopefully next week if we get more submissions. Yeah, I'm excited to hear it. Uh, Let's see here. We got an email here from Reese from Liverpool, England, and Reese writes this, Hi, Brian. I was just listening to the latest episode. Yeah, and last week we read his email, and he says, I was just listening to the latest episode, and I heard you read out my email. That is fucking awesome. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not kidding. When I jumped out of my seat and shouted, Yes! You guys are the only show I email into and just wanted to say thank you. Reading out that email has made my year. No joke. Anyway, you don't have to read this one. (laughs) I just wanted to express my thanks for answering my questions. Love the show. It's only Monday, and I want to hear next week's already. You guys are the best. Regards, Reese from Liverpool, England. Yeah, thanks, Reese. Yeah. I I wanted to read that because it's crazy how just reading somebody's email can, like, make their whole fucking week and shit, right? Yeah, sometimes when you say my name, I'm like, oh, yes. So I, I understand how these people feel. I, you know, honestly, it is kind of cool, for, even for me. Like, um, like I was listening to uh, the latest episode of the Joe Schmo comic show. Yeah, they name dropped us like two or three times in, oh, nice. in the Golden Schmo's episode, and so I was like, "That's pretty cool." That is pretty cool. Yeah, you but, got name dropped. They name dropped the podcast. They, yeah. you know what I mean. So. But what terrible shit were they saying about us? <laughs> oh, they, they, yeah. no, 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 no. They, I, I think they they were mentioning some Daniel Cudmore stuff and stuff like that. Uh, you know? I see, I see. Yeah, yeah. Just listen to the episode. Uh, all right. I think, uh, yeah, Alan, who hadn't been on their show for a long time, like said, like, oh yeah, the, I, the, I got to thank the Pop Culture Leftovers guys and stuff like that. And I thought that was really cool of him to say that. So. 
pretty awesome. That is awesome. Frank's just nodding over there. He's like <laughs> non-existent this episode. Where are you, Frank? I'm here. I'm with it. You're just still, you're still thinking about those hard nipples, aren't you? No. <laughs> no. Yeah, you are. Them diamonds. Yeah, you are. <laughs> Busted. Busted. <laughs> Boobies. So we can call this episode Diamonds. Diamonds. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think. Diamonds in the rough. Like, what else? Like, blood. Ooh. Ooh. Blood diamonds? Blood diamonds. <laughs> I guess if it's their time of the month, right, Frank? Oh, oh yucky. I'm sorry. That went, went a little too far with that, that one. That's grody. I don't give a fuck, though. <laughs> Logan Morris sends us an email. Man, imagine if his name was Zach. Oh, Zach Morris? <laughs> yeah. Yeah? Yeah. That, Pause. I would not want my name to be Zach Morris, right? <laughs> Probably not. No. no. <laughs> Probably not. And I would always have, like, the latest phone. Because, like, <laughs> if you had, like, even a phone that was outdated, people would be giving you shit. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> oh, that's funny. He says, hey, Pop Culture Leftovers and Frank. <laughs> Brian was talking last week about how he wanted a listener whose first podcast was PCL. Well, that's me. I found you guys by a happy accident on your 40th episode, and I've been a loyal listener ever since. I'm 16 years old and mow lawns in the summer. This job was boring and tedious until I found you guys to help the time fly by. I also want to thank you guys for turning me on to other great podcasts like the Joe Schmo Comic Show and Soda Pop Comic Cast. Love the show, guys. You're no young Murph, but still a Tupperware. <laughs> Logan Morris. Yeah, we're just fine. <laughs> We're just, you know, we're, yeah, we're just like Young Murph. We're just fine. Fuck. You're actress of the year, Frank. She's just fine. I was, I was confused. I thought that it had to be from a movie. And then when Brian, when uh, I mean, when Jay, you couldn't think of any other movie where there was a better actress than that little girl. None, not one movie. <laughs> you couldn't like even do a Google search like <laughs> 2014 movies. <laughs> But that wouldn't have been authentic. I mean, you could have even said, like, Scarlett Johansson in uh, The Winter Soldier. You know, something, dude. Or Lucy. Oh, he didn't no, like Lucy. He tossed not. it. Yeah, fuck that shit. It still say that. What? It still kinda, say that. You, you kinda, slay that. You kind of slurred there towards the end, I still say that. I, I still say that. It's like Sorry. Stallone got in the house there. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I hate that movie. <laughs> Yeah. I gave okay. it to uh, Rosamund Pike, and then my runner-up was uh, Arya from Game of Thrones, um, Maisie Williams. Yeah, right? mm-hmm. yeah, because yeah. yeah, as soon as you hit Maisie Williams, I was like, ah, oh, damn it. <laughs> it. Well, then I realized, yeah, I could have used anything I fucking saw, not just movies. Yeah, but I mean, just I mean, even in movies, there was like hundreds of hundreds of movies that came out this year. You watched. A bunch of movies, I'm sure. Yeah. Most of the ones that I saw in the theater were the ones that, you know, we talked about. But that about was the here. performance that just blew you away. Mind blown. You left the theater just like, wow. <laughs> young, young Murph. No. Young Murph. <laughs> wow. Frank, that was, I had Frank, one Frank, fucking bad category. Frank left the theater with his jaw wide open. <laughs> I was just like, never have I seen an actress pull off a performance like that she is like Meryl Streep eat your heart out bitch she was awesome 
I bet when he when he was deciding who was gonna win his tuppies, mm-hmm. that was the first one he wrote down. No, He's like, all right, the man. easy one, Young Murph, best actress. Right, right. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like the at the beginning one. of the process. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was like number one. Number one. Okay, let's, let's write it. <laughs> Fuck, down. let's get this out of the way. That was no, that was the hardest one. I couldn't come up with anyone. I, I, yeah, I, we know. <laughs> <laughs> that was like a Google decision last minute. <laughs> wow. You and you did Google movies. Yeah. And that's still what you came up with. <laughs> this is a great email. <laughs> I had good answers for all the others. Episode 40. What was going on in episode 40? Any idea? Uh I know that uh Winter Soldier was 37. Okay, right around that era. 38 was Catching Up with the Leftovers. 43 was the Godzilla Podzilla. That was the first one I was on. Yeah. 40, I have no idea what we were doing. Yeah, all right. Glad you listened to it and enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God it wasn't our young Murph introduction episode. That's awesome, though, that we got his very first podcast was us. I do have a problem with it, though. This is not what I, and I sound like such a dick right now. Oh, what's your problem? I, my problem is I love that we were his first podcast, yeah. but we weren't his last. That's what I wanted. Like, oh, yeah, I, he moved on. Yeah, he moved what on. What the fuck? He moved on. Yeah. He's a, he's a two timer. Not only is he a two timer, but he's like, Oh, I'm not getting enough from the Joe Schmo comic show. I gotta get some of that Soda Pop Comic Cast cock too. Yeah, what's he getting from Soda Pop Comic Cast that he's not getting from us? Yeah, from me. Well, and I mean, he, and he moved on from Joe Schmo comic show too. Yeah. Oh, it's not enough. It's just not enough. <sighs> I see how it is. Yeah. I want us to be your one and only, your true, your true love. You know, yeah. does that make sense? Is that that's what I said, and when I originally said this, right? Like yeah. that's what I want. Yeah, you just like want- I've, I I listen to you guys, and that's it. That's all. I'm done. You guys are the pinnacle of podcasting <laughs> for me. Yeah, and once you hear us, even if we suggest another podcast on our podcast yeah. for you to listen to. You still can't listen to that podcast. <laughs> right. Right. You're not allowed. Right. That's what I want. That, I'm still looking for that listener. That one listener. That's his mindset. You know what I mean? Yeah. The PCL, like, purist. Just a total... Yeah. Nothing but PCL. I want a narrow-minded son of a bitch. Oh, man. And he's this, all about PCL. This could get kind of creepy. Like, he could be like, oh, I stopped watching TV and movies, and all I do is, like, look up about bios. No, you can watch and- you can watch TV and movies, but the only podcast is PCL. I like That's it. it. I'm, I'm on board. I'm on board with this big th- time Thank now. you. Yeah. Big time, yeah. No, I mean, I'm glad that we were his first. You know what I mean? Yeah, I still yeah. like it a lot. We popped that cherry, but I, apparently we didn't mean that much. He had to move on. Mm-hmm. He had to move on, find other things. He must have, maybe he has a shit ton of fucking law, lawns to mow. <laughs> <laughs> and he just ran out. Like maybe, you know, six hours wasn't enough one week for right. him. So he had to listen to other podcasts. Yeah. So maybe maybe we need to make longer podcasts. Longer podcasts. So he's not doing anything <clears throat> else but listening to us. So we don't Even lose longer? this guy. Yeah. Holy fuck. So let us know how long all this takes each week and how long we need. Like, you know, if you need yeah. 12 to 16 hours. Then yeah. Because I don't want you listening to nobody else. Yeah. We don't want to lose you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> We're kidding, of course. But really, I'm not. Yeah, yeah, kidding, not kidding. I'm looking for, I'm looking for the PCL purist email. I, I still I'm waiting want, for it. I want that guy too. <laughs> I want to talk to that guy. Yeah, I think it's okay if you 
it doesn't have to be the only pod, it doesn't have to be your first and only podcast and then you never listen to another podcast. <laughs> right. You just have to you just have to say you'll never listen to any other podcast. I'm done. Yeah. There's a ceremony. I, I'm just as good with that. Because I think we're asking the impossible <clears throat> to ask for PCL is your first podcast and you never listen to another podcast after that. I don't know, man. I think that's like the Adam and Eve fucking situation right there. Those other podcasters are, are always going to be like that apple that they're going to grab. We're never going to yeah. get it that It sounds person. like getting married. And you're not allowed to cheat. Like, but, you're, you're, the, you're the one that I lost my virginity to. And that's what happened here forever. with Logan. That's what Logan did. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, we popped the cherry. <laughs> and Logan, he's like, oh, okay, now i got to check out Joe Schmo Comic well, Show. Well, he didn't and- marry us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We were just a fling. We were. We were a summer fling. He was just mowing lawns and like, you know. We were like that one young girl in uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Yep. You guys are being so past tense about it, though. I think this thing's still going on, you know. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm hurt. It's over. We, we've been cheated on. It's over. Nah. <laughs> we're fine with it. We're a slutty podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's the problem. We're a little we're a little bit kinky. People are like, yeah, what else is out there? Yeah, we're fine with it. We'll, we'll get into we'll get into some business. Should we not mention other podcasts? No, we're fine. We've already had like other podcasts. On. We've had podcast crossover episodes. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah. we should delete those from our feed. <laughs> They're gone. Fuck you all. Yeah. Every time I mention another podcast, it's gone. Now. Yeah, that that awesome Star Joe's crossover. <laughs> <Right>. Gone. <laughs> that shit never existed. Yeah, I know. Yeah, we should do like a total pop culture leftovers reboot. Right. And that shit doesn't exist anymore in the reboot. In the oh, rebooted man. pop culture leftover universe. Yeah. But I'm I'm looking for that listener. You don't think that we're going to be able to find that perfect listener that, like, we're the first and only. First and only and never another podcast? Oh, man. That's a, that's, yeah. Okay. That's like, that's the ultimate dream. Okay. I'm with that. But if if we can get the person that'll just swear off every other podcast, Mm -hmm. I'm down. That person gets to stand on top of the mountain. Right. Until they've experienced it all already. Well, I don't, for whatever reason. It's not because they've experienced it at all. It's because they just have come to the um, they've come to the realization that we're the best. So why go anywhere else? Oh, okay, I get you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> all. like okay, the one listener that like hasn't listened that we were the first, and he's not going to listen. That's like it's like a leprechaun riding a unicorn. It's you know what I mean. It's never going to happen. But if we can find a unicorn, just a unicorn, I'm happy with that too, Jake. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. This guy was so close, though. So close. Uh, so close. Why'd you have to go listen to that <clears throat> Joe Schmo shit? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You're killing me, Logan. You're killing me. You this almost had great. my heart. So close. So close. Uh, almost. You're on fire, Jake. <laughs> uh, Johnny B sends us an email. Hey, Brian. Just wanted to let you know that I am really enjoying the podcast lately. You guys are firing on all cylinders. Frank is doing a great job. You and Jake are as entertaining and knowledgeable as ever. I've been listening since episode six, and I can't believe I am now listening to five hours of you guys. I drive a lot for work, and it goes uh, goes past effortlessly. It's like listening to old friends. I even like to hear your opinions on topics I'm not super interested in. 
I was listening to your intro for episode 51 again. That was a great mission statement of the podcast. Whenever I want to turn someone on to PCL, I have them listen to that intro. It really lays out what makes your podcast different from all the others. The Working Man's Podcast. Keep up the great work. I'll try to send future emails to the PCL address. I don't want to bug you on your private email. Just wanted to drop a quick note that I really appreciate all of the work you and the guys put into this. One of the leftover army, Johnny B. from Morgan. Nice. Thank you, Johnny B. Yep. Yeah, thanks a lot. It, it It's funny how it seems like we put work into it other than Brian. <laughs> Jake watches a lot of shit. I just show up. <laughs> what did he? What did he say? We're knowledgeable and uh, entertaining as always. Yeah, it's nice. That's that was very nice. Very yeah, nice very compliment. nice. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I probably put in about six to eight hours every week doing this goddamn yeah, thing. No, and three of those hours are usually doing the intro, and then like probably another six to eight hours on top of that. Right. <laughs> Throughout the week. The editing, you wouldn't think that that comes up that much, but uh, when we did that uh, Birthday Boys mm-hmm. episode, when I, from actually like being there listening to it and then yeah. listening to like how you got rid of some of the delays and shit, yeah. like completely changed the tempo of the interview. That's one, in, that's one episode where the editing was, it came in majorly. Yeah. Wow. That was rough. I had to amplify audio on their side and... Whew, yeah, it was not a lot of fun to edit that one, but I don't edit much anymore. I just keep it all in. I don't care. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it's for the most part, unless we say something totally fucking crazy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and to be fair, that that's probably in the history of the show only happened like less than half a dozen times. <laughs> exactly. Or, I can think of one. I can think of one, too. <laughs> yeah. Who says the one you're thinking of? Me. Jay. Oh, Jay. Oh. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jay, he was talking about Frankie Muniz. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh God, I wish I could have kept that in. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember that, Frank? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh man, that was good shit. That is good shit. <laughs> Jay Cloth sends us an email. Just got done listening to the Agent Carter episode. The email I sent was just a response to another email you read on an earlier podcast about how a character might find some of Vader's gear. Remember he sent us the scenario, like the fan fiction of how Vader, somebody might find Vader's gear. Yeah, I remember that. At the beginning of the movie, he... Yeah. Pontificated. Right. Yeah, okay. Uh, like a helmet or a lightsaber. Maybe I misunderstood... Maybe I misunderstood. I just heard you guys say it was impossible to work it into the movie. I was just thinking out loud about how they might do it. I also don't want Vader in the new movies. But if one of Solo's kids turns bad, this might be a bridge to the past. I wasn't endorsing that scenario, just thinking out loud. Thanks for reading my email last time. Caught me off guard hearing my name. Keep up the good work, Jay Cloth. I don't think that we thought that he wanted it in there. You know what I mean? No. Yeah, we were kind of hard on him. I remember that. Mm Mm-hmm. I, I was just as guilty as as the rest of you. As I remember, we were just kind of we we poo pooed it. Yeah, we get that way sometimes. Sure, we do. <laughs> yeah, I just I'm not a big fan of Vader showing up in these. I think his story's over, and I think yeah. we just need to kind of move on. It's it's uh, the continuation of Luke and Leia mm-hmm. and Han's story with 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 the newcomers. Yeah, and I've you've heard me before express disinterest in seeing any kind of flashback happen <clears throat> in these new Star Wars movies like right? bleh, yeah. no flashbacks. Mm-hmm. About the only thing I'd really be all that okay with is I mean if he's referenced in some way in a conversation talking about something happening. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. But that would that's that's it. I mean, we 
but know to try full to, well about yeah, it. Yeah, try to force like new mythos about Vader that maybe we didn't know. Maybe one final recording, like one final holo recording somewhere somehow. I'd be okay with that. Um, I, you guys may have already seen this, but uh, it wasn't until earlier this week that I see the deleted scene from uh, Jedi at the beginning where just before the droids go up to Jabba's palace, uh, there's a scene with Vader trying to get in contact with Luke and Luke putting the finishing touches on his lightsaber, mm. the green one. Did, had you guys seen that? On the Blu-rays, they had those? I think so, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I thought that was kind of neat. Uh, it, it was, I mean, it was legit footage and everything. Um, it, it was just neat to kind of see something that I don't know if they would maybe go back to and use any of. Have you uh, watched the Star Wars movies in Blu-ray since they've come out? Oh, in Blu-ray? No, I have not. Like with the Ewoks blinking and all that stuff. You really should. Even with all the new crap that Lucas has done. Yeah. It's a a masterpiece as far as like the remastering job they've done with it. Really? Like it's one of the most gorgeous like high definition Blu-rays you'll see. See, my problem was like they kept coming out with newer ones and newer ones and newer ones. And I'm one of those people that is still waiting for the originals to come out on Blu-ray. Yeah. And that's where I'll drop my coin. I think you'll get that. I'll try to, one of these weeks I'll bring it with me. I thought we were going to get it, but like Fox still owns, uh, uh, 20th Century Fox, they still own uh, A New Hope. See, I thought we've seen rumblings from Disney that we're getting it. Yeah, we did, but then like everybody's come out and said like, you know, 20th Century Fox still owns A New Hope, so you know what I mean? Yeah. That's silly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get it eventually, I think. I would hope so. And Star Wars Christmas special. <laughs> yeah. I still have um Laserdisc and my Star Wars Laserdisc. Oh, do you? Yeah. Yeah. Like all three of them, Star Wars, Empire, Return of the Jedi, Laserdisc. That's the best quality you can ever watch the originals on. And so. when I watch the originals, that's what I do. That's the only reason I still have the stupid fucking Laserdisc player. Yeah. So. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. We should watch that sometime. I've got some, I've got a aliens on there yeah yeah which is it's hilarious because you know how laser disc is you have to like flip it and shit mm-hmm. it's like four discs and Holy so you have to you have to like flip it like seven times to get through aliens the special edition yeah damn <laughs> it's pretty crazy that's where like they found all like the hidden stuff in the who frame roger rabbit movie oh yeah yeah because you could do frame by frame back frame in by the day frame. and everything yeah yeah they slid a lot of things in that movie yeah well disney was notorious for that shit too yeah they were yeah uh the aladdin movie uh-huh yeah have you heard that yep is this one of the newer things i think i just oh no no this is, this is like back when it first came out and we were in high school out, we were in high school but mm. like there's a part in that movie where like a big was it a tiger jumps out is she uh, they're like on a balcony yeah and the tiger jumps out, out there yeah. and you can hear somebody in the background say teenagers take off your clothes yep Wow. Yeah. yeah. And you can seriously hear it. And then it, I think in like, what is it, Lion King? Um, the, <laughs> there's like smoke. The smoke comes up. And oh, the it sex form- cloud. Yeah. It yeah. forms up as, yeah, it forms the, the word sex. In, in Little Mermaid, there's like all the coral penises all over the place. <laughs> coral penises? Yeah. Yeah. So. Coral penises. Coral penises. <laughs> <laughs> Oral penises. <laughs> so. Yeah, we blew through fucking emails this week. Yeah, wow. Lots of compliments. No more emails? We got emails. We got emails through like DC and Marvel and stuff like that. That's what I figured. What I figured. 
Yeah. Are you guys ready to start Good Pop, Bad Pop? Yeah, you, yeah let's do it. We, uh, we don't need a break, right? No, not now. Yeah. We've just been recording for how long? 30, yeah, 30 minutes. We don't need to go into a break. Uh, we don't need that's no short. stinky breaks. That's short for us. Last week it was longer yet. Oh, I know. We went on Getting for like going. an hour before we even started anything. I yeah. saw a couple people out there complaining about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You took too long before you got to the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is the show, people. Yeah. Right. Some, Next thing there's going to, we're going to probably pull a Seinfeld it helps episode. Us, it helps us loosen up a little bit. Yeah. Because we just kind of sit here like stones until like we're like ready to go. <laughs> yeah. We're just like, uh, I'm in zombie land on my phone. Right. And Frank's doing whatever Frank does. Yeah, I'm setting up. <laughs> Frank's doing whatever Frank does. I'm over here doing mic check. Brian's plugging shit in. Yeah. Mic check one, mic check two. <laughs> yeah. I'm like the Donatello of the group. Yeah. Which, yeah. which pisses me off. I don't want to be Donatello. So which, which one am I? I want to be Raph. Frank's the Michelangelo, right? Oh, God, oh totally, yeah. 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 So I, I can't even deny that. I guess that. I'm the rat Ralph, right? I don't want to be the snarky one, but I guess I am. Yeah, you got to be Ralph. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I'm, I'm fucking Donatello over here. So who's Leonardo, the listeners? Oh, God, we don't have a leader. <laughs> this thing is without a leader. <laughs> even though people call me fearless leader. We're like uh, the big headless dragon. <laughs> we don't know what way we're going. <laughs> we don't. <laughs> Oh, God, I have no idea where this episode's going. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys, yeah, uh, it's time now for Good Pop, Bad Pop. It's time for more leftover reviews with Good Pop, Bad Pop. Good Pop, Bad Pop is where we talk about the things in the previous week or weeks that we either watched or read that we liked or disliked. We also have a rating system here on the show, and if it's your first time listening to Pop Culture Leftovers, we want you to be familiar with our rating system. Take it away, Clive. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. All righty. Um, toss it, taste it, Tupperware. That is the rating system. Uh, guys, one thing I didn't ask you before we started recording. Tell me. Do you guys have anything for Good Pop, Bad Pop this week? I was going to uh, talk about um, a new app that I got. And then That's um, right. I was going to talk about the uh, television show that you watched also with you. Yeah, okay, very cool. I'm glad that you're going to throw that in there because I forgot to even put that in my <laughs> notes. So thank you. Yeah. Frank, uh, you know what I'm Jake's, talking about yeah, then. Jake's got my back. All right. My backstrom. Uh, Your backstrom. Yeah. Very nice. Uh, and worst joke of the podcast goes to me. Oh, I, I like that. Oh, God, we'll get way worse than Yeah, we will. Yeah, it's already been worse. I, yeah, yeah, I, I, I think the... Uh, <laughs> the blood diamond. Yeah, yeah, well, the blood, yeah, the Ginsu knife nipples kind of <laughs> fucked, the, fucked this episode Shit. up. Uh, man, yeah, Tina's over there cutting bowling balls with her tits. Uh, <laughs> Frank... <laughs> All right, girls, it's cold enough. Holy Come on in. Shit. Yeah. Okay. 
One of them's out there. She's she, she's already in hypothermia. Oh no! It uh, <laughs> gets so sharp that the fucking shirt just shreds right off them. Uh, we're having a mild January. Those girls are lucky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Frank, I'm looking at you now. Yeah, I, I I've don't. Actually, you do. Yeah, you have something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm proud of you. All right, yay. My little boy's all grown up. Well, see, he says that now, and then when I get done talking about uh, it, yeah. it's going to be like fucking <laughs> Sherman and Peabody again. Oh, that was fun. <laughs> I still need to get that on Redbox. I think it's still in Redbox. Frank got it's... an advanced screening of Paddington Bear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> wow, nice. Yeah. Dude, it's killing on Rotten Tomatoes. Did you see that? Is it? Yeah, Who dude. Who does the voice of Paddington? Is uh, it someone? Fa- it has to be someone. It has famous, to be right? somebody famous. Yeah, give me a sec. On it's that. killing on Rotten Tomatoes. It destroyed uh, Black Hat. No kidding. Yeah, Black Hat had like a fifty percent. What had a? F- oh, Taken Three had like a fourteen percent, but like took the weekend. Oh yeah, I made a lot too. Made a ton it? of money. They'll find a way to bring them back. We're going to jump in Good Pop, Bad Pop eventually. Yeah. We, but, but, you know, it's, we it's have nobody. got to find out who Paddington is. It's nobody. It's just a big nobody. Okay. No one I've ever heard of. It's British. I who is that. it? Who is it? Oh, shit, I lost it already. <laughs> <laughs> That's my pterodactyl impression there for you. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ben Wishaw. Oh, Ben Wishaw. Yeah. I have no idea who that is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm clicking on his name. He still doesn't look familiar. Uh, so. yeah. Ben Wishaw. Wish we all saw it. Ben Wishaw. Ben Wishaw. All right. I am not going to go see Paddington. No? No interest to see it. Me neither. Really? No, not at all. No. I don't know. I, I thought it could be no, like another Lego movie for you. No. No. It didn't. It doesn't look as good as the Lego movie. Wow. <laughs> a total kid movie. Uh, yeah, I want to give a shout out to uh, to Breezy. Oh yeah, Bree Jordan, who hated the Lego movie too. <laughs> I got I got no problem with that. To each their own. Yeah, I'm cool with Breezy too. Yeah, yeah. So Breezy's cool. I respect Breezy's opinion. Um, my first thing for Good Pop Bad Pop is I watched Star Wars Rebels, the newest episode, uh, Lando Calrissian. I heard that. In the episode. We talked about that last week. Yeah, and I saw it, and I absolutely loved it. Nice. It was so cool. Like, the beginning of the episode, Zeb is playing, uh, what do they call it? Oh, some, some, uh, like a card game. It was called, like, Idiocy. Okay. Assault or idiocy arrest. I can't remember the name. <laughs> Is it like Star Wars version of Cards Against Humanity? <laughs> I don't I don't know. <laughs> it was very cool though. He's playing against Zeb, the purple, you know, alien yeah, dude. Yeah. And uh Zeb ends up betting um you know, he thinks he has a great hand and even shows Kanan and he's like, dude, check out this hand. Kanan's like, go for it. So they bet Chopper, the droid. Okay. They end up losing Chopper the Droid to Lando Calrissian. Oh, shit. Oh, no. Who's got, like, the ultimate hand in this game. And uh, in order to get Chopper back, they have to take Lando onto their ship and promise to get him through, uh, you know, the uh, uh, Empire and, uh, and get him on this planet so that he can 
basically do a trade within like a merchant, somebody who was wanting to buy something from him. And, uh, dude, it was just a great episode. It sounds like Lando gets quite a lot of uh, screen time. He does. And, um, they introduced like a, a, one of the funniest alien looking characters, this little puffer pig. Okay. And Lando gets this puffer pig and it's this pig that puffs up when he gets scared. And it was a fun episode and, Lando, it sounds like he could return in future episodes of Rebels. Yeah. At the end. The first thing I think of when you say that Lando gets chopper is that he just shoves ice into him and stores his Colt 45 in there. <laughs> Malt liquor. <laughs> it works every time. Yeah. <laughs> but man, yeah, it was a great episode. And Lando, he's, you know, he's still, he still sounded smooth and suave as ever. It was really cool. That is awesome. Yeah. So how old is Billy D these days? Dude, he's got to be in his like upper 60s, if not 70 something. That's yeah. what I was thinking, late 60s. Yeah. So. Huh. Yeah, it was cool, man. He's still rocking the cape and everything. <laughs> Loved it. That's all in the in the cartoon. He's rocking the cape, yeah, and everything. Did you see any like? I, no, was he? Life? He was not rocking the cape. I don't think. Now that I'm thinking about it, do you see? Did you see anything else that was like associated with stuff that we associate with Lando and like Empire Strikes Back? You know, like his people, like any of his guards or Mm-mm. no, just no. Like Lando himself. No, and I mean, like, I don't think there's any reference to to anything, but I could be. You know, I could have missed something too, huh. but no, it was just great seeing him. He was really good. The performance was really good, and for a while there, like he kept talking about like like the crew and how he kept including himself, like into like using words like we, mm-hmm. like he was becoming part of the crew. For a while there, I was like, oh my god, is Billy D going to be like a regular for a while? Is he going to be part of the crew? That's not what happened. So he won't be in next episode. He probably won't be in the next episode, but at the ending, it set it up that he could show up in a future episode. Mm, very cool. Um, one more thing, and I'm going to let one of you guys jump in. Um, this week's bad pop for me yeah. is definitely Kristen Stewart of Twilight fame when she was talking to Yahoo Movies about superhero films. Uh-oh. Did you guys read this quote? <laughs> I did, no. actually. She says, I love watching those movies. I would love to show people that I can do more than just beat Kristen Stewart in a different movie, in a different circumstance. I'm sure I could get on board with Captain America. You know what I mean? It would just have to be the right thing. <laughs> so, yeah. She's interested in being a superhero in a film. She's got the emotional range of a rock. I think there's we're looking at our new Miss Marvel right now. No, I think we're looking at. Uh, I think she's going to stick with what she's used to. I think she'll probably be like Morbius's love interest, or maybe the new Red Skull. New Red Skull. Yeah. Have her as the Red Skull. Yeah. I was thinking she could be the love interest for Morbius because he's a vampire, oh, the living vampire. I see what you're saying. Yeah, you know. Yeah. He doesn't sparkle though. That's true, and he is alive. <sighs> Yeah. Which is more than I can say for her. I hate those movies. Yeah. But who wants to see her in a fucking superhero movie? No. Not I. Not I. I want to see her get squished by Superman in the next fight. Yeah, that'd be okay. That'd be cool. Yeah, people wouldn't have so much problem with the destruction then. <laughs> Destroy Kristen Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> Snap her neck. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just thinking, it's like... the only way to save humanity. <laughs> Snap Kristen Stewart's neck. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to argue with that. I was thinking more like collateral damage. Somebody kicks a bus into her, but... It's either snap her neck or she makes another movie. Superman had to make that choice. He had to make that choice, people. 
<laughs> we know he doesn't kill, but she was going to make another movie. See, that, that and Justin Bieber, man, pe- people always find a way to justify that shit. <laughs> what? Huh? She's like on the same level as Justin Bieber. Oh, okay. Yeah, where it's like they're horrible and nobody would miss them if they'd be gone. <laughs> yeah, except every tween girl out there. Yeah. So. Yeah. I enjoy making fun of the Biebs a lot more than Kirsten Stewart. She's just like, bleh. Like yeah, she, a robot. Oh, man. She just does the same character in every movie. Yeah. This confu- She's like the female Keanu Reeves in The Matrix. <laughs> it really creeped me out when I watched, uh, what was it, Adventureland? When she's oh, yeah. making out with Ryan Reynolds. Oh, that yeah. That was really creepy to yeah. me. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I liked that movie, though. That was okay. Yeah, it was okay. I liked it. It was okay. I thought that she was okay in that in the Runaways movie. I thought that was a decent movie. Runaways. Uh, I haven't seen it. Yeah, where it's about, like, you know, the, the band and everything. Um, oh, what's their name? I'm drawing a blank on this. Um, you know, that sings a uh, freaking like cherry bomb and whatnot. I'm sorry. I st- I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. She was, <laughs> apparently she was good in that. She was good in that. <laughs> yeah, she was good in that. I'm trying to remember who else was in that movie. I think um, Dakota Fanning was in that with her, mm. I want to say. Never saw it. Yeah. It was a good movie. Runaways. Hmm. So, but no, no for Marvel movies. Yeah. No for Marvel movies. No for DC movies. No for Kristen Stewart in any superhero film. Unless she's fodder, like Frank said. I'm with that. Yeah. Right. Get squished. Yeah, that's uh, cool. Put her in the new Godzilla. But when is she going to be done? I mean, is... I know she's in the... Isn't she in that Still Alice movie with... Mm. What's her face? That's a that's a perfect movie for her. What is it? Some kind of Alice in Wonderland? But no, 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 no. Still, Alice is like one of these nominated movies. Oh. It's got um, I can't forget, I can't remember her name. Um, but it's the woman who's going through like early onset Alzheimer's. It's like she's nominated for like not Rebecca De Mornay. Why am I thinking Rebecca De Mornay? It's not Rebecca De, Bor- De Mornay. I can't remember her name. It's the actress in Still Alice. I believe so. I'm looking. Yeah, nobody gives a fuck. I know, except us. Okay. Except us. I'll pause. Julianne Moore and Kristen Stewart, huh? Yeah, Julianne Moore. Okay. Yeah. Are, are we back on? Yeah, we're back uh, on. <laughs> <laughs> I was all mumbling. Julianne Moore. Oh, God. Worst episode ever. Really? No. Yeah. yeah. No. I'm having fun. I feel like I'm lively. Yeah, you are. Uh, I'm spent. <laughs> hard, having a hard time on a Friday night, huh? Well, Friday night, and I just drove here straight from work and trying to get this fucking show together. <laughs> <laughs> well, hit, hit the pause button. We'll do a couple shots and come back. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. I know I got the booze. <laughs> oh, we know. We know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. so who wants to move on with a good pop, bad pop? Go go for it, Frank. I, all right. Um, yeah, I'm not sure how many people would be familiar with the oatmeal comics. I I, I kind of catch them on Facebook. Um, Real simple drawings. Yeah, I, I think I've seen them before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, they just started a Kickstarter earlier this week for a card game called Exploding Kittens, and it <laughs> stop right there. 
It's not like morbid or anything. Okay. I, I mean, I, I, it's it's like cartoon friendly. You're talking to the warning guy. to our listeners: yeah. do, do not Google exploding kittens. No, no, please do. It's it's all. It's not like you know you're looking at exploding cat parts well, or anything. Throw Kickstarter in that because you don't want to see actual exploding kittens. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm talking to the guy that owns three cats right here. Right. I mean, no, it's nothing morbid or anything like that. Um, it's a card game where everybody kind of, it's almost like a card version of Russian roulette where there, you start drawing cards and if you draw one of the exploding cat cards, then you're out of the game. But there's other cards you can play as like defense and things like that and screw your neighbor and stuff. And it looks really fun and interesting and like the different things that, you can uh, use for defense and stuff is like a, like a cat sitting there eating cookies, going nom nom nom. They're comical, you know. Right. It's a little humorous. Yeah. Um, and uh, the the what drew my, drew my attention to it is how quickly it exceeded its goal. Uh-huh. Uh huh. It's only been up for four days. What was the goal? Ten thousand dollars. Oh, okay. Uh, it hit a million dollars in a day. Wow. It's already at uh, $3.5 million now with 26 days left to go. What are some of, like, the, you know what I mean, like, the perks and stuff like that? Like, if you if you spend more, are there any cool ones? Uh, a lot of uh, the upper ones are already gone. Uh, like, they had a deck of legends, which, uh, like, you get, like, a not-safe-for-work deck, autograph deck from the people who, you know, the artists and stuff. Mm. How would it be not safe for work? Like they're like adult, more adult humor cards. Mm, okay. okay. Yeah, like we're in, we're definitely what's called an NSFW podcast. Well, yeah, I, yeah. I know what the term yeah. means. Yeah. I just meant how would this game so like, qualify? Re- yeah, regular like the regular exploding kittens game as uh, ages seven and up. So I mean, it's not you know a stretch. Oh, to play so with if your they kids. if they want like a, a more adult version, yeah. They can pay more for it. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, like for like the, I mean, where they've gotten a lot of their donations from is like the entry level is like twenty dollars, which you get the game. Yeah, you get the game for that twenty bucks, and then if you pledge thirty five bucks or more, then you get the game plus that NSFW deck. Oh, so they're talking about doing you know uh, stretch goals. They they didn't anticipate this was going to crush the uh, the goal so fast. How many more so, days do they have left? 26. At a million already? They're at three and a half. What's like the highest you can pledge on that thing? Um, the, like the, the largest tier was yeah. 500 bucks. Plus really? 500 bucks or more. Yeah, they didn't anticipate it at all. See? Yeah, they that's. They near this. That's crazy. Cause like, you know, some of like the movie ones, like if you want to be like credited as like a, an executive producer or mm-hmm. something like that, you can spend upwards of like 2,000, 5,000. Ten thousand dollars, right? So it's crazy for something that's not, you know, that the highest one that they have is five hundred bones is like fucking a million dollars already. Yeah. yeah, that is nuts. And they, well, even then, they only had five of those at the outset because they again didn't think that it was going to get that big. They can always add more though. Yeah, that's yeah. what they're talking about doing yeah. because they had no idea it was going to explode <laughs> like this. Right? They should be happy with what oh, they yeah. have now. I wonder exactly. how they got out there to get it to explode like. Where did they get all the support? I wonder. I, I think a lot of it's just word of mouth, and that was kind of how word of I mouth. caught it. Maybe Twitter, social media. Yeah. yeah. Um. Uh. Blaine. Ah. Uh, cool. Yeah. That we went to school with. I, I saw he had backed it, and I saw it on Facebook, and that was how I. That's I, how I you saw it. it. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, and it's it's really cute and funny, 
and something you can play with your kids or with you know uh, adults with the uh, NSFW. Pack. I might I might pause here so we can look it up because I don't know if you guys have seen this, but it's actually it's kind of hilarious how Kickstarter works. Like, some, have you seen some of the ridiculous Kickstarters that take off? Like the potato salad? The, yeah, the potato salad one. Yeah. Did you guys see that? Yeah. Uh-huh. Like he wanted, you, you he wanted somebody it? to pay him to make a potato salad. <laughs> and he generated like thousands of dollars. Thousands of dollars. For this fucking potato salad. Wow. And it's not, I don't even think it's like he's, he, he's not even going to send you the potato salad. No, he it's was just going to make it for himself make to eat it. it. And then, like, as he's making it, he, he, like, might say your name or something like that. Yeah. (laughs) Record himself eating eating it and saying your name. (laughs) And it was just such a ridiculous podcast that people, not a podcast, but um, such a ridiculous Kickstarter that people, like, donated to it. Right. Yeah, why not, right? I think he ended up giving most of the money to charity. Yeah, because, yeah. I mean, how are you going to justify, hey, people gave me all this money for <laughs> potato salad. I bet he still made some kick-ass potato salad. Oh, sure. Though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think it was silly at first. Like, he was going to, like, I'm going to have potato salad for a month. Yeah. <laughs> Tupperware that shit up. <laughs> right. But uh, What's it, how can you follow that up? Potato salad. Exactly. The people do all, all sorts of shit. Yeah, well, of what can we do? Oh God! <laughs> it, it ended up being like who can make who jump through what hoop? Oh, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's wild. Like, cause you you know, like the first thing I I thought of was like, how much can Frank drink and still speak? So, oh yeah, don't make don't that, that happens that. for free on occasion. You always don't have to pay for that. Yeah, just wait for San Diego, <laughs> 2015. I'm oh, still man. prepping my liver like I like actual gas strategy. It'll be here before you know it. Oh my God! <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's a good thing we're recording from my house. I gotta try to get a cab this time. I know, I can just leave. <laughs> yeah. Jake, do- Jake doesn't have to stay up and babysit Frank. <laughs> Somebody's just gotta throw a blanket over my ass out here as heaters. Oh man. I well should- that'll be in the summertime. I might not want the heaters. Yeah, no cleaning chairs off. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Imagine if that would have been our first video live feed. Oh my god. <laughs> I some of the I no, I won't say anything. I won't say anything. Somebody would have been going back like just sitting there watching me drink. Like, yeah. Look at it, look at he's drinking again. <laughs> well, me and Jake remember seeing things that you probably don't remember doing. Like, no, yeah. I probably not. Yeah, I it was, remember it was pretty terrible. It was pretty terrible. It was. This is shit I don't know. I don't know that I want to know. I'm yeah. scared now. There was a there at one point you looked like a first grade first graders like lava volcano science project. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Yuck. It was bad. Yeah. It was Did I keep my pants on? Most of the time. Most of the no, time. No, no. <laughs> Yeah. yeah the, well, once if they were ever off, you'd never in that, that state. You'd never be able to get them back on. Fuck no. Is that that's a thing? Point. Is that that's a thing? That's like that, your go-to question. If you get too drunk, the pants come off. Uh, stranger shit has happened. I walked around an apartment complex once with a hoodie on my legs, like I was like they were pants. Why would you do that? Because I was really drunk. Okay, I, re- I guess that's an explanation. I didn't have pants. I needed to put something Where on the so pants I could walk go? outside. I had just finished having sex. I had no pants <laughs> on. Jeez, <laughs> oh, this is starting to turn. Gosh, this was a long time ago, man. When when I say I had wild days, I mean they were fucking wild. Well, sure, but like, so you just got done having sex, yeah, and you're like, 
I now I now I must go outside. There's a there's a there's a journey I must trek. I must go outside. I need to go outside so badly. I had to go that somewhere. I need I need this hoodie wrapped around I either needed, my waist. I either had to. It wasn't like checking the mail or anything because it was nighttime. But like the laundry facilities were in a different building. Yeah. So I had to. I think I was trying to go do the laundry, but I had to have <laughs> something on to go across the the yard. <laughs> So you weren't even drunk in this story, doesn't sound like. No, I was really drunk. Oh, doing laundry? Yeah. Who's drunk? Who gets drunk and does laundry? Well, I had to do it sometime. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't like a thing. Be like, hey, this sounds like a good idea for a Saturday night. I was really fucking poor then, man. Like, I don't even think I had cable at the time. (laughs) I had to make my own fun. Laundry. Laundry, yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, the, that, that apartment It was either complex. that or go to the library, right? <laughs> yeah. No, we used to drive around this fucking square, though. It was really teeny tiny town. Drunk? No, 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 no. When we were bored. With sweatpants on? <laughs> no. <laughs> and your laundry baskets in the back, just in case? <laughs> this, this is like melted into every story ever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still in, I'm still trying to understand like I'm going to get drunk and then do laundry. Yeah, that's where I, I was lost there. <laughs> I, I don't understand I, that. Maybe I don't know, maybe I had something happened to the pants and that's why I was doing the laundry. Yeah, I think we're digging too deep here. I don't yeah. remember. All I know is if that we, I was, if we dig any deeper, we're not probably not going to like what we yeah, find out. Yeah, let's not go down this rabbit hole <laughs> any further. It's probably best. Why? <laughs> 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 All right, yeah, back to oatmeal, right? Oh shit, yeah, yeah. back to the legit shit. Mm, oatmeal sounds good, but yeah, um, yeah. So I, I just I can't believe it. The exact amount uh, that they that they are up to, uh, where to go is fuck. Drum roll. Well, it was here. God damn it! I think we should have a Kickstarter. Three million five hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Nice. Oh, we what? should have a Kickstarter to buy Frank. As many pants as he needs, so he never has to leave the house wearing a pair. That was a, a long hoodie time ago. Around his waist. I mean, that was a real long time ago. That was like two thousand and three. Where was the laundry mat? Was it like in the building? Oh, Did it wasn't like, like a their... mat. I mean, it just, they just had like like two a la- okay so facilities. Like, okay, yeah, gotcha. Because we were like in building A, and the uh, laundry facilities were in building C, so. There was a shared yard or whatever that you had to walk across. <laughs> I just love this it. whole scenario. <coughs> I'm drunk and I just had sex and I don't have time for these pants. So I'm just going to tie this hoodie around so no one sees my fucking wang. But I got no clean clothes for tomorrow. So I better go do a load of laundry. Where were your pants? I don't remember. I was drunk and that was a long That's why he had ago. to do the laundry because he had that no like clean 11 pants. 11 years ago. He never found those pants. <laughs> and I didn't tie the hoodie around me. I had my legs in the arms. Like, oh, wow. Yeah, I was wearing the fucking hoodie upside down. I just imagined you like tying it around like a towel. That's what I thought, too. No. <laughs> See, I told you we shouldn't have dug deeper. <laughs> you're, 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 you put one leg through one arm. Yes, and the, and other, the other leg one. through the other arm. Uh-huh. <laughs> Were you trying to be funny or just... Like, you know, no, what I, mean? I like, needed to like, go outside to do laundry, <laughs> and he was drunk. There and is nothing <laughs> else that you could have worn, dude. You're asking me to justify something that I did drunk off my ass uh, eleven years ago. 
Fuck, yeah. I just remember that it happened. I don't know. I, just, I can't it, justify it. I don't know. I would never have done that. No. Never in a million years. Never in a million years. Okay. <laughs> I'd maybe if I like had to run down to the laundry machine to get something like wear a towel or something or whatever the fuck, you know? Yeah, like a towel. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Thrown on some water, acted like I just swam or something. Yeah. So I had to go outside. <laughs> Not took <a> fucking hoodie. <laughs> Threw my legs through it. <laughs> God. Yeah. The bad shit. thing was is there was a fucking draft through the hood part. Yeah. Because that was right where my crotch was at. <laughs> See, we dug deep. I know. I don't know why we go down these rabbit holes with Frank. <laughs> I know. Don't ask. Don't tell. <laughs> I don't even know how we get on this topic. Have you guys heard about the app where you can do your own podcast now? Oh, really? It's called Opinion. You can like download it to your... It's not even part of my good pop, bad pop, but I just saw it. It's called Opinion. It's like an app you can download, you can record, and then, like, I guess right from the app, you can, like, upload it. Wow. As your own podcast. Really? Nice. Yeah. yeah that might be an easy way to get the duck, the DuckTales podcast going. Yeah. I mean, you can just, uh, yeah, just like on your iPhone, it's called Opinion. I don't know how much it costs, but. Yeah, let's look it up. I mean, oh, God, we're going to pause again. <laughs> so, yeah, I looked up that Opinion. Um, it was a free app. It's got the little plus sign by it, which means that somehow there's in-app purchases. So I don't know, like how much of it I'm going to be able to do for free or when it's going to charge me to do oh, something. Oh, okay. Because there's got to be like a file host yeah. that goes along with it to store like the episode, I'm sure. So we'll see. I- I'm going to I'm gonna tinker with this this shit. Right. And I'll give it a rating next week. Okay, cool. Yeah, I just saw it somewhere and I, at week after week after week, I forget ta- to talk about it. But I guess for like listeners that are just like wanting to get like their feet wet with podcasting mm-hmm. and not wanting to... You know, get a computer if they don't have like a laptop or, yeah, you know what I mean? It looks super cool. I think it'd be super cool. Like if you just want to do like a, like a one man, like t- say 20 to 30 minute weekly show where you talk about something or whatever. Yeah. You know, just crank something out there real Here's quick. Here's my favorite comic books of the week. Yeah. Like that'd be, yeah. a re- that's a great idea there too. Yeah. So I think you could do a lot of really cool stuff with it. It's really cool. Yeah. So. Yeah. Just more fucking podcasts that you can listen to besides us. Yeah, exactly. We're never going to get that version <laughs> that is going to stick with us. So, yeah, opinion, I toss it. So, basically, you just taught them how to masturbate because they can do it by themselves. <laughs> okay. We taught them how to uh, wear hoodies on their legs. <laughs> oh, my gosh. God damn it. God damn it. <laughs> yeah, once they hear about that story, they'll never want to self-please Fuck. themselves again. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we're, I ain't gonna bring bring anything up now, but that is by far not the weirdest thing I've ever done. Inebriated. We're, I, I don't up, doubt that. The fucked up thing is though, like once I get home, I'm gonna try to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've got to see like what this looks like. Yeah, you're not gonna get very far because of how big your legs are. I mean, anybody's yeah. legs, you know, as opposed to your arms. Remember, if there's a breeze, don't don't stick your shit in so, the fucking hoodie part. What ends up what ends up happening is you end up having to like hang on to the waistband of it, which ends up just like a little bit above your belly button. <laughs> I don't know why I fucking remember this shit. Let's get MythBusters on this shit. <laughs> He can re- he can remember that, but he can't remember like why he had to go lo- like do laundry at that time. He had no clothes, obviously. Like I, I said, he was wearing hoodies, his fucking pants. No, this man needed laundry done. No one gets more frustrated than me about that. I remember that useless shit, but I don't remember like important <laughs> stuff. I can't study for an exam to save my life. Yeah, but I remember that. 
Look, you got that opinion podcast ready to uh, download. Oh, yeah. I'm going to pleasure myself later on. To make other podcasts for people to listen to besides us. It's probably going to end up being like some kind of psychological study because I bet oh, you I'm God. schizophrenic. He's going to make the weekly Frank show. That's going to be... It's going to be huge. It is. It's going to be huge. Oh, my huge. God. I'm actually probably going to listen to it, maybe. <laughs> I already uh, toss it. <laughs> Jake, what do you got? What else do you have? Oh, I wanted to talk about an app, actually, um, besides the Opinion app. Right. Um, I downloaded the Mad Libs app that just came out recently. Yeah. Which I thought was really neat. It's um, Everyone knows what Mad Libs is, right? Oh, yeah. I used to play with I used to write the little Mad Libs all the time growing up. Of course, everybody's got to throw in the dirty words. Yeah, dirty words Mad Libs. So I thought <laughs> it would be fun if we did uh, a pop culture leftovers Mad Libs. Uh, anything goes. I'll do one and we'll go around the circle and okay. put words in and you know, just Am I going to need to pause? Are we going to need to edit and stuff? No, we don't need to pause and okay. edit. We can do this shit right on the fly. It shouldn't okay. take but a second. But yeah, you get like about 20 to 30 of them that you get for free when you download yeah. download the app. And then I think you have to pay like a dollar to get like bundles of 50 of it. Okay. So not too bad. And I've only done about three or four of them anyway. So I still haven't even unused or used up all the free ones. But the one we're going to do is called Movies Should Be Fun. Okay. So here we go. We're going to go just go around the circle and I will get us started with a plural noun. Okay. And I will do balls. <laughs> So balls it is, and then I hit next, and so we'll go to Frank, and Frank, we need an adjective. Any adjective? Any adjective, Frank. Come on now. <laughs> it, is, it is a word that describes a noun. <laughs> big? Big. Big it is. I see big balls in our future. Yeah. Plur- plural noun, Brian. Hot pockets. Hot pockets it is. That's a good one. I was trying to keep it PCL themed myself. Yeah. Oh. Now, what's another good pop culture leftovers now? How about army? Another adjective. Frank's good at those. Um, <laughs> 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 heroic. Heroic. Christ, hopefully my spelling holds up. We need a, we need a noun. Need a noun? Uh, wig. Oh, that's a, re- you're, <laughs> you're killing them. Oh man, now I got a noun. What's another noun? How about um, hoodie? <laughs> Name of person in room. Name? Okay, Jake. Me. And then location. Location? Uh, let's see here. TJ Lamb. <laughs> TJ Lamb's house. <laughs> Oh man, you're, you are killing the TJ Lamb's house. I think it'll let me put whatever I want. Oh, not that. Christ. We don't need perfect apostrophe. apostrophe. Yeah. We fucking know what it says. Okay, now I got, I got an adjective. People are already getting bored with this. <laughs> <laughs> how about, um, how about soapy? <laughs> I have no idea. Soapy? Yeah. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> Name of person in room again, Frank. Brian. Brian. We're going to run out of people in rooms because the, Next one is name of person in room again. Holy so fuck. <laughs> look at that. Give you oh, I like that. <laughs> name of person in room. I'm just going to put in Jake and move on and give you adjective for the next one. Okay. Adjective. Um, let's see here. Oh, I meant that one to be Frank. I'd already did Jake twice, but. That's okay. There it can be two Jakes. Oh, is it still my adjective? Yeah. Sexy. Sexy? That's a good one. 
plural noun. What should we do here? Plural noun. Oh, you already did. I was going to do wigs, but we already got wig once. <laughs> uh, well, tell me, help me out here. What's another good one? UV vodkas. Oh, vodkas. How about just shots? Shots. Part of blot or part of body plural, and I believe this is the last one. Oh, part no. of body oh, plural, no. and it goes to this it guy. To oh, come on. Uh, let's say let's do the uh, title of last week's episode balls right, we already, already did already oh balls. okay all right well uh boobs boobs we've been talking about nips <laughs> we've been talking about nips <laughs> we've been talking about nips that's gonna be the title of the episode <laughs> we've, we've been, been talking, talking about, about nips, nips. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it. we've been talking about nips that's gonna be that's gonna be the name of my uh podcast that i make on opinion <laughs> we've been talking about nips hey uh weekly welcome to jake's opinion podcast uh we've been talking about nips <laughs> and uh, we start off the uh, every episode uh, off there talking about nips, yeah. and uh, we're going to give you the rundown of uh, so. Uh, did, you, did you see the Oscars? <laughs> what do you think of the nips on the red carpet? <laughs> you know, and uh, this uh, show is actually brought to you by the cheesy cracker nips. We've been talking about nips, and we've been eating some nips. So, all right, and also on the night line, untux medicated pads. <laughs> okay, and uh, just like all good leftovers say on their doggy bags, <laughs> thank you for your listening and thanks. Oh, uh, rapper, we're into the episode. Ready, yeah. episode after that whole tux thing. All right, read the Mad Libs. Time for the Mad Libs. All right, movies should be fun. In recent years, there have been too many disaster movies in which tall balls catch on fire. <laughs> <laughs> Big dinosaurs come to life and huge hot pockets attack people in the ocean, making you afraid to get out of your army in the morning. Movie fans ask, why can't we have more heroic pictures like It's a Wonderful Wig, Gone with the Hoodie, or Mr. Jake Goes to TJ Lamb's House? <laughs> These films make you feel soapy all over. <laughs> These same fans also ask, why can't we have more funny films with comedians such as Laurel and Brian and Abbott and Frank? These sexy performers gave us great slapstick shots that still make our boobs ache from laughing. <laughs> that was, I gotta put this down in the plot. Yeah. We, we killed that. We killed that. That's how you do a fucking like, mad Can lib. we totally do another one? That was bitching. No, we're not doing another oh, one. Oh, fuck. But uh, Soapy. I like how Soapy turned out. Yeah, nice. And TJ Lamb's house. So, it like, makes our boobs ache. It makes our boobs ache. <laughs> There we go. So I'm going to go ahead and share that. I think I, I, I think it might go to my personal Facebook. I think I can take the picture of it. There we go. <laughs> uh, Jake's I'll, so proud of it. This I'll is epic. I'll figure it out later. Yeah. Oh, there it is. Full story. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Save image. <clears throat> yeah, my, post that one later. It's mine. Yeah, we can put that on the old Facebook wall after the uh, episode airs. Nice. <laughs> so there we go. Talking about them nips. Talking about them nips. So, that, like, if we've all got that app, then can we play with each other? Oh, know? don't say that again. <laughs> <laughs> can we like sit in a circle and I can wear my hoodie pants and we can play with each other? Yeah, that app comes with in-app purchases. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> Jake, God. did you have one more good pop, bad pop, or is that it? That's it. I was going to uh, talk about the new Fox show with you this week. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I'll talk about this one more, this last thing, and then we'll talk about that Fox show. Go for it. Uh, back in 2005, Joss Whedon, who we all know is, uh, you know, director of, uh, Firefly and, you know, Buffy and all yep. that good stuff. Yeah. Uh, he wrote Alien 4, everyone's favorite. Yeah. Uh, Joss Whedon almost worked with DC back in 2005 on making a Wonder Woman film. They even had an artist, Adam Hughes, do a promotional poster, and that poster displayed at San Diego Comic-Con that year. Oh, Adam Hughes is a great artist. Well, the project, of course, it never happened, but the poster still exists, and it was auctioned off on eBay. Mm. Here's the description. This auction is for one... Wonder Woman artwork set by renowned comic book artist Adam Hughes, who has done work for Marvel, DC, Dark Horse, and many other top-tier companies. It features a color print that was created as a promo for a potential and sadly defunct Joss Whedon Wonder Woman movie and was available at San Diego Comic-Con 2005. Also included is the original and signed pencil and pen sketch of the finished product. Amazing and one of a kind art pieces, a must for any Wonder Woman fan. Um, Ooh, look at that! I'm looking at it right mm-hmm. now. Yeah, I had it pulled up on my computer just in case you didn't find it. Oh, it's super nice. It's like a side profile shot where you don't even see like her face because like they the, hadn't even done the casting yet. Yeah, but as you can see, Jake, just from what you can see there, the costume is more traditional looking than what we see. From the Gal Gadot stuff. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's bright. It's mm-hmm. not just the dark, mm-hmm. drab, uh, Lord of the Rings looking armor. You can tell it's not, you know, anywhere near the same and frame as the, the actress. That is definitely not a wig either. Well, I was thinking of the uh, other thing we've been talking about. <laughs> oh, yeah. the the uh, Her nips? Frosty nips. <laughs> <laughs> talking well, about was, them nips. I was talking about <laughs> her curves, but uh, we need to drop. Yeah. We need to talk about them nips drop. <laughs> so just email that on in. Yeah, female listeners, oh, whoever man. can come up with the best <laughs> talk about the oh, nips drop. Ladies, I am so sorry. I can actually see some of these coming in. Nice, nice. I would love a talking about them nips drop. Back to the poster. <laughs> uh, how much? It ended up selling for $2,225. Oof, wow. not bad, really. Mm-hmm. I'll post the picture on Facebook and Twitter. It, it, with, um, and it got pretty heated there the last few moments. Like in the last seven hours of the auction, it was up to like 1600 and something. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, it went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And somebody actually, you know, they own it now. The only one of its kind. If I was, if I was shitting money, I'd have gone up to three grand for that. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's a piece of almost history. Yeah, I know. I know. It's kind of like, cool like that. Yeah, I wonder if like they've ever auctioned off any of like the, what was it, the Superman Lives? Was it, was that what it was called? Oh, that's yeah. interesting. The, the Burton. The Burton stuff. Yeah. Nicholas Cage failed Superman project stuff. Yeah, yeah, I wonder how much of that kind of, I know a lot of it existed. A lot of the, uh, mm-hmm. like what do they call it? Conceptual art. Right. And whatnot existed. Well, even the costume is real. Like, Nicolas Cage tried on the Superman costume. Yeah, I've seen the pictures of him in it. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. I wonder if that ever got auctioned off. I know, like, the Transformers, like, the first film, they Mm -hmm. auctioned off, like, a ton of stuff on eBay from the Transformers film. Like, the, remember the Bumblebee, uh, uh, air freshener in the car. Right, yeah. That got auctioned off with, like, the dice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And stuff like that. So, that's cool. Mm hmm. 
interesting shit. All right, let's talk about uh, um, let's talk about that uh, show on Fox. The old the old Batstrom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I it was interesting. What'd you think? It, it was to me. It was. Um, it's like a procedural crime drama, yeah. With uh, Rain Wilson, of course, yeah. Um, who most people know as Dwight from the American version of The Office, mm-hmm. um, playing like a quirky detective and kind of a you know week to week procedural crime drama, right? I thought, you know, me personally, I'm not a fan of most shows like this. I don't like the CSIs. I don't watch those. Yeah, yeah. And I thought this was. Like ranked among those kind of shows, uh-huh. a Tupperware. Oh, really? Like if if oh, if uh, you're just uh, rating it, yeah. If you're just rating it against those, yeah. Right. But, but me, overall TV programming, is yeah, there a different rating? Yeah, but me personally, it was a low taste. It bordering on a toss. It like okay. I, I just couldn't get into it. I thought for one, I thought Rain Wilson was the only interesting character on the entire thing, and the only person. Not only the only interesting, but man, I hate to say this, but the only good actor on the show. I thought the acting in this show was terrible. Yeah. Um, the dialogue was so heavy and there was so much of it. No, no one had time to breathe. Everyone was just spewing out dialogue as fast as possible. Right. It was, it almost made it really hard to follow. Like, yeah, it, it really bothered me the way the dialogue came out in just like waves. From no, the people, it seemed really unnatural. Do you I, know what I'm saying? I understand exactly what you're saying with this show. Like, uh, if I'm looking at it from the first angle that you looked at it, yeah, like it's the only crime procedural drama I could ever see myself like maybe watching. You yeah, know what I mean? Exactly. You know what I because mean? it, <clears throat> it really Rain Wilson is kind of like you. Basically, what you've taken is like CSI or one of these shows, and then you just throw in like you said, like that quirky character. Yeah, it's like Rain Wilson's. Bones or whatever, yeah. his CSI or his house. Or his house, yeah. exactly. And and he's the only thing that makes the show interesting because, like, you can kind of expect, like, what everyone else is going – how everyone else is going to act because they act yeah. just like everybody else in the uh, – in every CSI show that's yes. out there. And then he, he throws out these crazy it, – so it's kind of interesting to see how their characters react to what he says. Yeah, that's true. Everyone's like a straight man. To right. Hit, to his- Except for the one guy that he, Needlemeyer, is that the guy? Mm-hmm. Is that his name? Yeah. The one, <laughs> Needlemeyer or something like that, that he's like, I hate that guy. <laughs> Who is that? He's someone famous, right? Isn't, um, I was in one of like the Cosby kids that was in it. Did I, did I see in it? Mm. I'm not even, I'm doing this on the fly, just trying to, to, I didn't see any of the Cosby kids in it. I thought I recognized like, was it Theo? That not was Theo it? was not in that. No, maybe I must be crazy uh-uh. then. Yeah, no, I'm thinking of uh, the the one guy who who he his voice and he kept saying like everything this guy says. Yeah, I can't I, stand him. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it was. It, it just didn't do it for me. I definitely won't watch episode two. I'm gonna try it. Yeah, I'm gonna try it because that was the pilot. Maybe it'll get a little bit better. I'm gonna try episode two. Um, I'm trying to think of any other characters that I really found that were interesting in that show. But, um, the dialogue was just so phony. It really took me out of the reality of it. Yeah. Like everyone, but him, everything just sounded so like phony baloney to me. Oh, uh, the all state guy, oh, yeah. his voice took me out of it too. Cause I kept thinking of like, uh, the all state commercials. Yeah. Oh yes. And pre- I'm a big 24 fan. So I kept thinking, Oh, it's, it's the president. 
Oh, did he play the president? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was he was our first black president, Brian. Oh, okay, in that show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Even before Morgan Freeman and uh, what's the Morgan Freeman movie where he played the president? Well, I mean, that didn't exist. Like tw- in twenty four is like oh, hyper reality. Okay. Gotcha. You, know, you know what I'm saying? Okay, he's, gotcha. he was elected president. I thought you meant in like movies in general. Yeah, I know okay. what you're saying. What movie were you thinking of, Brian, with Morgan Freeman as the president? Deep Impact. About what year was that? It was the same year I think that Armageddon came out. Well, even oh, Tiny shit, Lister okay. Jr. is president in The Fifth Element. Yeah. And I think that's yeah. pre-24. Yeah, you're right. Right, yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, Backstrom, I'm just going to give it, uh, I'll give it a low tasted as well for the pilot. Yeah, it would take something really special for me to watch this kind of show. Like, yeah. it takes, like, I know some would argue and say, like, well, The X-Files is, you know, but it, that's that's science fiction, you know. Even though it has similarities to a procedural crime drama, right. it's still that extra mile that would get me to watch. Yeah, like I'll watch a Fringe, I'll watch an X Files, I'll watch I'll watch something that's got a big twist to it. Yeah, but if it's just like kind of like real life, who done it? Did you ever understand like how he has this ability? No, there were definitely questions. Did they? Yeah, like he how he's able to just like you know play things out in his mind and like. Pretty, he's pretty accurate. Yeah. Didn't he say something like his father was the same way? And then, like, the character towards the end that kind of they alluded to being his son, he also he also kind of has that ability, too. He'll probably have, like, a twin brother that'll be evil. Yeah. That'll be doing, doing stuff, too. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to give it a few more episodes. But, yeah, I have a hard time with these crime procedurals myself. Let so. me know. I... I I really like Rain Wilson a lot, and, mm-hmm. I, and I wish the best for him. I hope I hope it's a big hit for him, you know, on the level of like a Bones for Fox or a House for Fox. Yeah. So you know, I wish him the best, but not my cup of tea. Yeah, it was okay. It was just not anything that I, I'll probably give it three episodes, and if I don't see it turning around, I'll I'll drop off of it too. There's just too many other things to watch. I agree. Workaholics came back this week, mm. or no, two weeks ago, and that's been great. They had Ben Stiller on the last episode. Yeah, you know, I wanted to watch um, Face Off for the first time. Oh, I love Face Off. I've got two episodes, uh, the new, the premiere. Yeah, how 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 far behind am I? I, I oh, you don't even have to watch, like, the first few seasons. No, I don't mean, like, watch the old seasons, but didn't a new season just, just start? Two, they uh, premiered two episodes on the first season. Okay. On this new season, excuse me. I, I think I'd really like that. I want to check that out. Do they run it just like, like it's like... Top Chef, but with makeup people. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. You get to see like the whole process and everything. But what I like about this show that I don't like on most competition shows is that they don't argue with each other. Yeah. They help each other out, which is totally awesome. They don't try to sabotage each other. And I like how that comes into play. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not like Survivor or something like that, which I love. I love those shows for what they are, but. You know, they're all competing against each other, but if somebody sees something going wrong in somebody's makeup, they'll give them advice and they'll actually help them, you know, with their like mold and their casting and stuff like that. That's cool. And like if some, if like their mold or cast isn't coming apart, like everybody will work as a team to like pull it apart before time is up that day. And I, Mm. I love how they work together and they're all kind of friends. You really don't see like any rivalry between anybody on the show. And like after the, some of the seasons are over, some of these people, they actually start up their own studio together, which is a really awesome that is cool yeah I, i'm gonna check that face off out i'm gonna get those first two episodes i bet i can catch them on on demand yeah i know as sci-fi.com has them too okay i know as we're recording tonight the um return of uh, king of the nerds is tonight yeah king of the nerds we'll probably talk about that next week yeah 
Do you watch that? Yeah, I like it. Yeah, I like it too. I watch it as well. I don't know. It's an interesting show. Yeah, I'm a sucker for all those reality cop shows. Yeah. So, and that's a fun one because there's so much like geek culture yeah. and stuff that like we're interested in, like involved in the challenges and stuff. That's true. So, uh, and then the second episode of Twelve Monkeys is tonight, but yeah, can't talk about it because I haven't seen it yet because it's Friday. I <laughs> I was able to find a repeat recording uh-huh. and recorded the first episode. Oh, so you are going to so watch I have the it? DVR, and I set up the second episode to record tonight too. Very cool. So I've got it on the old. DVR. DVR. I hope you like it. So I'm excited. I love the. I'm a huge fan of the movie. Uh, let's see here. Uh, we're gonna move on to news, unless anybody has anything else. Nah, nah. Mm-hmm. All right. It's now time for the pop culture leftovers news. Hear ye, hear ye, read all about it. It's a leftover news, and there's no doubt about it. This news is gangster as fuck, yo. It's gangster as fuck, yo. All right. According to Deadline, Simon Pegg has been hired on to co-write Star Trek Three. Uh, he's written on Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and At World's End. Uh, he's joined by Doug Young, who wrote for the TNT series Dark Blue and has worked with Bad Robot in the past before. Um, so, guys, thoughts on Simon Pegg? Joining uh, Star Trek Three as a uh, co-writer. Oh man, I- I'm not excited about it. Okay, I'm not the biggest Simon Pegg fan. Um, I'm just not a big fan of of, of his movies for the most part. Uh, Shaun of the Dead never did it for me. Really? Oh, I loved Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah big fan. I, yeah, I just thought it didn't do a very good job. I thought it kind of like sometimes it it like asked you as an audience to take it seriously uh-huh and because of that like it, it tried to shift back and forth too much between that and being zany and i i thought it never like got me you know what i'm saying see like i you you take that comparison you can also kind of apply that to to tusk yeah i agree you know in a way i agree it's the same exact kind of problem i always took it just as like a as a a comedy first but with a zombie apocalypse mixed in. Yeah. That's how I took it. I just like this. I remember the exact scene where the movie lost me was when they're, they're throwing the records to decapitate, decapitate the zombies. Uh-huh. And he like stops them from throwing a, a record. Cause that's one of his favorites. And like, that's the comedy beat. And I was just like, ah, this, this movie's not doing it for me. Oh man. I love it's not that. that. To me, it wasn't that funny nor clever. Out of the, uh, out of the Cornetto trilogy, are there any of them that you enjoyed? I liked hot, I was going to get ready to go on. I liked hot fuzz a lot better, but it still wasn't one of my favorites. Okay. And then I, I still haven't seen, um, at world's end, at world's end, but I would like to, it looks like, yeah, it's pretty fun. Yeah. At world's end for me was kind of like a, uh, like a two hour long episode of Dr. Who. Yeah. That was, I thought started out really great. I love the movie for the most. Have you seen that one, Frank? No, not yet. I thought it started off really great, but it, I think the ending, it kind of fell apart for me. Mm-hmm. I need to watch that ending again, but the ending was just so bizarre. Had you guys seen Paul? Yes, I've seen Paul. So Simon Pegg wrote that too. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, this guy writing Star Trek, I mean, I guess. I mean, this seems I like- guess we can see a lot of Scotty in the film. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Simon Pegg would be the guy that you would get to come in and polish a script. And like add in a few fun beats, jo- or jokes. Few, yeah, exactly. Yeah, here's a beat here. Here's a, here's a beat there. Yeah, not a guy that I want building my foundation of a Star Trek movie. Yeah, but I mean, fuck it. I could be wrong, but that's just my initial gut feeling. That eh, I'm not. The only thing that kind of gives me hope is he's a hardcore fan of the original series. 
And so, I mean, in all seriousness, I mean, it, it, Star Trek isn't supposed to be goofy and zany at all times. I think, he, I mean, he's co-writing. Uh, I think that he could have a decent handle on the tone uh, that the original series had. Like, we were all championing Jonathan Frakes because he'd done some directing work. Yeah. Uh, and he was on Next Generation. Um, a little bit of difference actually being on the show and directing and then, you know, just being a fan, but, uh, in, you know, in writing. But, I mean, yeah, I'll taste it. I, 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 I'm kind of with you as far as, like, uh, because it's Star Trek. But, you know, he does have a good respect for the, you know, source material, where it all came from. I guess I didn't rate it. I toss it. <laughs> you toss it? Yeah. And, and you uh, you really don't – do you have an opinion on Doug Young? Who's that? What'd he do? He's a, uh, he's joined by Doug Young. He wrote for the TNT series Dark Blue. Oh, that sounds terrible. <laughs> and he's worked with Bad Robot before. Oh, okay. I mean, Bad Robot, did he write Lost? Was he in the Lost writer's table? Was he – who is this guy? I don't have much information. Yeah. If you want to IMDb the gentleman, you I can. I mean, in the, if the article, the best thing to come up with is the TNT Deep Blue, then I'm sure dark that's blue. Dark Blue. That sounds like a uh, cheesy Baywatch ripoff. Yeah, it sounds like a TNT show that had three episodes it's that a, got canceled. I, I, didn't it? Wasn't it the it wasn't it the Dark Blue where it was like police officers? I think that's what okay. It was. That makes sense. That makes sense. It's probably a weak weak crime thing. Weak, yeah, weak crime deal. Yeah, yeah. I toss it. I'll toss the other guy too. <laughs> Doug Young. Wow, instant nerd hate coming back, <laughs> rearing its head. I don't know anything about the other guys' abilities. I mean, I mean, it's not to say that they can or can't make a good Star Trek script, but uh, as far as Peg goes, I mean, I'll, I'll taste it. Are you worried that this is going to be too drastic of a change from going from two movies that were written by Alex Kurtman and Robert Orsi now to? Sounds like two guys that are completely different from those guys. I, I, I understand. Like you know, Simon Pegg's probably going to be able to add some humor. Uh, I don't know what Doug Young can bring to the table. Right. But you had Orsi and you had Kurtzman, and I think those guys, their minds are kind of geared towards the science stuff a little bit better, in mm-hmm. my opinion. You, yes. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes, I yeah. totally like, agree. Like yeah. a lot of people can argue the fact like what the fuck was the enterprise doing under the water and stuff like that um you can argue kind of that stuff but i think that even them they said something about the gravitational pull of that planet or something yeah. they gave some sort of a scientific right. explanation and i also thought it was cool that the original enterprise was modeled after a uh, submarine i agree those two guys um were the head writers of fridge also which mm-hmm. is really rooted in like real life science and everything so they know their shit you know yeah so I, that's the only thing I'm worried about is like can Simon Pegg and Doug Young. I mean, I don't, I don't have much faith in it as far as much more as like some humor stuff in there. Right? Toss it. And I'm then sh- we've also got Justin Lin as the director, right? Yeah. So I mean, we're I'm still kind of waffling on that one. I have so. no, I have no problem with him being the director at this point. I, I'm going to freeze it on that guy. <laughs> it's starting to sound kind of bad. Wow. Overall, I don't know. Yeah, I, you know, you're saying instant nerd hate, instant nerd hate, and everything, and I, I toss it out of pure love. You know, I, I say all this out of love, but yeah, I agree with Frank. This movie looks like a big shit blender. <laughs> no, I, I, it's I, starting. If it, on its own, Peg is a taste as a writer for the the content, but you could put that in combination with the, I think the questionable casting of the director. Yeah, it is kind of like, uh oh. 
I, I don't. I, I don't. I don't fully agree with like the director part. I'm going to toss Simon Pegg on this. Yes. I'm going to freeze Doug Young. I have no idea, but just based on like a TNC series called Dark Blue that I've never heard anybody talk about. And the fact that he worked with Bad Robot before, I mean, he could have been an intern. He could have been giving J.J. his coffee. You know what I mean? For all we know. His handies. (laughs) Holy shit. Yeah, we can take it down that path. cow. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Finding J.J.'s pants so he doesn't wear, like, a hoodie. You know? There might be a laundry night for J.J. after a night of sex. (laughs) So pants were lost. Yeah. But, uh, you know, as far as, like, Justin Lin, I, I mean, I got to give the guy props for what he has done. He rejuvenated, like, the, the Fast and the Furious franchise. The guy did a fucking car movie, and yeah. now everybody thinks he can't do spaceships, and it, I think it's ridiculous. I'm sure he can do, he can do sh- spaceships just But he fine. can only do what he's given with the script. Yeah. I just, I think the whole thing is just a huge, like, factory at this point. It's like Paramount has Star Trek. They only have X amount of time before the franchise kind of fizzles away because they can't get all these actors together to be in another Star Trek movie. Yeah, everybody's going to move on. So they're just doing whatever they can. Okay, plug you in director. Plug you in writer. Let's get this fucking factory fucking going and make Star Trek. Star Trek, you know? It's just a big fucking Star Trek machine. And that's kind of my problem I have with the whole thing. I don't think they expected to lose Orsi either. No, no. no. I I think they're worried and they're just... They have to come up with something. It's either yeah. something or nothing. Well, and, and I mean, I, I think a lot of this, like, ho-hum, like, you know, Star Trek 3 is going to be a bust is because everybody's excited for Star Wars. Yeah. I'm still up in the mm-hmm. air if we'll even get a Star Trek 3, to be honest with you. Is really? it? Is it re- I, oh, it's happening. Really? I yeah. still have this, this small part of me thinks that it just will never happen. I think it'll happen. Even if it's pushed back, I think it's going to happen. It'd be speculation, I think, as to whether or not another one will happen after that. But we'll be hard unless this movie does gangbusters. We'll be hard pressed for a Star Trek four. I think. Universal needs this. Yeah, I well, agree. needing it and actually knocking it out of the park are two different things. Well, sure. I mean, financially, it's going to it's going to do well. I think it will. Star Trek movies have done bad before. Oh, I know, but I think this one will do well. I mean, you've got Chris Pine in there, and I, I saw Donna. I think I think it'll do well. Yeah. I just I just it might be the one that kills it. <laughs> right? Yeah. Fuck it at this point. Let's just go ahead and throw in all the tropes. Let there be tribbles in the fucking movie. There was tribbles in the last movie. Yeah. No, I mean like all over. Tribbles all over. Oh yeah. Uh let's see here. Uh the Klingons. Moving on. If you haven't seen some of the Oscar nominated movies or even any of them, AMC Theaters are offering an annual Best Picture Showcase, a marathon screening event of all the Best Picture nominees. If you drop the coin to do this, you can either split the eight films over two consecutive Saturdays, or you can watch all eight of them in one huge 20-hour watching. AMC has all the details up at their website for those who choose uh, the four, what is it, four... 10-hour option where you can watch four of the films. AMC is showing the Grand Budapest Hotel, Whiplash, Birdman, and Selma on Saturday, February 14th. And then Boyhood, The Theory of Everything, The Imitation Game, and American Sniper on Saturday, February 21st. Tickets for the single day cost $35, or you can save $5 by buying both tickets. Yeah, or buying tickets for both. 
Now, only a very small handful of theaters across the country have confirmed the all-day marathon as of right now. I don't think they know how it's going to go over. Yeah, 20 hours. That's a long time. No breaks? How does that work? I'm sure they'll have maybe like an intermission or something in between movies. Yeah, I got to go eat or something. Get that VIP seat that's got the toilet on it. I can't do popcorn for 20 hours. I'll be fucking, I'll be having to do laundry (laughs) if I do that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but is this, I don't know. I, I can't see myself wanting to do this. No. I mean, no. even two 10-hour stretches. That sounds kind of fun. That's a long time. I guess. Yeah, it, but t- two weekends in a row? Yeah. I, I think that option sounds kind of fun. Two two weekends in a row? Yeah. The two 10-hour things. I could I could make that happen. Yeah. I don't, I've seen most of these. Yeah. I haven't seen Whiplash. I haven't seen The Theory of Everything. Everything else I've seen. There you go. I'd rather that they make it like a two-week event where they just show nothing but these films at different times. And then if you want to pay like the large fee, you get access to all the films at your convenience. I like Frank's idea a lot, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know, man. I I don't know. It seems like AMC is doing this. They did the Interstellar mm. ticket. They're really going out of their way to try to find new ways to get people to come in and spend money at the theater yeah that's smart of them well theaters are doing a lot of different things to get people to come in (coughs) and see things i mean they're going to be doing that uh in april they're going to be showing like the the penultimate episode and then the final episode of last season's game of thrones in imax yeah i'm excited about that and like they always show like the doctor who christmas special like in 3d and stuff like that too so and a lot of people come out for those Mm -hmm. yeah we should, we should go do that Game of Thrones IMAX thing. Hell yeah. How are you doing on your uh, attempt? I haven't even, have not even started. God damn it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, this has been a rough week. I and... hear you. I hear you. What are we looking at, Jake? Isn't it April? End of April? Um, For Game of Thrones? Yeah. Or April 12th, I think it is, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I think you're right. Right around there. So... Yeah. Well, how many we got to get you through? Are you, I think I don't think you need to rewatch the first season. No, I don't need to watch the rewatch the first season. I remember first season quite well. So you got thirty one hour episodes to watch. Jeez, it's not that bad though. I know. I just need to start watching like two episodes a day. But it's like as soon as I get off work, I have to. I do notes for the show. Yeah. After I do notes for the show, then I start watching like all the stuff that I need to get caught up on. I barely got to finish the Flash this week. Uh, Barely. You got her finished? I got it finished. I had to split it up into two days. <laughs> Damn. So I barely finished that. It's hard trying yeah. to fit in Game of Thrones. But hey, I got Saturday and Sunday off. Maybe I can knock out like try to get knock out like five episodes each day. I can knock out I can knock out a season. I'd be willing to bet. I mean, getting into season two, you get about two or three episodes in. Dude, you'll, I, you'll get rolling again. I started season two and I got, I was getting lost. I was like, what the fuck? Who are these people? What's going on? They explain it though. Yeah, I know. I God, dude, it's so good, especially this last season. I don't doubt it's good. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, it's super fun. <laughs> I loved the first season. I thought it was phenomenal. And it only gets better. Okay. All right, guys. Uh, let's see here. Here ooh, here we go. Watched, uh, Of course, I watched Tim Burton's Big Eyes in theaters, and I absolutely love this movie. Um, yeah, I thought it was kind of crazy that uh, Amy Adams wins the Golden Globe for best actress for big eyes and then doesn't even get nominated for the oscars oh yeah snubarama snubarama mm. uh anyway so what's next on the horizon for tim burton 
After Big Eyes, he is uh, doing a movie called Miss Peregrine's Home for the Peculiar Children. Have you guys heard about this? Yeah, I have a little bit, yes. Mm -hmm. It's uh, the description that I read on IMDb is a 16-year-old Jacob follows clues that take him to a mysterious island where he discovers the crumbling ruins of Miss Peregrine's School for Peculiar Children. As Jacob explores the abandoned bedrooms and hallways, he discovers that its former occupants were far more than peculiar. They possessed incredible powers. And they may still be alive. So I'm not talking about this movie. <laughs> Why not? Because I'm going to talk about the movie that he might be making after Miss Peregrine. Uh, that, <coughs> Miss Peregrine sounds like a classic Tim Burton movie. Though. Yeah. It sounds like a is – it, is it based off a book? Yeah, I think – I'm pretty sure it is, yes. Okay. So it'll probably <laughs> – it'll suck. Yeah. I like his original shit. Uh, I agree. It's few and far between, though. Yeah. But after that, it's up in the air for Burton. But if you're asking writer Seth Graham Smith, he says it's when the two uh, will start making Beetlejuice 2. Oh, oh. No. I got two different O's on that one, one from Jake and one from Frank. Uh, they sounded completely different. Jake, what did yours sound like? My sounded like, no. And Frank, what did yours sound like? That's just like, oh, okay. No, yours sounded like, oh. No, man, it's like, oh, I, I, it just seems totally like what would happen. So we got gloom and doom. Yeah. All right, gloom and doom. He says, uh, Seth Graham Smith says, I've emailed with Keaton. I know he's excited about the idea. I know Tim is excited about the idea. Where it stands now is it's uh, Tim's got to get ready to make Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. And then hopefully we are set. Deals are done. And we're waiting in the wings, ready to go right after Peregrine's wraps uh, up. The ideal timeline is we're really getting into it toward the end of this year. So it sounds... Like they're wanting to get started on this at the end of 2015. Wow, that'd be crazy. It's ambitious. What character do you think they're going to write in for Johnny Depp? I don't think he'll be involved in this at all. Johnny Depp seems more like he's Kevin Smith's boy right now. Hmm. That's interesting. I mean, he did Tusk, and he's going to be doing Yoga Hosers. Ah. So it all sounds right. more like he's in Kevin Smith's camp at this moment, at this gotcha. time. So, um, But he says, uh, he talks about uh, a little bit about how the movie's going to be handled. He says, I think we landed on the right idea, landed on the right approach. It's just now making sure that for me, I don't want to shit my pants in front of the entire world, making a sequel to one of my favorite movies. He then went also to talk on about Winona Ryder coming back as Lydia. Tim Burton was doing big press for big eyes right before the holiday and was getting the Beetlejuice question and sort of tipped people off that Winona will, will be back, which yes, she will be back. That's awesome. So, yeah, I mean, I'm really skeptical on whether they should do this at all, but if you're going to do it, you can't do it without, without her. Is this going to be another, is this going to be another thing? Like I, we hear about like these movies getting like, we heard about Ghostbusters three coming yeah. back forever, like a, a proper Ghostbusters three. And I'm not saying that the female version is not going to be a proper, but it's a reboot. It's not a sequel. Yeah. We heard about that. And then like the gremlins thing was ready to go. Like they were wanting to, we, we even talked about it on the podcast. They were wanting to fast track gremlins three, excuse mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. And, that's not happening now. That's not in the picture at the moment. How so, long has how long has the Beetlejuice talks been on the table? Like actually a thing? Probably since the last one wrapped. I would imagine. Okay. Yeah, back in '88. Gotcha. So. I don't know. I mean, it depends on what they actually get done. Usually, it's ones that end up in script development hell that 
you never hear from. But mm-hmm. if they're actually talking about people coming back and signing on, I'd have to think they got something solid. Is it a smart move? Yeah, you'd think that. You'd think. You, you think that with every movie, though, and I'm not just saying you, Frank. Right, I'm just yeah, saying, no, I get you. Like, like logic would tell you they've had. Okay, last time they wrapped was in '88, which was like what 27, 26, 27 years ago. You'd think that they'd have that amount of time to get something you know hammered out that's going to be pretty good. And what did we get with Dumb and Dumber Two? <laughs> you know what I mean? They had how many years? Twenty years to put out a good Dumb and Dumber Two, and we didn't get a good Dumb and Dumber 2, in my opinion. Got a few parts with Lloyd that were kind of funny. Yeah. But that was about it. And, and you know, even with Ghostbusters 2, just being a few years later, you know, uh, it's still not as good as the original. You no, know? I totally agree. Right. So more times than not, you don't get a great sequel 20, 30 years later. It, it turns out to be something not as good as the original. Yeah. And then, yeah, I can't poke any holes in that at all. Do you think it's also kind of, I think, uh, okay, Jake, whether you liked Birdman or not, it's elevated Michael Keaton, especially like he's nominated for, you know, the Oscar of Best Actor. He's kind of elevated himself right now into the upper echelon again. No, and yeah, and my flaws with Birdman is is the writing of the movie, the acting I think is phenomenal. Okay. So, and but I, I see what you where you're coming from is is Michael Keaton too big to be in Beetlejuice two now? Well, not that. Like, if it's a great movie, mm-hmm. I think it's a. I think it's like uh, he could. He, if it's a great movie, he would be pulling off what Robert Downey Jr. is not. Yeah, Robert Downey Jr. is killing it in the Marvel side, but when he went to do like a more you know passion project like The Judge, mm-hmm. critics didn't like it. It wasn't a critical darling. This could be the opposite, where like you know he's made for movies like um, Birdman, like he can do those types of roles. But like when he does a movie like RoboCop, yeah, it just doesn't live up to it. Like that, I'm even worried about him, you know, doing like a Skull Island. You know what I mean? Which yeah. could be a turd for all we know. I mean, yeah, you've got Tom Hiddleston, you got Mark Ruffalo in that movie, and you've got J.K. Simmons. Great cast, but like. You know what I mean? I'm kind of worried about that because it's based on like it's a prequel or a sequel to King Kong. We don't know. He's still good though, even when the shit is bad. Like he was one of the best parts of the RoboCop. I mean, as shitty as RoboCop was, he was sh- right. He shined, but it in didn't it. help his career. No, I agree. <clears throat> you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And Beetlejuice, the magnifying glass is going to be on him even more than RoboCop. Some some actors are able to seemingly be in these craptastic movies i mean look at de niro for christ's sakes yeah he can crap it up and fucking rocky and bullwinkle and then turn around and you know do something like you know silver linings playbook or whatever and you know sure like he he's all over the place i know but i I, but but he's also like as of right now he has been an academy award winner in the past Mm. but right now he's not you know garnering academy awards i'm just worried about this like setting michael keaton back a little bit yeah i could see what you're saying yeah i think beetlejuice 2 is definitely a step back from birdman mm-hmm. i agree with that yeah as far as hollywood is concerned 
as far as Hollywood's concerned, but I'm talking like, I just want this to be like a box office darling and a critical darling. Like, oh, wow, this is just as great as Beetlejuice. Like, we got more great one-liners. They're just not regurgitating like the same one-liners that we got from the original. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm the most with the most. I'm the host with the most, babe. The ghost with the most, babe. Or, wow, what an original reason to come back and revisit this universe. Yeah, and yeah I, I'm glad I, they did that. Yeah, I never would have thought of this reason to come back and revisit the story. Right. And it's the natural progression of what would have happened and right yeah we'll see i doubt any of that will happen i just don't want it to be a step back i, I think you're right i think it's going to be i don't think it's going to be a great movie no. it, it takes some skillful writing and you'd think that you know they'd be able to handle it but we've talked before about how limited he was in the first movie 17 and a half minutes exactly and i don't know that they'd be able to hold it back this time I mean, you'd probably get Beetlejuice, 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 and then it'd just be silly. Yeah, he'll probably be in 17 and a half minutes of trailers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let alone the, the extended, movie. extended trailer of the extended <laughs> cut. Oh, wow. I forgot to throw something in the good pop, bad pop. What you got? Um, I guess I'll throw it in the news then. I watched The uh, the Wedding Ringer. Oh, okay. With uh, Kevin Hart, Josh Gad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And... Um, did you watch Kevin Hart on SNL? I did. What'd you think? I thought there were moments that were good, but there were moments that were terrible. Um, it was crazy when they had the um, fuck up on the uh, Instagram the sketch. The monitor. Or the was, monitor. Yeah. I, I heard on the, um, when they replayed it for the West Coast, uh-huh. they showed the dress rehearsal version where they didn't fuck up. Mm. So only we saw that on the first live airing. Oh, and okay. Everyone else saw it worked just perfectly. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was a, I loved the sketch with him and Jay Farrow as his son and him and Jay Farrow imitating each other. Yeah. I thought that was really funny. I liked the uh oh man, the it was the pre-recorded stuff. It was him, Jay Farrow and uh Oh, that sketch was great. Yeah, where they were outside and yeah. they were like talking like all tough. Yeah, but they were like doing really crazy stuff and yeah. everything. Yeah. That was a good, Yeah, there were some good moments. Walking the dogs and Walk- stuff like that. I thought that was funny, but I, his monologue wasn't great. No, the monologue was terrible and it was went on forever. It, it was went like on 15 minutes. Yeah. And the talk show with the fart noises was super terrible. That was that was awful. Um the beebs um bumpers were pretty funny yeah um i haven't seen those commercials so it didn't hit me as hard yeah kate mckinnon's justin bieber though is, is still pretty funny even without having seen the commercials um i love kevin hart i think he's hilarious i think he is like the funniest stand-up comic out there right now um and him and amy schumer are like my two top favorites right now as far as stand-up comics yeah he's here um tonight right in peoria are you shitting oh, me no kidding yeah is I didn't it, know that. Me neither. I'm almost positive that it's, it's, it was either last night or tonight. Mm. Huh. He's at the Civic Center. Wow. Because I've always wanted to see him, and fuck, that sucks. He's yeah. short, isn't he? Like, really short? Like, 5'3"? Mm-hmm. Oh, He's short. Yeah, super short. Um, yeah, but this movie, it's rated R. It's a rated R comedy, um, and I like rated R comedies mostly more than PG-13 and other types of comedies, if they're done well. Yeah, definitely. You can get um, raunchy. You can get yeah. the language. If they do it well, and... Uh, this isn't the funniest comedy that I've ever seen, but it's it's still funny. Um, it's not the smartest comedy by any stretch of the means. I mean, it's but it, it's not lazy either. Um, I really, I, I still really, really enjoyed the movie. Kevin Hart, he, he's just a charming, funny dude in this movie. Okay, and um, 
he when he gets to like ranting and just talking really really fast, he always cracks me up. What's the short and simple premise of the movie? Basically, it's like these Josh Gad plays a guy that he never really connected with any other guys. Okay. And so he doesn't have like a best friend or like friends that he hangs out with. Okay. And so his wife to be his fiance has seven bridesmaids uh-huh. and he has to have seven groomsmen Oh, Jesus. and he has nobody lined up. <laughs> He's called people, but they're like, dude, I barely know you. And they hang up with them. So, um, the wedding planner, tells him about like this service that Kevin Hart offers Mm -hmm. where he's like the wedding ringer and he'll play your best man. Okay. You just tell him about your life and blah, 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 blah. He'll come in there and be the best man. And so that's how he meets Kevin Hart. Okay. That sounds fun. And yeah, it's a fun, it's a fun movie and it kind of takes twists. I mean, you think it's more going to be about like the wedding, but it more turns into like, you know, like the bond that he shares with Kevin Hart as the movie goes on. Was Josh Gad good in it? He was good, uh, mostly for the physical comedy stuff. Yeah. Oh my God. There's a scene where like they, like before the bachelor party, mm. the guys kidnap him and they throw him in the back of a truck and then they start to drive off and the back of the truck comes loose. Oh. Like not just the, the gate. Oh. And he goes flying out oh. of the road. And he's got like a bag over his head. And when he hits the ground, it is so loud and it sounds so fucking painful. And like the physical comedy from him is really good. I've never seen him actually in anything. Um, Oh, really? I know him most famously for being the voice of Olaf in Frozen. Okay. Oh, I've right. I've never actually seen him like in a movie. Or he, anything. I watched him, and he was very talented in a show that got canceled after the first season. It was the uh, what's uh, it was Kelsey Grammer, Fred Willard, uh, Ty Burrell, um, the wife from Everybody Loves Raymond. Okay, they did like a news show on um, Fox. Okay, and Josh Gad was on it, and he played like an intern, and he was really funny on that show. Hmm. It was actually a really good show. It had a great cast. It yeah, just got canceled. Sounds like a great cast. Um, but it got canceled. Josh Gad was in that. And I've seen him in a few other things. But he was he was good in this movie. But I think the two really shined when they were working together. Mm-hmm. You know? And uh, I, I liked it. Um, there's a funny dance scene between him and Kevin Hart that I enjoyed. And then The Bachelor Party had its moments that were pretty funny. Um, the Groomsmen themselves were pretty funny there's a hilarious football game in this one of the guys is in a wheelchair and they're playing like tackle football and it's pretty funny it's a it's a pretty funny movie i'm gonna give it a taste it nice um so it's it's not the best movie but it's definitely if you want to see like i think it's honestly as far as comedies go 22 Jump Street was like my favorite of last year. Mm -hmm. And so far, like anything else that came after that, this is probably the funniest thing that came after it. Hmm. Okay. That's high, that's high praise. Yeah. It destroys like sex tape. It destroys like any, like Tammy, of course, but like it destroys any of those other movies. So high taste it. Good. Yeah. I need to check that out. I like Kevin Hart a lot too. Yeah. What's the next movie he's coming out with? Get Hard with Will Ferrell. Oh no. I know. (laughs) Mm. Uh oh. Yeah. So I bet that'll be huge, though. It'll be huge. But, yeah. Uh, I think we're going to pause, come back, and do Marvel News. That sounds good. 
Greetings, Leftover Army. Pop Culture Leftovers is the people's podcast. They're always looking for new writers and YouTube reviewers to join the team because they themselves aren't talented enough to write them. In all honesty, they're not even sure Frank can read. But their listeners can. So send your reviews to popcultureleftovers at gmail.com, and if the leftovers like it, they'll contact you, and you could see your article featured on popcultureleftovers.com. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Leftover Army. You should follow the leftovers on Instagram at instagram.com slash popcultureleftovers and on Tumblr at popcultureleftovers2.tumblr.com. If you get a few shots of vodka in you, it's almost as sexy as my voice. That's gangster. All right. Hey, we're back. We're going to start doing some Marvel news. That's exciting. Yeah. Marvel news. Guys, I'm going to try to get myself back into this episode. I am yeah. so not used to recording this late, and I just feel out of it. Yeah, it's only going to get later. I want you guys to call me <laughs> out. Like, I call you guys out if I feel like there's lack of energy. Call me out. I- I'll do my best. I need some motivation this fucking week. I'll do my best. Please. Wake up! That, yeah. <laughs> Seriously, if you start see, if you start seeing me like trail off and shit, do that wake up shit. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. All right, yeah, give me a coffee enema. Oh, my God. <laughs> a coffee <laughs> The best part of waking up is folders in your butt. <laughs> yeah, I'm not singing that along. You should. <laughs> you should. It should have been a group enema. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It would only bring us closer. It could still be a group with just you two. Oh, uh, yuck. Frank, <laughs> it's, it's not yuck if I get involved. <laughs> no, no, I'm just thinking about the whole concept. Coffee enema. Isn't that bizarre? Yeah. Yeah. Yuck. All right, it's now time for Marvel News. Marvel news. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I know it's great. All right, we have an email this week, uh, Marvel related, and I wanted to go over it. Uh, really think about this, and really think about what he's asking here uh, in this email. I found it very interesting, and I, I've got uh, I've got some thoughts about it myself. It's from Rob from New Jersey. He says, "Hey, leftovers," and Frank. I have a question about Spider-Man. Whether or not the franchise is rebooted, how would you guys feel about taking out the love story for a movie or so? You can introduce a Mary Jane or Gwen Stacy, but not focus on those relationships and take that time to focus on properly building a good villain. In all the Spider-Man movies, I feel that there are so many characters and relationships to build up that the love story always seems to take up the time that could be used to build up a great villain, such as Venom or Doc Ock, as well as Peter dealing with Harry, Aunt May, and the death of Uncle Ben. The last two movies, I feel, failed at making any of the supporting characters and relationships feel real. I didn't really believe that Harry and Peter were childhood friends or that Uncle Ben dying affected him at all. And Aunt May was such a bland, nothing character that should have been flushed out and been there with Peter to help deal with Ben's death. I feel that with a Spider-Man, there are so many different emotions and characters that eliminating one for a, for a movie would do the franchise well. Sincerely, Rob from New Jersey. That's an interesting email. Um, 
Yeah, I see what you're saying. I I can understand wanting to see a villain, you know, better established and everything. But it's with Spider-Man, it's really hard to leave the romance out with that character. It's such an integral part of that character. You know, it's not like Batman where you're just throwing in some random Vicky Vale, right, or or whatever. You know, so I think it's important to Peter Parker. If you're going to do a Peter Parker Spider-Man movie. You're going to have to have some romance. Yeah. Um, you know, is do you think that maybe part of the problem was, you know, they had uh, Mark Webb, the director of 500 Days of Summer, who does a lot of romance stuff. Do you think it was a little too over the top with him bringing that kind of a director in? Or do you think they need to have a different director in there to, like, balance out, you know, fleshing out the characters a little bit better and not just a romance guy? Because it seems like maybe he had a hard – he had a – I, I – I think he had a hard time fleshing out villains because they had too many villains. Yeah. I agree with that. I thought he directed the romance stuff. Like that was the best stuff he did in both those movies was the, uh, connection between Peter and Gwen. Right. Other than that, it was kind of a, eh, kind of a miss. Do you think it was like maybe they focused on too many villains because they're, you know, thinking ahead to the Sinister Six movie? Yeah. It was like they were trying to build a franchise before they even had a foundation to build a franchise on, kind of. Yeah. So they were kind of jumping ahead, you know. If you had, and I I know you're kind of not a fan of, like, fantasy casting type stuff, but I, I got somebody in mind that I'd love to see direct Spider-Man. Yes, go ahead. I mean, Matt it, Reeves? No. It, it should go. Young go, Murph. No, fuck. <laughs> Young Murph? No. <laughs> yay, yay. Uh, I really think that the, per- I mean, it never happened, but I think the perfect choice would be Whedon. It, it he's really good at handling like teen angst with power and all that stuff. I mean, but it's like it's almost the same concept as Buffy. Yeah. Uh, now that like the humor, a lot of his humor is more subtle, or um, you do get those over the top moments like with the Hulk and Thor. Yeah. But uh, as far as like the the quick wit, well, I guess Buffy had quite a few, you know, like one liners. So you've said that you know Spider Man's hilarious. Oh, you know. yeah. Yeah, Frank, I, I'll co-sign a Josh Whedon Spider-Man movie. Let's see it. Yeah, okay. Then my question to you guys is, like, you know, we've heard about Josh Whedon. Uh, he hasn't signed on for anything past Avengers Age of Ultron. And we've heard the rumors that, like, the Russo brothers uh, might take on the next Avengers movie. What is, you know, what, where is Whedon going to go if he doesn't go back to, you know, Infinity War and Infinity War Part 2? Do you think... He's done with superhero movies and is going to do more personal projects like, you know, Cabin in the Woods and like that one movie that he had come out. I forget what it was called. It's hard saying. I mean, he very well could jump over and do some work for Sony after after Avengers 2. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, his his buddy Drew Goddard has his Sinister Six in that pool. Yeah. So he's got that in, I think. Yeah. And they're really close. I mean, they they did um, Buffy and Angel together. They did Cabin in the Woods together. Cabin in the Woods, yeah. And if anybody could really fix it, like really fix it, I'd have faith that he could do that. Yeah, I'd be excited if they if they announced tomorrow that Josh Whedon would be doing the Spider Man reboot. I'd be jumping up and fucking down. Um, do you think it, that the the Sony leaks are going to affect you know them signing on some of these prolific directors like Whedon is now? Yeah, it's hard to say it. I mean, we're at this point we're just fantasizing. <laughs> sure, but it's fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hard to say it. That's a, that's a tough question. But I think, yeah, I think, you know, honestly, number one, uh, I think if you take romance out of the Spider-Man movies, 
you do lo- you do lose a certain demographic, and I'm not saying all women want to see romance in superhero movies, but there's a lot of guys out there. The only way they get to get their girlfriends to go to see these movies <laughs> is because of the romance between you know Peter Parker and Mary Jane or Gwen right. Stacy, and you're going to take that out of the movie, and you know. Love is uh, something that uh, all characters have. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. In their, in their, uh, either it, love is what makes that character. You know, Batman's love for his parents—that's what you know—and their death—that's what made him. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why the love stories really don't work later on in the series, like with the Vicky Vales and, yeah. and stuff like that. But your Katie uh, Holmes, yeah, but was. Spider-Man, it's integral, Mary Jane and Gwen Stacy, and it's a, definitely a part of that character. And if you take that out, the, you're taking out uh, some, I think, cornerstones of uh, the character's origin and uh, what makes him Peter Parker and Spider-Man. You see a recurring theme in these really well-written superhero stories that do involve love interests where love is pain. And, you know, it's like... You, Punisher. Yeah, you have it hand in hand. Punisher loses his whole family. Yeah. I thought um, Raimi nailed it in the first Spider-Man movie. I remember um, applauding at the end of it because um, he didn't get Mary Jane. Like, he told her no at the end of the first Spider-Man movie. And before there was a Spider-Man 2, he he cut that shit off. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that was a really ballsy move for a fucking superhero comic book. You know, for Spider-Man to say, no, I can't be with you. I can't put your life in danger. This relationship is over. And I agree with that. They did a really good job in that film in particular of how long that, you know, he, you know, watched her and longed for her. You know, he had a thing for her for a long time. And when he had the opportunity, he did say no. And that was earned. And you felt that. I didn't get any of that at all out of the whole Garfield thing. Yes, no. Yes, no. That, That was one thing that turned me off about that film. I was, like the love story between him and Gwen. Yeah, I, me too. I, I really like Emma Stone, but I just, I, I think that they flipped that light switch on and off way too much in that movie. Explain a little bit more. It wasn't earned. Like, I didn't really feel the angst like I should have. You know what I mean? About how they really couldn't be together because he kept going back on his promise. He keep going, getting back with her. It's like it's like saying, "Oh no, I, I can't have this. I'm addicted to it. Oh, I'm gonna go ahead and fucking have it anyway, and then I'm just gonna hate myself for it." Uh, he was going ahead and dating her. I, I didn't feel the struggle. I didn't feel the pull like what Jake's talking about at the end they of the They tried. I mean, they kept showing, like, Ghost Leary. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've had yeah. talks about that before. They, yeah. they tried. I just I don't think they did a good job of it. I've seen it done way better elsewhere. Yeah, and to Frank's credit, the reason we were seeing Ghost Leary is because he wasn't, it wasn't, he was just jumping right back into that shit. Yeah. Right? <laughs> just kind of thinking... <laughs> Damn it, you're hitting it. Fucking, I told you not to hit that shit. <laughs> right. <laughs> Shaking his head. That was the uh, stupidest thing I ever fucking seen. I'm glad there wasn't like a sex scene where like <laughs> Ghost Leary shows up. Yeah. Nope. Shaking yeah. his head. I can't believe you're doing this. Tisk tisk. <laughs> Shaking his head the yeah. whole time. You should at least have the window open so our nips are hard. Oh, jeez. And we had to take it down that road, didn't All we? All right. Next email. <laughs> yeah, but uh, just to, just to kind of talk about this one, um, just before we do move on, um, do you think there needs to be a better balance between the romance and fleshing out the, the villains? Yeah. I mean, I want to see better fleshed out villains. I think the key to it 
is not having four villains in a movie. Agreed. Just have one kick-ass villain. You know, maybe two. Maybe, like, you know, the big boss, lower yeah. boss strategy. You know, you have your Norman Os- Osborn pulling the strings of your whoever. Yeah, just kind of like in the Avengers movie, the main villain was Loki. But, you know, behind the scenes pulling the strings was Thanos, and he got the Chitari there for him. Mm-hmm. And Yeah. Yeah, but you really didn't need to flesh out the Chitari, I guess. And... uh no, no. They're just nameless things yeah. that the Avengers can smack around. And they're not going to flesh out Thanos until fucking uh, Infinity War, really. I, I don't think so, no. So, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think there needs to be a good blend. I don't know. Whedon, I, I don't know. I'd love to see him do a Spider-Man movie. Yeah. I, I think that'd be perfect. I would cheer for that. I can't argue. Yeah. I can't think of any other director that I think that's out there that could probably do him better, except for, like, maybe Drew Goddard, but... Sinister Six film, is that a go, yay or nay? Who yeah. knows? Just get Raimi back. Um, after Spider-Man 3, like, I know me and you enjoyed the film, but yeah. can you see that happening? No, but I would love it. <laughs> I'd still rather see a Raimi film than continuing down this road. Yeah, oh, definitely. And we're going to see something besides a web film, that's for sure, next. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Uh, what I did, I brought up the Punisher earlier and I wanted to talk about the Punisher here real quick. A lot of people have been, uh, kind of, uh, petitioning that Thomas Jane comes back and plays the Punisher. Oh, he would love that. Because he was a great, uh, Punisher, uh, in my opinion. Um, the first movie was okay. I liked it. I liked it. And then I loved the Dirty Laundry movie that he came out with. Yeah, his homemade one. Doesn't that kind of fit in with like the descriptions of like the Netflix stuff yeah it seems so you know what i mean if you've seen dirty laundry like and they're talking about the daredevil stuff being grittier than anything we've seen like from agents of shield or even in the movies that dirty laundry was kind of like right down that road yeah i'm really surprised we're not seeing a punisher in the mix and all these netflix series it seems like it fits right in there well i just read an article um and uh they talked to thomas jane about it. I read the article on comicbookmovie.com. And who is he talking with? Um, I'm not sure. I'll just go ahead and read the quote for him. Um, and they talked about, you know, could Punisher ever uh, show up in one of these Marvel Netflix shows? You know, Daredevil, Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, or Iron Fist. And they talked to Thomas Jane, and this is what he had to say. He says, I feel like I've played a true version of the character already. That's why I did Dirty Laundry. I wanted to create something that was truer to my own vision of what the Punisher 2004 movie that I did could be. I feel like I put that out there. It was really well received. I hope that the Punisher will continue. I hope they get an idea of what it can be and how to make it successful. I hope that they use that short film as a template for how to make it truer to what the character is. I said what I wanted to say with that guy. I don't think I ever really was the perfect Frank Castle. I look at him as Italian, a guy who I guess I'm on the I'm the right age now, but I would see him as a weathered guy. My body is not quite perfect for Frank. I would see Frank as more of a square-jawed, lock-jawed kind of guy. I don't know who it would be. I think you'd need an unknown to play Frank. He's really the ideal asshole. <laughs> so Thomas Jane there, he said, like, I don't think that like, I'm the perfect Frank Castle to be to play the character now. And I did the best I could back in 2004. 
but then there was an update to this. And during a Reddit AMA, he kind of switched what he said. Um, yeah, that, that first interview came from I Am Rogue. This one came from a Reddit AMA where he says, uh, he talked about uh, returning to the role. He said, with the right story. So he's saying no to me and maybe they need to cast an unknown, but he said he would come back if it was the right story. Hmm. So, yeah, if the right people were involved, he'd come back. Right. Not just for some whatever. I don't think we'll ever see him in an actual official Marvel Punisher ever again. Yeah. But I'd be okay with it. Oh, you know, after that dirty laundry, that's the kind of that's the kind of Punisher I want to see. Yeah, and he is the he's right about being the perfect age for like like doing some like Garth Ennis like Punisher stuff. Yeah. So eh, that'd be cool. Yeah. Do you guys have any about anybody else in mind that you'd like to see as as the Punisher, like an older Punisher? Uh, no one mm. I can think of off the top of my head. What about um? And he's I don't know I don't know his age. But he's up there in years. What about Scott Lang, who played um, in Avatar? He played like the general, the the real chiseled. Oh, um, that, that sounds like a description yeah. of like what he's saying here. You know, a guy with a with a strong jaw, uh, square jaw, um, kind of an asshole. Um, you know, I, I. What do you think about Scott Lang? Uh, you know, do you think he's too old? Or do you think that that would be a good choice as a Punisher? That's not a bad choice. Yeah. What about, this is off the wall, but what about, um, oh, I'm having a brain fart, but um, Yandu, um, Michael Rooker. Rooker. Yeah, but it's set in the same Marvel Cinematic Universe, and Michael Rooker, you, you can really tell it's sense. still him by the face. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. not like, you know, like Nathan Fillion, if he played somebody, that'd be fine. He only played, like, the blue alien in the prison. Yeah. Right? But yeah, in a perfect world, I think Rooker would be an interesting Punisher. Yeah, right? Yeah. Very over the top. I think they could get Scott Lang, too. But it, it, but I'd like to see that. I don't know how he'd look if... If they'd have to go with him with the gray hair, I don't know how yeah. he'd look if they dyed his hair. He might look like a Bosley commercial or something. <laughs> what about Cudmore? Ugh. Cudmore. He's cut for that. The square jaw. Uh, cud less. <laughs> he's too he's too big, don't you think? Yeah, yeah. I was just making a joke. Yeah. Thin two skin colossus. But would you want to would you want to see uh what'd you say, Frank? Thin two skin skin too thin. <laughs> colossus fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and Words are hard. Now I regret asking. <laughs> I know. What did you say, Frank? <laughs> that one what was by. that, Frank? Yeah, I asked too. Rabbit to be hole. fair. Yeah. Um. Oh God! Now I forget what. I, no. Would you guys want to see the Punisher show up in one of these uh, Netflix series? Yes, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and I, that could be the coolest way they could do it too. Yeah. Just drop them in, have them wreak some ha- havoc. Yeah, it'd be sweet. Show up in an episode of Daredevil. Yeah, Daredevil. That'd be amazing. That would be amazing. Yeah. And I heard that those rumors of like the guy driving the truck, the Russo brothers, I think they were just joking around. I think it's bullshit that, is that it wasn't. Yeah, we yeah. called that. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Um, I want to, yeah, tell you what, I want to play one audio clip. And then, Jake, I want you to talk about your big Marvel news. Oh, yeah, let's do it. Okay. Uh, Mark Millar apparently thinks all you need to make a good superhero movie is a good director. Here's what he had to say to Sky Movies recently. 
Let me go ahead and find this clip. Here we go. Mark Millar. Josh Trank, the guy who's directing it, um, is a really smart guy, and he and I spent a wee bit of time together when I was out um, first doing this job about a year and a half ago. And I think what Fox do that's very clever is they'll get a great director on board. Like, a lot of people trust the character and just think this brand is going to be fine, but you can't trust the brand because the brand can be done well or done badly, you know? But if you get a good director, that's the cornerstone that you build everything on, you know? And I think, like, with Brian Singer doing the X-Men or James Mangold doing Wolverine, Josh Trank doing Fantastic Four, it all feels in very good hands. So I think it all comes down to the director. It's the same characters in every one of these movies, but they work stands or falls based on the director and Josh is fantastic you know what he's going to do is unlike I think what anybody would be anticipating there is a cut that's kicking around just now but I haven't seen it yet so so I'm expecting big things alright so yeah it sounds like uh, Mark Millar's got full confidence in the directors that they have over there at Fox um, of course he does I mean he's a paid employee by Fox yeah he's a consultant yeah on all these films and I think he's putting a little bit too much stock into Josh Trank. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I mean, I loved Chronicle. I think it's one of the better found footage movies that are out there. You know, I mean, there's a lot of crap uh, found footage films. And I think I think Josh Trank did a successful one, but that's really all he's done is the guy ready to do Fantastic Four. And is he giving too much credit to Brian Singer for X-Men Days of Future Past? I you know, we've talked in the past that Matthew Vaughn has come out and said that 90% of that movie, the vision was from me. And then like, then on the flip side, you know, like the second, second unit directors come out and said that like, I'm pretty much responsible for the Quicksilver scene. And Simon Kinsberg did so much of the script work. Too. Yeah. But yeah. Here's the thing also is if it would have sucked donkey balls, he would have been exactly the person that we would have blamed. Nobody would have stepped forward and said, well, I was responsible for this part that you hated. You know what I mean? It's after the fact that the film's a success, so you can't really say that for sure that it wasn't him. Right. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I, I'm sorry. I'm I, like, no, froze, you're fine. I, I froze up there. I got, I'm nothing. <laughs> okay. No, I'm just, I, I just, I just think that he's putting a little bit too much stock into Josh Trank at this point. And what about like James Mangold with the Wolverine? I know that they're talking about doing another Wolverine movie. But, um, I don't know. You tasted the movie. Yeah. Frank, did you ever watch The Wolverine? That was the one where they were in Japan? Yes. Uh, that was a toss-it. That was a toss-it for me as yeah. well. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't think that they have, Fox has the stable of directors that Marvel has, in my opinion. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I agree. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's not as much of a clear cut and dry like direction for everything to come together, right? So it's not as well organized, like in in any point in time. Like you get those. Whereas, uh, I mean, Hugh Jackman is great as Wolverine, but you know the script that that whole film that's just was the thing. Absolutely, that's I I agree 100. percent Like I'm not tossing the movie because of like Hugh Jackman's performance right. at no. all. Yeah. Hugh Jackman has never played a bad Wolverine in exactly. my opinion. I just think he needs a good director, you know, behind him to really get the character. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I I, I th- and, and like, you know, like what kind of a do we have a director for the Deadpool movie yet? No. Do we have a director for the Gambit movie yet? I don't think so. Ugh. So, mm. yeah, Mark Miller's like Fox's yes man right now. I mean, like I said, he's their consultant. He's just going to say, yeah. hey, everything's great. Everything's great. Everything's going to be fantastic. Josh, 
even Frank the, even the Fantastic Four movie. Yeah, forget what you've heard. It's going to be fantastic. Do you think he's going to be the one to blame if Fantastic Four bombs? Do you think that he's going to be the guy to blame if this movie is a pile of crap? Because like they're basing this pretty much from what it sounds like from the Ultimate Universe, which is kind of like his creation. Yeah, I feel like he will take a lot of the a lot of the fault. He he's been a lot of the, what's been behind like getting this movie out there like the whole process i feel like yeah so do you think that we're kind of seeing a trend where if something does falter that instead of just saying yeah okay that sucked or whatever they they try to spin it into well wait until you see with what we got coming up next and then try to fix it and address complaints yeah yeah i i can see that a little bit because they were starting to fucking dry hump apocalypse before they ever even came out with uh, Days of Futures Past. It wasn't even released yet, and they were talking about Apocalypse. Yeah, that's true. I mean, was it like right before the movie came out that Apocalypse got announced? Yeah, yeah, yeah you're right about that. Yeah, because we kind of knew what we were going to expect in the final bumper just from knowing the Apocalypse news already. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had a thought, and it left me. Somebody else talk. Yeah, I hear you. That's what keeps happening. Yeah, to me. it keeps happening to me too. At one point, I, I, was, I thought of all this stuff, and we, we came to me, and I'm just like, uh. I'm, I'm really hoping that films aren't – the direction isn't based upon that alone. It kind of sucks because then it's all reactionary and then what do you really end up with? I mean you got something instead of being maybe individualized and cool, it's just a product of a, a whole bunch of public opinion. Yeah. I think the Marvel movies have done a good job of that, of even though still being the best example of a big connected movie universe, each film still very much feels like an individual film. And they've they've really it's it's amazing that they are still pulling that off, right? And I think that's where almost everyone else is failing. Yeah, is that everything feels like part three, part four, part two? Yeah, I absolutely agree. Each of the individual films, like the Thor movie, feels like a Thor movie. Cap feels like Cap. Yeah, and it's special and different when they come together. Yeah, they've like uh, the Marvel movies have like created like subgenres. Within the movie, you know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? Exactly. Like, you've got, you know, like, you can't just call them comic book movies anymore. Right. You can't. No. I mean, they're, they're, they're comic book movies, I guess, first, but they're sub-genres. Like, like Captain America was like this history piece, and mm-hmm. then Iron Man was kind of like this action, uh, science fiction movie. Yeah. Asgard, you know, Thor, you had like fantasy mystical. and mystical and, uh. Guardians of the Galaxy, it's a cosmic space, science yeah. fiction Space rock. opera. Yeah. Yeah, they've created this subgenre that when they come together, it's just like you take all these wonderful things and it, it just explodes as to where like, I feel like in the DC universe, it's almost the same like with the comic books too. Like mm-hmm. the DC comic books all feel like they're from the same, they're, they're cut from the same cloth. It's all, even the, the, the artists, mm-hmm. the writing, everything feels the same. Like it's all part of this gritty universe. But that, I think that's what makes like Marvel so fucking awesome in the comic books is that each book feels so different. Like, Matt Fraction's Hawkeye feels so separated from, like, the Guardians of the Galaxy book by Brian Michael Bendis. Yeah. Yeah, and all over the place. And then from Daredevil, from, you know, Mark Wade's Daredevil. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, Dan Slott's Spider-Man. Right. Everything just has such a different feel to it. Yeah. But it all still works together. Yeah. So they, they really have it, like, when it comes to doing the big cohesive universe stuff. Do you think that um, uh, the reason we haven't seen a Fantastic Four trailer is because they were waiting to see the reception from the Ant-Man trailer? 
Um, and the reason I'm saying this is because like that Ant-Man trailer, um, from what I've heard, it was cut from a lot of the same things that people saw from like the early rough footage from San Diego Comic-Con of the artwork and mm. stuff like that. Mm. And like a lot of people think like this trailer was just kind of like thrown together. Do you think that they're wanting to come out with something like not thrown together? Like they're wanting to put together the best Fantastic Four trailer to, to show us something really awesome so that people will be more excited to see this Josh Trank, Matthew Vaughn produced, you know, Fantastic Four than they're more excited to even see like the Ant-Man stuff. Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully that is the case. I still stand by what I said in a previous episode that I think they really want to nail that CG on the thing. Yeah. And that they're just, Waiting till they have that perfect before they show it to us. Yeah. Cause it, they do not, we've been poo-pooing the shit out of this movie. Yeah. The last thing they want is to give us something else to poo-poo. They want to show us a thing and yeah. fucking shut us the fuck up. Well, it sounds like they're really doing their work with the thing. You know, we talked about that, like how they're doing like the motion capture with that character. Yeah. And how they're really doing their work on that. It seems like that's a lot of the focus. So I can't wait to see. Yeah, I can't wait to see a trailer for that either. I mean, it's. I, do you think the trailer is going to be pretty telling as to like the tone of the movie? No, I think the trailer. I think the trailer has the chance of knocking our socks off, and then the movie still being a giant turd. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, sure. But I, I think that we can. I get the feeling that if this trailer doesn't fucking knock our socks off, we're even for a worse time with the film. If yeah. they've had this much time and they put together shit to show us, yeah, that's really bad. And they've already greenlit Fantastic Four two <laughs> for 2017. The Money Pit. Nice. Well, okay, you know we talked about the Marvel movies and the subgenres and how everything comes together really well. Yeah. Um, like if this movie feels like, okay, the tone of this movie, and if it feels like it's more of the Ultimate Universe, do you think that that would kind of like basically everybody would think like okay this movie will not cross over into like the regular x-men films like it's so different like how could you meld these two movies together if they ever wanted to like you know what i mean i think they do though i think that's the ultimate goal is to meld the fantastic four and the x-men movies together that that is ultimately what they want somehow even though they've denied it and then they've said maybe and then they denied it and then you know they've been really waffling on that whole thing i don't understand why you would want to keep them separate like okay if you i well i agree i agree i think you'd want to get them in in a movie together somehow yeah even just a character here or there yes but like if what we've seen from like the X-Men Days of Future Past, where I feel like that was a comic book movie. Yes. I get where you're coming from, that and thematically a, these movies yes, aren't going to meld. Yes. But I still think the end goal will be to combine these franchises before mm-hmm. they go back to Marvel. Fox is going to give it a stab before they let Marvel have have their characters back. Right. But I agree that thematically the Trank stuff mixed with what's currently going on with the Singer X-Men universe yeah. is a weird mix. Yeah. So, like, I don't think those two would combine too well. From what we've heard. From what we've heard. But we haven't seen a fucking lick of uh, right. Fantastic Four. So right. Who, who Such knows? a big question. Who knows? I, you know, who knows? I can't wait to see a trailer. I'm excited for Fantastic Four trailer. I'm excited for the trailer. And then it might just die there. Yeah. yeah. I just keep going back to fucking Damashev. 
Yeah, but you know, the fucked up thing about that is they got a great actor, I think, in my opinion, to play Doom. Yeah. There's a bunch Toby of... Toby Cabell, you know? Yeah. You love Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. And, yeah. Like, that guy, he can act. He's a good actor. They've got Miles Teller in there, who just, uh, his movie got nominated for Best Picture, Whiplash. And Miles Teller, I liked him in The Spectacular Now. Didn't like him in uh, Divergent, but, <laughs> I mean, I think that was just a bad choice. Paycheck. Paycheck. Um, and then I love Michael B. Jordan. Oh, yeah. But uh, Kate Mara, is that who's playing yeah. Sue Storm? That's her name. I'm, I'm not too familiar with her. Yeah, me neither. And then uh, I can't remember the, the guy who's playing Grimm. Ben Grimm. Yeah, I can't, can't remember. This is, this is the thing. We should know who the fuck these people are. We should be excited. They haven't really given us anything to get excited about. I, di- I disagree with that argument. I mean... About the Fantastic Four? We, well, it's not the movie's fault that we haven't done our research on the actors well enough at this no, point. No, I'm not saying you guys, like, you don't know. You know what I mean? Like, we, we should have enough buzz and be so excited about it that, like, we definitely know. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, we, there, we should be talking have stuff to talk about to where like we start to get a feel i mean we know the fucking actors for star wars better than we know these people i don't mean us am i making sense at all they haven't given us shit to get excited about yeah i i I see what you're saying a a little bit what they're doing instead is like banning brian for a couple days from facebook (laughs) yeah that happens in in today's day and age it does seem like we're waiting an awful long time to see a trailer for this movie i do agree with that yeah there's just no buzz yeah i i mean if you yeah if you look at the actors that they have michael b jordan and miles teller just Mm -hmm. those two alone yeah you should be excited because I know a lot more about them than I know about Boyega and Daisy Ridley and, you know, Adam Driver. Oscar Isaac. Oscar oh, yeah. Isaac. I know a lot more about them. I saw Inside Lewin Davis and he was the best part of that movie. I've only seen Adam Driver in that movie. I've never seen an episode of Girls. Right. I don't know anything about them, but yeah, I'm more excited to see them in Star Wars than I am two actors that I really enjoy in Miles Teller and Michael B. Jordan in Fantastic Four. I guess what I'm thinking of is more is like uh, foot traffic per se. We mm-hmm. br- we bring up those names, Boyega, Ridley, a yeah. lot more than any of the Fantastic Four folks. Just yeah, but that's because it, 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 they're, they're in a Star Wars movie, Frank. Well, I mean, yeah, that's, that's apples and oranges there. Well, that and there's a lot more. And we've seen the trailer. We've seen the trailer yeah. for Star Wars. Right. Yeah. And there's more rumors Even and all that shit. Even before we saw the trailer, though, we knew all the actors' name by heart. Sure we did. Well, yeah, but I mean, I mean, there, too, you have apples and oranges in what we've been getting from the studio itself. But I personally have more exposure to the actors in Fantastic Four than I do any of the actors in... I've never seen Attack the Block, which I've heard is great, uh-huh. and I'm sure Boyega is wonderful in it. But did we hear a lick of dialogue from any characters in that? Yeah, that's true. I think you guys are talking about two different things. I don't know what we're talking about. Frank's talking about the exposure of knowing the people, and you're talking about the knowing how well they're going to act as far as how well the movie's going to be. Yeah. And my point that I was trying to make is that the reason that we forget who's playing Sue Storm or we forget who's playing Thing, but we remember all these Star Wars actors that we've never seen before is that's because they're Star Wars actors. They're like... 
I mean, at least to me. Oh God, that- I know. I mean, we're trying to remember code names for Daisy Ridley. We call <laughs> we called her Kira forever. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, we just don't have. There's not the the buzz. Yeah, no, and it, that's not the fault of any of Fox, of Josh Trank, or yeah. of of anybody, Michael B. Jordan, or, or anybody. It's none of their fault. It's Fantastic Four compared to Star Wars. We're just. I mean, that's just the way it is. We're gonna yeah. gobble it up. I mean, you know. Well, I mean, all okay, so. Being me, I don't. I mean, I, I mentioned before at the beginning of the show. I just show up. Uh, I don't have near the exposure that you guys do with all this stuff. I don't do the research. Yeah. Uh, just from what we talk about, I'm. I mean, it's not just the Star Wars stuff. I use that as an example, but you know, the names we toss around for other things like the the people who are cast in the Suicide Squad. I mean, yeah, those are bigger names, but. Um, me being, I would consider average or lower knowledge base than a lot of the listeners. Uh, I feel like people that I am not aware of, I'm more aware of by talking to you guys about it. Whereas I, I don't really have a whole lot of experience with the cast of Fantastic Four anyway. Okay. So my mind's like kind of like a white, but normally by now we would have been like, so and so said that they saw this person interacting with this person on this the show and then or on the set. And yeah, we don't have a lot of that. It's more tight lipped than even Star Wars, right? We don't yeah. have things to pictures to speculate on. They disappear as soon as concept they show up. art. Really, I still right. think a lot of that though is 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 due to how much more people care about but Star Wars. I mean, they, they got drones flying over yeah. the set. I don't discount that. I mean, Star Wars is a lot more important, but. We should normally be – I mean normally any other franchise, we have a lot more conversations about it because there's more to talk about. The biggest thing we've talked about with this is how there's nothing to fucking talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there is no franchise yet. We, have, we don't even have a movie one yet. Well, right. Right. So, I mean, I guess that's what I'm saying. There's there's nothing to go on, not anything. Yeah. Start memorizing those actors. <laughs> not, damn. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Who's been pop quiz? Who plays Ben Grimm, Frank? I fucking don't know. What the fuck? I can't remember the guy's name either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> pop quiz. Who plays Sue Storm? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know either. Kate, I, 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 Kate Mara. Uh, okay. There you go. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure it's Kate Mara. I cannot remember the actor that uh, that plays, but I can remember. I, I think I can remember the. Is it the, the yeah the actor that played Tintin? Oh really? Yeah, in the Tintin, the Peter Jackson Tintin movie. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I think that's the actor that's playing uh, Ben Grimm. That's weird. Yeah. Um. Let's see here. Yeah, Jake. I I want you to move on. Okay. I was going to talk about some Marvel news. That's actually not Marvel movie news. It's mm-hmm. uh, Marvel comic book news. Um, Marvel had a big press conference this week. Uh, about their uh, Marvel Secret Wars. I'm really interested to hear your thoughts on this. Yeah, which is going to be their big event starting in May. And um, what they're saying, and they said at this press conference, is that this event will be the end of uh, Marvel 616 as we know it. Yeah. Um, And if you don't know, Marvel 616 is what we call basically the Marvel Universe as it stands. Yes. For the most part, you know, where all the main stuff goes on. Um, there's also the Ultimate Universe, and it is also going to be destroyed as we know it. Yeah. And it's very – they're being very vague about what this means for everything. Did they, 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 uh, somebody had mentioned that they're basically going to take the universe, both the universes, like a pizza. Did you hear that analogy? Yes, yes. 
and put one pizza on top of the other pizza and meld them together. So it sounds like in Secret Wars, yes, the events of Secret Wars are going to lead into this battle world. And is that where the two universes are going to collide and they're going to try to – both universes are going to be destroyed? Yeah, I believe that something like that is going to happen because what happens in the original Secret Wars – is um the Beyonder, who's the like the main villain of the original Secret yes. Wars? He wants to see a bunch of heroes and villains fight each other, and he wants to have it on a level playing ground. He doesn't want anyone to have like the home territory advantage. Yeah. So he creates something he calls Battle World, and he takes all these different pieces from all these different planets and just like smushes them together and makes this planet. So I'm led to believe that by them calling this Battle World and saying they're destroying six one six and the Ultimate Universe. And then combine that with the fact of all these ads we've seen for all these different events leading up to Secret Wars that they're going to, like, combine all these different Marvel Universe realities to make, like, one big brand new battle world for this big war to take place on. Yes. So, And the whole thing is, like, the brainchild of Jonathan Hickman. It's, like, basically the giant conclusion to everything he's been working towards since um Avengers 1 and he took over on that book. Yeah, they said this started all the way back from like Marvel Now when yeah. that started back in October 2012. Yeah, they said hmm. this has been his end game from that they knew this is where they were going. Yeah. They um Brevert says he he doesn't like calling it a reboot. I got I think I have that quote right here. He's the Marvel universe as you know it is done. The Ultimate Universe is done. Um our history is not broken. If anything, we're trying to build upon it. We don't expect all our moves to make everyone happy, but we think it will make for a really fascinating read through Secret Wars and beyond. So are you – okay, what are you taking from that? Are you thinking that this is Marvel Now point two? I think it's more than Marvel Now. I think it's it's a whole other phase beyond Marvel Now. Mm -hmm. I really feel like we're we're picking and choosing – what continuity we want uh-huh. and we're starting over. And I think, I think the writers at Marvel are smart enough that they can have a little fun with that. I think one of DC's mistakes with their reboot was trying to be so concrete about it by saying, Oh, everything's rebooted. Right. And kind of like not really telling the truth that they were going to keep some of the continuity. And yeah. Just, they kept the continuity of Green Lantern yeah. and they kept the continuity of Batman for the most part. Yeah. And I think Marvel will be smart enough to play into the fact that it, some of the mystery will be what continuity is still around and whatnot. I think there could be a lot of fun in that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think, I think this is a really fun, fun thing. I'm really excited about it. Um, I like how it caps off. 616 and the ultimate universe i think that's really neat um in some ways it kind of caps off collections um i'm a little bit nostalgic for it too because um secret wars is the first comic that got me into 616 right so i find it really neat that six um secret wars now is going to be what ends 616 secret wars was like the first event that i read yeah yeah it's like almost like full circle like the the event that got me into 616 is going to be the same event that's going to end 616 right and so i think all kinds of neat stuff can i think this will be how we get miles morales into the Marvel Universe or whatever we're going to call it now, the MU. I think they're probably going to use this to movify, movify 
the Marvel universe as much as possible. I, the, I, yeah, I was thinking that too. Uh, having everything go more towards like the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which can be a good thing and it can also be a bad thing, in my opinion. Um, it was when uh, I forget who started the book. They, they they had a book for a while. It was an Avengers book mm-hmm. that was more towards like uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, like. They were battling Thanos through the first arc. Oh, oh, oh. And I think Avengers Assemble. Avengers Assemble. And then after that, Kelly Sue DeConnick took over the book. Mm-hmm. And then it started to meld more in with the 616. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so, honestly, that first arc of Avengers Assemble, I did not care for. Yeah. I, I agree with you. Um, the Mark Bagley arc. But that doesn't have me fantastic. worried about this. No. I think this is a great thing. I think... Um, you know, a lot of people have been ripping on Marvel and saying, you know, oh, they're just ape in DC or whatever. Yeah. But, you know, even if they are, you know, so what? I mean, it's we're on year three or year four of, what, the new 52? Yeah. And whether you think it's a failure or not, um, the sales have increased for DC. DC comic book sales have increased because of the new 52. They did at first, like, big time. and But big they time. still did, even even backed off. They're still selling more comics than they did before the Their new 52. goal, though, in my opinion, yeah. was to – and for years, they were destroying Marvel. Mm-hmm. But my goal – I think their overall goal was to take back the market and continually beat Marvel, which they have not been able to do except for like those gimmick months where they come out with the 3D lenticular covers. I agree. The only books that really kind of stand out above the crowd have been like the Batman book. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And they're number ones. I think Marvel is more primed to take advantage of doing what DC did, though, than DC is. What's as popular as the Marvel movies are and everything. Yeah. I think, um, Frank, this is the perfect time for you to get into comics. Honestly, I think you should read Secret Wars, and then as soon as it's over, whatever happens after, you should be reading. I mean, that's pretty much the beginning at this point. I mean, this yeah. is... This is the perfect jumping on point. Yeah. That's, I, I was kind of wondering that myself. And uh, the only thing that I was thinking with that is using the uh, uh, Marvel Unlimited. Yeah. I'm six months down the road from it, so I'll have to wait. But, I mean, I would definitely definitely jump in on that. It's kind of kind of begs the question, where then would we try to look for the stories to come from for the MCU? Would we just assume that they'll still be six one six, and then eventually transfer over into whatever the new universe becomes? I think or? I think you're I think you're right there. I mean I mean uh, when we're looking at uh, Batman v Superman, a lot of the inspiration uh, that I thought that movie was coming from was from the Frank Miller stuff. Gotcha. You know, yeah, and not not necessarily the new fifty two. Now, if they incorporate, if they start talking about like, oh, we're going to incorporate like the Court of Owls. Into one of these movies, then I think we're jumping into New Fifty Two territory, right? Um, Staple Face Joker. Yeah. If we start seeing that stuff in the movies, I think then we're jumping into New Fifty Two territory. We're seeing Court of Owls in the new animated movie. That's true. Yeah, that's true. But when, when it makes that cinematic mm-hmm. jump, I agree. I agree. Um, you know, and I mean, like right now, for them to incorporate some of the stories like that stories we haven't read yet that I'm sure that are being like thought of right now for this new universe. I mean that Captain America, the winter soldier movie was really solely based on the Ed Brubaker stuff, 
you know, that came from the original stories. Yeah, a so, lot of it definitely was. Yeah, um, I think it, I think just like anything, this might be like after maybe they're done with like this current version of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. <coughs> when people have seen this, then they might start incorporating the new stories, possibly depending right. on how audiences like. Uh, you know, react to them. Now, do you guys think that this is going to change origin stories for characters? Are we going to see different origin stories for, you know, Daredevil, different origin stories for, like, even bigger characters like Spider-Man? I think we very well could. I think not only could it change origin stories, but it could completely change identities of characters. I think that Ooh. this is the perfect chance for um, Marvel to add a little bit more... Um, ethnic characters into their universe well we've seen dc do that yeah with uh you know uh what is it baz uh from uh green lantern okay and and we've seen uh um reverse flash i i think he is of mixed race so they they have done that in 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 dc so you're thinking that marvel could definitely do that here. Yeah, I think they could really shake it up. I think um, a lot of people are comparing Secret Wars to like a crisis-like <laughs> event, and I think it's a good comparison because I think uh, I think the headlines are far from over with this comic. I think very big things are going to happen in it. Mm-hmm. I think you could see the death of Peter Parker happen within Secret Wars. Wow! I think you could I, see Miles Morales move forward as the permanent. I thought I saw a picture though of a the one of the first Spider-Man books that's coming out from this. Yeah, and it showed Peter Parker married to Mary Jane with a child on his shoulders. Have you seen that artwork? Oh, I have not yet. No. Do you remember the kid that they had together that they never yeah, mentioned that Nor- again? Norman took away. Yes, yeah. and it's never been mentioned again. Yeah. Um. Do you think that that you finally, know, come. finally comes into play here? Yeah, who knows? Maybe. Yeah. yeah all bets are off. I, I mean, they're going to have to wrap everything up. I mean, no storylines will be continued from 616 from what I've read. Wow. So. So, okay, you're saying that they're going to be changing, like, ethnicities probably. Yeah. So you can count. You can probably count that, like, white Nick Fury's gone. Yeah, oh yeah. I would think yeah. that's a shoe in. Yeah. And we're gonna have more of like your, you know, Samuel Jackson type Nick Fury yeah. in these movies. I think they'll shake up the Avengers and, mm-hmm. and you know I, I think a lot of really neat stuff can come from this. I'm so really excited. Female Thor's gone. Y- yeah. Very possible. Wow, that yeah, really that didn't last very long. No, it didn't. Yeah, but I think um they can pick and choose what's gonna what's gonna stay. Female Thor very well could still stay. It could still be a female, yeah. It'll just be a whole new world with the the best of what they like and the worst of what they like gone. Yeah, this could be good. Um, Way to fix stuff if there's problems. The picture that I sh- that I saw though of Spider Man, it looked like an older Spider Man. Of course, he's married, got mm-hmm. the child. Are you? excited about that or were you wanting to see like them go back to teenager spider-man and like stanley's vision of like why did i have him like jump through high school so quickly yeah i mean seeing that cover is just a cover to me i i don't make the connection that we're gonna have an ongoing about that peter parker character i just feel like that you know what i'm saying okay that could just be the cover of like one of the stories so far. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, it's unknown. We don't know any of the like what's going to happen post Secret Wars yet. We've only seen covers of the miniseries happening during it and it itself. Okay. So I, I think those kind of things are just like that. That's part of what I was talking about of 
wrapping all the storylines up in a bow before moving on to the next now, yeah. which we don't even know what it is yet. Right. And we, I don't think we've, you know what I'm saying? We haven't, that'll be all be post Secret Wars 8. I think it's an eight issue thing. Mm-hmm. So that'll be interesting. I think the, what you're seeing with that older Peter Parker and the kid and uh-huh. Mary Jane Married is wrapping up 616 storylines. Okay, because I, uh, you, know, my, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, like a, uh, like a tie-in issue. Yeah. Okay. Like wrapping, you gotta wrap everything up. Any loose threads that you wanna wrap up, it's now or fucking never. Because if they're calling it a clean slate, yeah. yeah. I, what I was worried about is like they were just going to like jump into like this is Peter Parker now after the fact of the aftermath. Yeah, I don't think that'll be the way it is. Okay. I, I think it's gonna be really fresh starts. More so than Marvel Now was. Hmm. Even though Marvel Now, Marvel Now was basically just Marvel musical chairs. Yeah. Where they took all the writers and all the artists and just like spun them around. Sure. Like Bendis was taken off of the Avengers books and yeah. put on X-Men and then, and then Hickman was now doing the Avengers books. Yeah. It was just all over the board. And to me, that's really all Marvel Now was where this is actually like when all these new number ones hit post Secret Wars, they're really going to be fresh start number ones. Yeah. And when are these coming out now? Uh, when does Secret Wars come out? I yeah. believe May. May. Secret Wars right. number one. I may actually have to drop the coin on going ahead and buying these because yeah. I don't want I don't want to be that far behind on what's going. If on. If I get the paper books, I'll I'll let you borrow them. When I, I'll bring them over and, and leave them. Oh, cool, 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 cool. And then just trade you new issues when I get new ones. Nice, sweet, thank you. I'm wondering yeah. what they're gonna do, man. I mean, uh, are we gonna have characters like I, that? That's what I'm worried about. The biggest thing is like the origin stories of the characters. Because it, like I saw it kind of hurt Superman in a way. They made him less. They made him more Kryptonian than he was. Kind of like a citizen of Earth, really. Yeah, this time. But I think on the on the opposite end, when they retooled Superman after Crisis, that 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 helped the character, right? So I, I think it just all depends. Yeah. They've got great writers at Marvel. I agree. <laughs> and if anything, this is going to be new reader friendly. Like, this is going to be the perfect jumping on point for you, Frank. Yeah. And I, one thing I do want to make sure I mention at this point, uh, from back in the days when I, all I did was listen. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember. You may have been all three of you, but I know it was at least Jay that said something about how when this whole Death of Wolverine thing came about. How yeah. much, how big bunch of bullshit that it was, that it was just a cash grab because, you know, he's gonna come back. And lo and fucking behold, here we go, fucking wipe the slate clean, and guess who's probably gonna come back? Oh, you guarantee <laughs> Wolverine will be back after yeah. yeah. So it didn't fucking mean a damn thing, just like Jay said. It didn't mean a thing. 616 Wolverine died and stayed dead. Yeah. Well, okay. Ultimate Wolverine died and stayed dead. Well, okay, um, Another thing that I'm concerned about, like we talked about how this is going to be like new reader friendly. Yeah. Do you think that like there were a lot of outspoken DC fans that said like basically like 75 years of history means nothing now and I'm done with DC. Do you think this is going to affect some of the Marvel readers out there that they're going to be able, they're going to be like, well, I'm jumping ship now. I'm done with Marvel comics. You're, you're going to get that for sure. Yeah. There's no way you're going to avoid it. But in my opinion, that's a dumb attitude. Um, it's, it's the same stable of artists and writers and mm-hmm. you should trust these people by now. And it, they haven't thrown away anything. A good story is a good story. Yeah. We look at what Don, Dan Slott did with the, uh, superior Spider-Man with Doc Ock taking the place of Peter Parker as Spider-Man. And a lot of people were like, I'm done with Spider-Man. Spider-Man died. I'm done. Oh, yeah. They got off the book. And for those that kept reading, kept reading, 
Superior Spider-Man. It was a wonderful book. Yeah, it's one, it's a great book. I, I guess I can't wrap my head around the idea that if you're willing to accept the idea that somebody got bitten by a radioactive spider and got powers, then why would you not be able to accept the fact that the dude took him over, took over his body? I, I get the idea that like you, you know, you're a purist or whatever, but. There's only so many stories you can tell sometimes, and yeah. you get this shake-up, and it just opens all the doors again. Frank makes a good point. I mean, look at a television show. At the most, you'll get, like, the average is, like, seven seasons. Yeah. You know, some shows go a little bit longer, I guess. Sure. I mean, fuck, it's been 75 years of fucking Spider-Man. Okay, can't we, I mean, can't we start over? A television show wouldn't go 75 seasons and people get pissed off when they decide to reboot the show and, right. and do a new show, you know? Well, look at, look at, look at shows like Smallville where it went from like the freak of the week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Every week. And they learned like, we can't keep doing this. We can't keep doing this. We've got to change it up. And, the show went on for 10 seasons because they changed it up. But on the flip side, you've got other shows that, like, I think, like, uh, and I'm going to throw it, like, like sitcoms. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember watching a sitcom with uh, Christina Applegate years ago called Jesse. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I enjoyed the first season. And then in the second season, they left out a few characters. Uh, another show called The Loop, like, they had some characters in the second season that they left out. And then I think the show really suffered because they tried to change it up. But I think like shows like that were like shows like maybe that were on their like last legs. And I think Marvel though is still going strong. So maybe they can turn this into something good. I just, I'm worried about drastic origin changes, not for the better. You know what I mean? Yeah. It'll be crazy. It'll stir excitement. It'll grab headlines. Um, the timing of it will be Secret Wars is happening right when fucking Avengers 2 comes out. Yeah. So it's going to be big stuff. It'll be interesting to see how this all goes. I'm excited. I am gonna. I need to get caught up on my Marvel Unlimited and be ready when Secret Wars 1 hits. Agreed. How do you feel about them throwing out like 50 years of like Marvel history if that's what they do? I just I, – I don't ever have the attitude that anything's ever thrown out. I just think that's the weirdest attitude. Like, I still have hardcover Spider-Man graphic novels. Mm -hmm. And just because this one comic destroys Marvel 616 doesn't mean Craven's Last Hunt. Isn't, oh yeah, I can still read that. Mm -hmm. And it's my favorite Spider-Man story ever. Those stories are still good stories. I just think that's a stupid attitude. I mean, I'm sorry. I hope I'm not insulting anyone saying that. But that, that attitude drives me nuts where it's like, oh, they've... They've ruined my my entire fifty years of reading comics is ruined and destroyed. Yeah, it's like, in my opinion, you must have never really enjoyed it if this one comic destroyed the fifty year experience that you had. I mean, that experience shouldn't hinge on one storytelling device. Yeah. you know what I'm saying? No, that's great advice. I mean, um, you know, anybody that's listening that think that thinks that maybe they are throwing away fifty years and they're not willing to give this, you know. I don't know, uh, soft reboot or hard reboot, however they're, they're gonna approach it. If they're not gonna give it a chance, then you're being narrow-minded at that point, especially when you have the same creators and artists involved in this project. I yeah. think we're jumping right into that. Whole... Just like the Dark Horse stuff, the, the Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. The instant nerd hate. I think we're jumping right into that. People are so ready to reject what's not familiar. Um, and you know what? It's the same fanboy that's gonna bitch about them. Wiping the slate, 
that is going to bitch about the next episode where they try to mix it up and make it fresh. And they say, well, no, you can't do that because in this episode way back then you said this. Next issue, same fucking thing. Sometimes you got to have that slate be cleared so you don't have to fucking adhere to the universe you'd already built. Yeah, it's good shit. Well, when it comes out, we'll read it. We'll cover it. Yeah. I'll uh, I'll give Frank a comic book reading regiment so he'll be on the same page as us. It'll be fun. Copy that. Uh, Brian, are you going to teach me how to read? Yes. <laughs> I will teach you how to read. Oh, God. C-spot run. C-spot drink UV. That, the fuck. Yeah, that, that, those, those are the only two letters I know. UV. UV. <laughs> um, we're going to take uh, – I'm, I'm just going to stop – the episode right here take a really quick break we're going to come back and finish like marvel news and stuff like that but before i do that i just want to thank you guys for everything that you do like frank you say you just show up you don't just show up you give it everything you got every episode and i want to thank you thanks seriously and i and i'm like being sheepish i'm not like going thanks thank you and jake seriously i couldn't do the show without you it's not a problem it's a good time. If I wasn't having a good time, I wouldn't be here. It's like fun. Seriously, it's awesome. I love doing the show because I get to hang out with two of the best guys and talk about stuff that I love. And you guys put up with me. I'm a hard guy to put up with. Yeah, and I mean, the reason the show goes five, six hours is because we don't know how to shut the fuck up. <laughs> well, you know, like, think about it. Like, like when you get together with your friends and you go out for a night, you know, you usually hang out for, like, five to six hours and just chat and shoot the shit. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. And that's what we're doing here. It's like, I don't want to cut, like, good times with my friends short. Right. Exactly. So. And then we got all sorts of good shit to talk about. You know, and, like, we argue and stuff like that, and we don't agree on everything, but... At the end of the day, I mean, I just love talking to you guys. Oh it's yeah, good stuff. I, yeah, it, I don't. It's been a long time since anything's gotten personal when it comes to the podcast. Yeah, like see that at the beginning when when we first started recording, like me and Jake didn't know each other too well. Like we we really didn't. Um, we met through uh, a Facebook message through Nick. Yeah, basically. And I went to Jake and I was like, you like a lot of the same stuff I do. You listen to podcasts. You want to do one? And he's like, yeah, let's do one. So I think like, you know, like when we first like started doing the show, there was like a clash of personalities Yeah, with me and you. And I think we've kind of like gotten to a point where like we get one another now. Oh, yeah, totally, totally. You you kind of came off, I think, as abrasive, I think, at first. And I just wasn't used to your personality type. Yeah. And I don't think you were – and then we didn't know each other, and I'm like, yeah, I think I think what you like sucks. And you're yeah. like, oh, hey, fuck this guy, <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, I have like really strong opinions, <laughs> even if I even if even if like halfway through I realize I'm fucking wrong as shit. Yeah, I will fucking battle tooth and nail for my point. And uh, no, I, I I don't know. I, I it's just been great getting to know you guys every week. No, like, it's, it's been a lot of fun. And like me and Frank, we went to high school, but we didn't hang out. Yeah. Yeah, I just I just knew the name. Yeah, I just I just knew Frank Hammer. Yeah, and like here we are <laughs> doing a fucking podcast together. I was uh, talking to Aruda a couple weeks ago. Yeah, and I told him like if I had known then what I had known now. Yeah, I'd have been like running to you and Jay and been like, guys, let's talk about this shit. Oh, okay. I know, dude. I wish I could go like back in time. Like if I could like do oh. my best Marty McFly and yeah, go back no in shit. time and just hang out with you back then, dude. Yeah, don't we all? Yeah, I was so quiet. I didn't really talk to anybody that much. Yeah, yeah. I was the same way in high school. Like, I kept everything, like, all in my head. Mm -hmm. Like, I was, like, scared to be vocal about anything. Oh, yeah. You know? But I was very opinionated even back then. It was just, like, I had to be around, like, a comfortable group. 
Gotcha. Where I felt like I could really talk to. If only you had the opinion app to make your own podcast. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, I I didn't really have very many friends because uh, there was some people that I knew from – uh, like kindergarten and first grade, and yeah. then I mentioned before we moved to Florida for yeah. seven years. Yeah, it's weird coming back, and yeah. then like, see, my uh, my freshman year of high school, I went to a boarding academy, uh-huh. and so like, even though like I had gone to school with everybody like all those years, mm-hmm. like when I came back, I missed that like first year, that freshman year where everybody uh, bonded, yeah, click shit, yeah, and like, oh my god, like by the time I came back, like you know, like, and I didn't want to tell everybody like where I had been. You know what I mean? Like right, everybody's yeah. like, "Where were you freshman year?" And it was like, "Oh, I was in a fucking boarding academy because, you know, my parents like felt like I needed this in my time, that time in my life." I had a little bit of the same experience actually. I um I moved from seventh to eighth grade. Yeah. So for my eighth grade year, I went to a different grade school than uh-huh. from my K through seventh. Yeah. But then when I went to high school, the high school was in the same district as both grade schools. Uh. So it was like all my friends from the other place had already like moved on and like formed all their own stuff. Yeah. And I was like coming with all these like like other people. So yeah. it was like really hard to like get back in the mix with all yeah. the people I used to know, you know? Yeah. It's very hard. Yeah. Um, you know, especially those, those formative years, um, where you're pretty much like in high school, like you're pretty much like forced to hang out with these people. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, you know, and like I came back and like two of my best friends, like from like grade <laughs> school and stuff like that would have, they had nothing to do with me. Yeah. And it yeah. like, it like shattered me. It was like, what the hell? You know, like, oh, yeah, I, I totally get it. There was a, a gal that, uh, my, my dad and her dad were like best friends yeah. and shit. I played with her when we were little kids and that. Yeah. And come up here and like, I'm like begging for somebody, please like friend me. And like, she totally shunned my ass. <laughs> I'm like, holy shit. Uh, first day on the fucking bus, I got this dude. Telling people about how in kindergarten they spun me around on one of those fucking merry-go-round things as fast as they could, and I threw up. Right. And then, like, you know, it's, like, cruel if you think about it, but, like, they're fucking telling this story, and, like, everybody's having a good old laugh, and that's, like, that, like, defined me. See, yeah, that's the thing about, like, uh, high school. Like, uh, I, I, I am a, I think I'm, like, the perfect example, and you guys might be as well, of, like, Life really didn't start for me, like, until I got out of high school. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I was able to, like, meet people that, like, like, had the same interests as me. Yeah. That I could talk to that were interesting. You know what I mean? Like, in high school, like, um, I was forced to hang out with the same people all the time. Mm -hmm. Like, and you had to form friendships with these people. Like, you really couldn't go outside of your circle. Like, after I got out of high school, that's when I started hanging out with, like, Nick Mm -hmm. and, and some, like, different people and, like, I started hanging out with people of like different ethnicities because I went to a school that was just prominently white. Oh yeah, and uh, you know I got to hang out with people of different ethnicities, whether I met them at work or or through friends, uh, and and uh, it was really eye opening. I started to figure out like who I was after high school. Yeah, it was cool. I got to like you know all the things that I like never got to have conversations with like with people in high school because you were scared to talk about geek stuff to some of these people. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. Except I, for Jay, I mean, I hung out with Jay. Like me, I've known Jay since I was seven years old, and we could talk about this stuff, right? Yeah, me and Mosser were in high school together, mm-hmm. and Rich was the whole time. So he, I always hung out with him a shit ton and talked mm-hmm. all this kind of shit. Yeah, I had a few good, really good nerdy friends in high school. Yeah, so it wasn't too bad. I was mixed in with the band 
crowd, but even then I never really felt like I belonged. Yeah. I didn't have like friends that I really went and hung out with that much after school. Well, right now, right now in an else world, like, uh, you know, we're like in the, uh, Earth 616 or whatever. <laughs> I think that in the ultimate universe, me and you are hanging out in high school, Frank. Cool. So. Cool. But even in that ultimate universe, Frank's still not a leftover. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's more of a joke at this point. Oh, yeah. it's, it doesn't bother me. It's fine. He, he laughed his ass off. That was not a fake laugh right yeah, there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back with Marvel News. I'm fresh. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta be fresh. All right, hey, we are back after getting deep with the leftovers there. <laughs> dig, dig deep. Dig. No, I, I just felt like it was important to let you guys know how much you mean to me coming here and doing this every week. You know how deep we got? How deep did we get? Balls deep. Balls deep. <laughs> Balls. You know, earlier we were talking, we had the we had the really good uh, Spider-Man question. And, uh, we talked about, you know, uh, we talked about, Mar- you know, Spider-Man joining the Marvel Cinematic Universe or like, are they going to go ahead? Is like Sony going to go ahead with like the Drew Goddard, you know, Sinister Six stuff. And then later on, we're going to get like, you know, um, maybe the, the female centric, you know. Oh yeah. The Aunt May movie. The Aunt May movie or like a lot, of, a lot of people were thinking like, what's her name? Felicity Jones. The Black Cat doing the movie. Black Cat movie. Yeah. Felicity Hardy. Felicity Hardy, thank you. Yeah. Um, you know, we still think that you know Spider Man's going to join the the MCU, don't we? I do. Okay, Definitely. I hope so. But could we be wrong? Yes. A Twitter user posted this recently. It seems the Sinister Six movie is going to shoot in Vancouver. I might see Spider Man running around my hood. I'll eat sand to be an extra. <laughs> and it's from a Twitter user at that blue hound. And he posted this on January 20th. And then he posted another tweet. Um, and he, it's directed at Mugsy face dude who worked on planet of the apes and use our stock for it. Came back requested sinister six stuff for research said it was happening and that tweet was again from at that blue hood on January 20th. So it sounds like from this guy, it sounds like they are doing some pre-production and looking at getting some, you know, things for the set and things for the picture that they are going to start rolling on that Drew Goddard Sinister Six film. Like Sony is going into this you know, balls deep wow. <laughs> <laughs> trying to work it in. Yeah. That's crazy. So, yeah. Okay. So I, if that happens, would it be Garfield again? No, I think Garfield's out done. No more Garfield ever. Is there a chance that like, even if they move ahead with the sinister six stuff that like they still know that they, that they still, um, Get Marvel involved, Marvel Studios, to kind of help them with this and go in a different direction? Your question, your question is, can both happen? Yes. Can both happen I mean, because, like, Sinister Six was something that, that was preconceived to be just part of the standalone Sony universe with, with Spider-Man. 
could they like say like, well, I think we've got something really good here. Mm-hmm. Could this be like the start of a brand new reboot with this script? But maybe we can work with Marvel Cinematic, or uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think both can help each other. I Sony does not want to let go of Spider Man. That's the that's the sad truth that we all have to accept <clears throat> a little bit here. As much as we want Spider Man back in the MCU. And as crappy as we think the last couple Spider-Man movies have been, right. it's still generating money for Sony. Yeah. Spider-Man is the number one generating license in the world. Hands down. That's just the way it is, statistically. Yeah, but they don't own the merchandise. They don't, Were you throwing merchandise in there? Yeah, but okay. it, I know they're not getting all that revenue. Right. But it still means that no matter what they put on the plate, People are going to eat it. They can still look at what that merchandise is selling and think yeah. to themselves, like, you know, if merchandise is selling like this, we've got to put out a great Spider-Man movie. Exactly. Even if they don't, though, they're they're still going to make money. Like, it's like a win-win with this character. Like, yeah. they're almost incapable of fucking it up as far as a financial yeah. level goes. Yeah. I mean, they can even they can serve us crap and still make money. Mm-hmm. Which That's is already, unfortunate. Yeah, which has already been proven, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, like the 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 last film made six hundred, seven hundred uh, million dollars, which you know they're wanting a billion dollar movie. Yes, right? and it'll still make money. The thing with the Spider Man movie is it'll always make money. Yeah, so ten years from now, it's still bringing in revenue. Mm-hmm. But when does it get to the point where Spider Man pretty much not the character? Not the character, but Sony Studios becomes a joke to fans about, oh, here they go with another fucking reboot. Yeah. If it becomes a point where there's box office proof that the character is no longer valuable to Sony, then they'll sell the Marvel Universe. That'll happen. But I don't, I'm starting to really think deep down that that's the truth of it all, that we will not see Spider-Man in the MCU until Sony fucks the character up. Yeah. You don't think that they'll have some kind of a deal where it was discussed via email, the however many percentage that they'd have oh, control yeah, yeah, over? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's where they'd help? It's just so messy after the fact. And, I, and Brian brought this up in an earlier podcast, and I was the one kind of saying, no, no, no. Uh-huh. But now I really feel it. It's just too messy after the fact. Yeah. Okay, Spider-Man makes his appearance in Infinity War or whatever. But it's like, where do you go from there? If, if we're saying that that's not Sony selling the character of the Marvel Universe – then you've got a mess on your hands. Right. You know, what the fuck? So is Spider-Man in the Marvel Universe, but in Spider-Man's Sony movies, Captain America can't show up because he's not a part of Sony? Right. Like, it has to go both ways. Like, either you're selling Spider-Man to the MCU, or you have to open the gateway for everything. You know, the uh, the Marvel Universe characters have to be able to exist in the Spider-Man movies, too. It can't just be Spider-Man exist in... The Avengers movie. Do you think Sony had a moment of weakness where they were having these meetings with Kevin Feige and the more they let it sink in, kind of like in uh, Wolf of Wall Street yeah, where Leonardo DiCaprio's character was like going to give up the company. Yeah. Yeah. And then finally, you know, he's in the middle of that speech. He's looking around the room mm-hmm. and he's like, no, I'm staying. 
Yep. I'm staying. Do you think like do you think like this is that same moment that it, for Sony possibly? It, it could be, but if it is, if you remember at that point in Wolf of Wall Street, <laughs> his shit got turned upside down and he got busted yeah. and he got fucked over. Right, which leads <laughs> us to like Jake's later scenario where like they get to the point where like Spider Man is like More not close. their bread and butter anymore yeah. and they're hurting the character more. And instead of like doing like a deal where they're working out, um, do you, uh, you yeah. say at that point it's not even a matter of like we're going to work out a deal with Marvel to like do a split, like you know you get twenty five percent of this or twenty five percent of that. Right. We're just going to sell you the character. Yeah, it's win win for Sony if you think about it like that. Like it's if the movie doesn't do good, they still make money. They're they're going to be able to sell Spider Man for a pretty penny back to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. going to be a pretty big fucking deal. Yeah, it's not going to be like. It's going to be a million dollar deal. Billion. Yeah. yeah. Billions. Because, if, yeah. If I were them at this point, instead of looking at what Marvel is doing and being envious of that and wanting to try to create their own and keep it going and milk it until it's dry, they're looking at the juggernaut already. They're not going to surmount and become more popular than the MCU. So if I was them, I would relent, go ahead and sell, or even do some kind of a deal to where they get X amount of percentage of the, the film revenue or something. But, like, get rid of it. Get the creative aspect out of their hands. Yeah. Give it over. It's going to be impossible for them to hide, too. They're not going to be... The minute... Spider-Man is in the Avengers movie. We're going to fucking know. Like, if we know Howard the Ducks and Guardians of the Galaxy before <laughs> yeah. we see it, right. we're going to fucking know Spider-Man. Sure. Like, I mean, so. hell, people were trying to say that he was uh, in shoots for that Age of Ultron. Remember those fake pictures? Like, they took pictures from, like, the filming of Amazing Spider-Man 2. Oh, yeah. And yeah. they showed him next to Whedon yeah. wearing, like, the, the the hood trying to cover up the costume. I right. remember that, Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you think that like Sony, as far as uh, the character is concerned, they can only go so far before they have to reboot? Um, because like, what do you get in all these movies? We this we get the same thing in every movie, in my opinion. You get once they reboot the character, you get the death of Uncle Ben, yes. an introduction mm-hmm. to Gwen Stacy, or an introduction to Mary Jane, right? And then it goes into um, Green Goblin. Green Goblin. Mm-hmm. Once, and then they've exhausted all these characters. Um, the natural progression is to like m- have him mix in with more characters. But like as we've talked about, like Spider Man's rogues aren't as interesting on their own as Batman's rogues, right? In my opinion, yeah, they're pretty damn close though. Uh, they're pretty damn good. Yes, but I mean. They, but the, the the Joker and the Green Goblin, you can compare them. I don't know where I'm going with this. They're pretty damn good. You don't. I think if if you ask me to, but the, 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 the okay, here's the difference. Here's the difference. The villains are fantastic. That's that's a great point. Their villains are fantastic. They're on par. Yeah, they're number two. But if the I, Bat Family is way more interesting than anybody's got that can work with Spider-Man, like as other heroes. That's that's, a that's the truth. problem, right? That's, that's a truth. That's the problem, right? I yeah, mean, yeah. You, I love Black Cat. You know what I mean? Yeah. Then you got like Prowler and Cardiac right, and a bunch right. of lamos. Yes. Puma. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Is that where the character fails for Sony? Is that as far as they can take it? Or do you think, like, 
they're just looking at the wrong stories. Like they haven't done a Craven's Last Hunt. Yeah, you're, that's a, they really have no other heroes besides maybe Black Cat mm-hmm. that they can do in that expanded universe. Um, yeah, I don't know. I it's interesting. Maybe they definitely need to do something different. We if we see Uncle Ben for the third fucking time, I'm just gonna I'm gonna shoot myself. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna teach someone else with great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> right, and blow my fucking brains out. You know, I'm yeah. gonna teach that to whoever directs that for the third time. Right. Just how many times can they hack up the same stories? Maybe they'll do something radical. Maybe. Well, I mean, how many times have we seen like the Waynes die? Right. Maybe you know they'll do I mean? something radical. Maybe we'll see Miles Morales in in the next Spider Man movie, or, or who knows? You know? Do you think? Do you, I mean, they've already said like that they had no plans for that. But you know, when you're talking about an Aunt May movie, right? Oh. Miles Morales seems like a great idea, right? Yeah, maybe maybe secretly that's a way that they could um, have Spider Man in both the MCU and in the Marvel and Sony. By having both Peter Parker and Miles Morales, maybe that's a good point. One of them will be in the MCU, and one of them will be with Sony. So who knows? Yeah, I'd That'll like work. to see Peter Parker in the MCU. Agreed. And then Sony do a Miles Morales movie. Yeah, I mean that'd be an easy way for both to exist, and and then you eliminate the problem I was talking about, where when you have Spider-Man movies in the Sony universe, why isn't the rest of the Marvel universe there too? Yeah. That, that's fucking awesome. Yeah. See, it's solved right there. Where's the fucking lawyers? Yeah, where's my money? <laughs> oh, man. Where's my money? Where's my check? Yeah, I, just, I found that tweet interesting. Uh, it just felt like uh, if this is true, that Sony's just going to go ahead and, and do that Sinister Six movie and keep going with you know what they've got. Well, we're gonna, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I want to be like the Mark Miller of Spider-Man. Like I, their consultant? Yeah, like I want that job. I'm going to start working on that. Yeah. They need me. They need something. They do. They definitely need something. Um, coffee enema. The, yeah, they need a coffee <laughs> enema. I just want them to run everything by me. I'll tell them what's, what's okay, what's fucked up, what's good, what's not. Right. I got their backs. I have their best interest in mind. So um, moving on here, uh, I think it was a couple shows ago, or maybe even the last show, I'm not sure, but we talked about Taron Edger- uh, Egerton from the uh, Kingsman movie mm-hmm. and how Fox was looking at him to possibly be Cyclops in X-Men Apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, recently in an interview with MTV, this is what he had to say. Um, now everyone has heard the rumors about you and the X-Men movies now I know you can't say anything I can say something okay, what can you say <laughs> I can say I'm not doing X-Men 100% not <laughs> I, uh, no I'm not doing X-Men uh, yeah I love the X-Men films um, and I love that franchise and I love the people who make them uh, on and off screen um, so yeah I'd love to one day sometime but um, at this instance that rumors are uh, unfounded but what superhero would you love to play if you could play anyone? If I could play any superhero, well, my fa- my favourite is 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 Spider Man, and I think yeah. uh, Andy Garfield is is wonderful at, at doing it, um, to the point where I don't think I should play it. But uh, I do absolutely love Spider Man. Yeah, he was being nice. There's an opening. Oh, yeah, hey, hey guy, there's nice. an opening. Yeah, but he was being nice to Andrew Garfield. Didn't want to yeah. like try to steal this guy's. You know, yeah, I know how that is. But I think he was kind of like wink, wink. Yeah, Spider Man's my favorite character. Right, Andrew Garfield was great, but we all know he's done. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah, I think he probably knows. He probably knows the rumors, too. Yeah. yeah. And so that's why he was saying that, you know, <laughs> just throwing it out there. What do you guys think about – I mean, we haven't seen the Kingsman yet. And no. I haven't seen this guy in anything else. No. I plan on seeing the Kingsman. Me, too. Uh, hopefully, we'll do a pop culture leftovers movie review for Kingsman. Uh, definitely want to see it just so I can see the Fantastic Four trailer for crying out loud. Right. Yeah. And what's but the release on that? February 13th, I believe. Okay. Happy Valentine's Day. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, I mean, just from the previews of Kingsman, I, I like the actor so far from what I've seen. Yeah, he's decent. Yeah. I, I taste the idea. It may be a good idea to have somebody who's lesser known in that role. After the Kingsman, he might not be lesser known. Yeah. It might be, it, you know what I mean? True. Yeah. Yeah, that movie could blow up. It could be a big hit. Yeah, it could be a big hit. It'd yeah, be nice if they could sign him on for Spider-Man now before the movie hits because yeah. then you've got like, you know, like – Get him at that rookie price. Exactly. That's ex- exactly my point. Uh-huh. I mean like look at, uh, you know, um, look at uh, Chris Pratt. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. You know, he signed on to Jurassic World before he the Guardians of the Galaxy movie came up. Do you think that they'd be able to get him now? No. After oh, the fact, hell no. yeah, not uh-huh. for the money that they got him for. Because probably. the name yeah. puts butts in seats. Same thing with Michael Keaton. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like uh, he he was doing RoboCop and all these movies, and like Birdman comes out, and I think like doors are going to open for him, even if he doesn't win. Yeah, well, he, just, just because he was mentioned. nominated, yeah. I think doors are going to open for him. So I think like you know like Skull Island got him for a steal. Mm-hmm. You no, know, I agree. So this Egerton guy, I mean, if Sony's wanting to recast, I think now's the perfect time to like maybe look at him if that's the route they're wanting to go. Yeah. I got a quick question. And you know, this you have to forgive me for the segue, but it's something I've been meaning to ask anyhow. Okay, so Leonardo DiCaprio. Yes. Excellent actor. Yes. How the fuck does he keep getting snubbed? How come the man doesn't have an award? That's that's a great question, especially for Wolf of Wall Street. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that was an incredibly good movie. But you know, every year there are snubs, mm-hmm. and then there are then there are Oscar darlings. I mean, you look at uh, Meryl Streep, who's nominated for Actress of the Year uh, for uh, I think it was uh, not Actress of the Year, but uh, um, Best Actress. Best Actress, uh, co- like uh, supporting. Supporting, yeah. For Into the Woods, which I hear her performance was like okay, but like mm-hmm. not phenomenal. Gotcha. But she's like a she's like an Oscar darling. But then you've got like, you know, you've got like actors like uh, what's his name, um, David Oyelowo mm-hmm. for Selma, who wasn't right. nominated, who I think should have been. Right. It's yeah. it's weird. <laughs> it's weird. Same thing with like Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. I think like. What movies would you have nominated him for? Wolf uh, of Wall Street, of well, course. Of course. And then uh, uh, Django Unchained. Yeah. That that was an amazing Aviator. one. Aviator. Aviator. Like, but, like, would he win in any of these? I think I – think Django. Who's eating Gilbert Grape? Best Supporting Actor. Best Supporting. Win. Win. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Departed. Who who won Best Actor the the Wolf of Wall Street year? Was that McConaughey for Dollar Buyers Club? I, th- I think that was the same year. Yeah, yeah, twenty thirteen. Like, so. But um, yeah, I mean it's just repeated. I just I can't 
wrap my head around that idea. Yeah. I mean, he's one of the best actors of our generation, I think. How do we get to this? What was the chain to, to He he was mentioned in awards. Oh. And how they put but we were talking about how it puts butts in seats and Leonardo DiCaprio, he's one of those names that puts butts in seats yet he doesn't carry an award. Yeah. Right. To to show it, he doesn't have the academy love. Yeah. Like did uh, Will Smith win something for Ali, or is it at least nominated? Yeah, I think he did win for Ali. I okay, think he won. Yeah, bizarre. Um, so okay, we had the three actors. One was Taron Egerton, and then the next one spoke up recently too. Uh, it was um, what was the name of the actor? Uh, yeah, it was Ben Hardy. Backstage at the National Television Awards Digital Spy. They asked him uh, if he'd be joining the cast of the next X-Flick, possibly a Cyclops, as rumored. And he said, er, sorry. Oh, well, that's the rumor. Nothing guaranteed, though. Hmm. So maybe he was in talks from that, that last statement he made. You know, nothing guaranteed, though. But they have cast their Cyclops. Yeah, we got three new X-Men today, right? We did. We uh, Yesterday, I believe it was, uh, that... Was it Brian Singer had that tweet? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we we do have three new X-Men. Um, we have uh, Ty Sheridan as Cyclops, Alexandria Ship as Storm, and uh, Sophia Turner? Yes. Yep. As, um, Our Sophie. Sophie, excuse me. Sophie Turner as uh, Jean Grey. Yeah. So, guys, uh, we're looking at uh, Ty Sheridan. Let's talk about this, um, Cyclops and uh, these actors. Uh, what are your initial thoughts? Well, as a whole, like let's look at all three of them as a group. Yes. Um, very young. Very young casting. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. I believe Ty Sheridan is 18. Yeah. Um, and Sophie Turner can't be much older than that. I very would early 20s. Yeah. I, I believe Alexandria Ship is maybe 20. So that's very interesting just right off the bat. Um and I guess that's to be expected since we're, we know this is like going to take place in what the late '80s or something yeah. like that. We're being told, yes. So yes. That, that's really interesting. Um, I, I have not much experience with any of these actors except for uh, Sophie Turner from Game of Thrones. Okay, and uh, she's great on Game of Thrones. Um, I think it's really exciting. I think it's finally you know we have a real redhead playing Jean Grey too. That's yeah, good. that's nice. Mm-hmm. I like that. Um, and uh, I absolutely agree. Uh, I've heard people uh, on the internet complaining about her because of how Sansa is in the show. But yeah. that's Sansa. She's supposed to portray Sansa that way as weak and scared and all that. Um, and we and um, it's not really spoilerish, but we're kind of seeing her start to turn a little bit of a corner at the end of this last uh, season. And I think we're going to be able to see a little bit more, you know, intense, adult, manipulative uh, uh, side of her uh, ability to act. So yeah, I, I don't think, think I think she's a fully capable actress. I don't. I, yeah, I think from the go, she's done a great job. Yeah, she's doing a great job of portraying the character as you know she is. People are judging her poorly for the character that she plays. Yeah, she's in, she's a hateable character in some aspects. In this yeah. Show. So do you think that people are like basically just taking like that character that she's playing and like trying to like imagine that character in the X Men universe? Exactly. Yep. They're, they're pretending um, 
Sansa is playing Jean Grey. Right. And, and not Sophie Turner. Right. Yeah, and that's not it at all. Yeah. That's just how she is, even in the books, too. Right. So, I mean, <laughs> you got nothing to compare her to. Compare her against that. She's doing a good job. Yeah, Jean Grey is not going to be eating lemon cakes and crying all the time. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, okay, let's compare her to another actress that was, like, rumored really early on, Chloe Moretz Grace. Do you think this is a better casting than Chloe Moretz Grace getting her in there? Yes, I do. Okay. So. Yeah, uh, I, I think she lend, lends a little bit more uh, maturity. I don't want to say class because I don't want to be mean, but Chloe Moretz always plays like a spunky, right. you know, like over the top kind of foul mouth character. I mean, like, uh, you know, she was in Kick Ass in that. Yeah. So I but, haven't seen If I Stay. I don't know how she was portrayed in that movie. Right. I'm thinking that along the same lines as Frank. I think of. Um, Sophie Turner is more of a mental threat or an intellectual threat. Yeah. Right. And I think of uh, Chloe Moretz is more of a physical threat. Okay. And with yeah. Jean Grey, you want a little bit more of the mental threat side. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Um, no, I, I'm, you guys are surprising me with your answers, and I, I really don't have a lot to say about her as an actress because I've only seen her in the first season of Game of Thrones. I think she'll be great. Good. I, I'm excited. I wish I knew more about the other two, but... At least with her, I'm excited. Okay, Ty Sheridan, 18 years old. Um, and uh, before I go on, uh, a lot of the comments that I read on Facebook, people are just shitting on all three of these castings. Of course. And they don't like them. Of course. Uh, and that seems to be the consensus consensus on the internet. Ty Sheridan has starred uh, in many movies, uh, The Tree of Life with Brad Pitt, and these are three movies I haven't seen, so I'm not the best judge here. Mm-hmm. Tree of Life with Brad Pitt. So got to work with one of the best actors out there in Hollywood. Yeah. Another movie he was in was Joe with Nicolas Cage. Arguably probably the best, and I haven't seen this movie, but from what I've heard, it's arguably the best Nicolas Cage movie that's come out in a long time. Okay, mm. okay. And then he starred in Mud. With Matthew McConaughey. Wow, this kid get got around. Yeah, he's worked with some great actors. Um, you pick up a lot of lot of you know good habits doing that. Like you get better the better people you work with. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, and then the, the final actress is the Alexandria Ship. Okay, she she did like the Chipmunk Shipwrecked. She did like an, oh. an, an <laughs> like a, a, an Aaliyah movie where she played Aaliyah. You know, yeah. the singer that, that passed away. Oh, wow. Um, and she did, like, some Disney stuff, I believe, or Nickelodeon or something like that. Yeah. Oh, this is a big break for her, then. Yeah. Of all three break. of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people are shitting on her now. And, I mean, can we really gauge an actor by, like, you know, three kids' movies that they've done? Yeah, I agree. If I go in or I'm going to Tupperware Sophie Turner. I'm going to um, taste... Um, Cyclops. Yeah. And I'm going to freeze Storm. Freeze Storm. I, I don't want to be a complete mimic, but it's exactly the same order for me. Mm-hmm. I, I don't see how... I, it, we need to remember for these actors, just like any of the, the bigger names, some of the things that they've been in, it's the writing, it's the direction, it's not just them, so. They're playing kids. Yeah, exactly. And it's not like Ty Sheridan's been in like these Disney things either, like a Brad Pitt movie. Right. Matthew McConaughey. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Middle Earth Garage. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I absolutely Tupperware, Sophie Turner, uh, Freeze, Storm, and Taste, Cyclops, 
Cyclops is getting a lot of taste in. I'm I'm gonna freeze all of them right now, and and the reason is because I I look at this the same way, and it's kind of funny that like people are shitting all over these castings, but I look at it the exact same way that I look at the castings for Star Wars: The Force Awakens. Three young actors that we really don't know that much about. I mean, yeah. you look and look and look at like Boyega in Attack the Block. You know, Daisy Ridley did like a short film, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, Oscar Isaac hasn't done a, a whole lot. Well, yeah, look at it this way. Look at the casting of uh, Evan Peters as Quicksilver in Days of Future Past. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Mean, and he really stepped up his game. Yeah, and so you know, hopefully these three can do the same. Yeah. Although jumping into Game of Thrones theorists, and I haven't read any further in the uh, books than where we're at in the show. But uh, I wonder if the fact that Sophie Turner's getting work, is she going to be uh, getting the axe soon? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't even want to bring shit up like that so people will tell me. Well, you know, oh, I yeah. Know. yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah. See, I don't know myself. So, I mean, that's pure speculation. I think what she's doing is is pretty smart. Like, she's striking while the iron's hot, Diversifying, too. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she's got plenty of time to do an X-Men movie and 10 episodes of Game of Thrones every year. That's true. And because they are covering so many different characters, I wonder if we actually piece together how much she's actually or any of the characters are on screen yeah, I know. throughout all 10 episodes. Yeah, everyone's not on set for the whole production. Yeah. So. Like you might have one full hour episode per character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, let's see here. A little bit more uh, X-Men news. Oscar Isaac sat down with Yahoo Movies and talked about his upcoming role as uh, Apocalypse in X-Men Apocalypse and how the character will be realized on the screen. He said, you spend three to four hours with them putting plaster all over your head, and they get a sense of what your face is like and what shape your head is, so they can start figuring out the costume and the makeup and all the... All the all, now, bleh, bleh. <laughs> and all that stuff, which is pretty fun. It'll be... This is what I found really interesting. It'll be a mix of practical and digital Hmm. i haven't had a script so i haven't had a chance to look through the script and see what the exact requirements are but i think it'll be a mixture of physical aided with some robotic technology so Hmm. that sounds very interesting yeah a mix how are how are you taking that are you taking are you taking that like are they going to be doing like what they do with josh brolin it reminded me of dr octopus was the first thing that came to my mind okay where they would have things that could be practical at times but when they needed to be cg they would oh okay okay i like that because then as opposed to having the tendency to want that to stand out right they try to make it look more like the bits that are practical so it ends up looking more real overall is oscar isaac gonna look like oscar isaac um somewhat i mean he's not as recognizable now but after Star Wars The Force Awakens, he I could be a megastar. I think his head is going to look look crazy. Okay. I, I, don't, I don't know. I just think it will. His head's going to look crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what I got for you. I think that's, I think that's the title of our episode. <laughs> it's going to look crazy. His head's going to look crazy. It's edged out the nips. It's not, so, uh, yeah. okay, if you could elaborate on his head is going to look a little crazy... <laughs> He's going to have 
not a normal mouth. It's going to be like the apocalypse mouth. I yeah. Think. I think they're going to keep that. Okay. It's going to be it's bizarre a little bit. See, that's what makes me worry. Like, like when we hear about, like we talk about like how they're wanting to like mesh, like the fantastic four movie. Yeah. Maybe in with an X-Men movie. Yeah. And we hear like the, the costumes are going to be drastically different. Like, that's what I'm worried about. Are you, are you thinking that they are going to stay faithful to the character's original design or are they going to kind of like, you know, veer away from that? Yeah. I have no idea, I guess. It's hard saying, hard saying. <laughs> but his head is going to look crazy. It's going to look crazy. Yeah, I, think, I mean, they're already saying. I'm on board like, with that. Yeah, I think it's going to look <laughs> similar to kind of like not cartoonish, but uh, with it being like a mix of the two. Yeah. From what I've seen, you know, on the old '90s cartoon when Apocalypse was on, like he could grow in size, you know, and uh, be like the same size as them or be bigger. And like his arms could like morph into different things, like pile drivers or what have you. You are fucking on fire right now, Frank. You are fucking on fire. Seriously, yeah. the dude is on fire because Oscar Isaac also talked with Coming Soon and said while they haven't figured out Apocalypse's look just yet, he does know that one of his major powers is being able to change all the molecules in his body. So I'll be changing all the molecules in my body. It's going to be a lot of fun. Sweet. Frank yeah. is on motherfucking fire. <laughs> you were, dude. You fucking led me into that. Cool. That Holy nice. shit. So yeah, that 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 makes me think his head will be pretty fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I didn't get that exact quote from coming soon. Yeah. But I think if they would have let if if Oscar Isaac's handlers would have let him continue that conversation, I think his head being crazy would have been a part of that. Yeah, I agree. My head's going to be fucking crazy. Yeah, he's like, uh, so I'll be changing all the molecules in my body. It's going to be a lot of fun, and my head is going to be fucking crazy. <laughs> That's badass. I like where they're going with it. Yeah. I'm going to say you're both on fire right yeah. now. Yeah, Frank for, like, you know, being absolutely correct with, like, his powers, and then Jake with his fucking crazy-ass head. <laughs> You just wait till you see this trailer. You're gonna be yeah. like, "Damn, Jake was right. That's he he, did, crazy he didn't even undersell it at all, dude. I don't know how this movie's gonna turn out, but fucking Apocalypse's head, motherfucking crazy, dude. It's gonna be like a hashtag on Twitter. Crazy yeah. head, crazy head, Apocalypse. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's gonna be my hashtag. That should fucking be the fucking a. name of the episode. Hell yeah, dude! I can't wait till you do a live tweet on that movie. Yeah, crazy, crazy, crazy head apocalypse. Crazy head apocalypse. <laughs> Join us six six, six o'clock central. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, Bradley Cooper spoke with MTV about Guardians of the Galaxy two shortly, and this is what he had to say and not say. Bradley, you. Uh for the first Guardians of the Galaxy, you came in a little bit later in the process. Now yeah. that we're definitely going to see a sequel, are you going to be coming in? Are you going to be involved a little bit earlier? Uh, I don't know if they'll let me. I don't know. I, I don't know how it'll work. I just do whatever James Gunn tells me. I think that was one of your best performances in that voice. <laughs> Thank you. I could not hear you at all in it. Oh, good. It's such a badass. And like, yeah, I love him. Yeah. yeah. What's a raccoon? Yeah. <laughs> Make me laugh. <laughs> And is there any? Are there any plot secrets? Anything you can tell us about the second? I don't know movie? anything about it. Nothing. Yeah, I just James called, emailed me and said, you know, the movie's done well. We're going to make another one. That's great. 
Wow. Yeah. Very revealing. Kind of a dick a little bit in a way. Well, you know, I'm sure he's asked that all the time. Yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, he was kind of a dick. Yeah, it was funny. Yeah. Don't know anything about it. Yeah. I'm just gonna do it. He said another one. Please, Bradley, don't turn into Bruce Willis. Don't oh, let these don't let yeah. these interviewers turn you into Bruce Willis. <laughs> it made money, didn't it? Yeah. Oh jeez. That was that was interesting though. Yeah. I just I have you kind of ever wondered like what if they would have because the original voice of Rocket Raccoon was Sean Gunn. Oh yeah. Have you ever wondered like what that sounded like? Did they did they do that like on any deleted scenes? Did no, they show us? No, not really. Did you hear the rumor that like the cast and some of the crew were so upset that they um, cast Bradley Cooper as Rocket Raccoon after the fact that they had been working with Sean Gunn with all the lines that he used throughout the movie mm. that they were brought to tears? Wow. Yeah, that that's how powerful they felt about Sean Gunn being Rocket Raccoon. Really? Hmm. Yeah. A lot of no. people were affected by this. I had not heard about that at all. Yeah. I feel like after the fact now they're okay with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the movie did great. Yeah. And, and it was seamless. Like, Bradley Cooper was seamless. Mm-hmm. You never, like, think, like, wow, that you can tell that guy's not even there. Yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, true. I guess, uh, you know, what we didn't see didn't really affect us. Yeah, exactly. Because we, we don't know any better. Um. Anthony Mackie, who plays Falcon in Captain America the Winter Soldier, talked to I Am Rogue about coming back for Captain America Civil War. It's a long interview, but I wanted to play it. Okay. Uh, so here is Anthony Mackie. Yeah, this guy can't hear his own voice enough. I love Anthony Mackie. <laughs> <laughs> what is your problem with Anthony Mackie? I know what your problem is with Anthony Mackie. He's just such a whiner. A whiner? Yeah, uh, no one called me to be at Age of Ultron. It's like, don't be telling interviewers that. Back the fuck off. (laughs) You'll be in a couple cat movies. Be happy. For Christ's sakes. Well, I mean, he's looking at, like, Don Shadle getting to to jump in there for Avengers Age of Ultron. Yeah. And I think he's wanting a little bit of that action himself. I think he he loves being a part of this universe. Yeah, don't be a Billy D. No one's calling me to be in Age of Ultron. <laughs> Come on now. You sounded nothing like Billy D there, sir. <laughs> that is true. That is true. That was a terrible impersonation. <laughs> well, 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 nobody's calling me to be in Age of Ultron. Yeah. Holy shit. That's Billy D. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> that's Billy D. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and play this Falcon interview. It's Are you guys cool with seven minutes of Falcon? Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shit. <laughs> And Jake, I have a feeling that you're going to hear a little bit of like uh, what Mackie was saying in your little Mackie rant oh, no. <laughs> about why haven't you stuck me in Age of Ultron? Oh, so exciting, stuck. Yeah, Jake's uh, Christmas wishes are going to come true here. <laughs> of so of course he's saying stuff like that. Ladies and gentlemen, Jake is going to have something to rant on as soon as we get done with this. I'm looking forward. You were coming back for Civil War. Was that in the contract you were doing too, or was because it was just sort of recently announced and. I was glad to hear it, but I wasn't sure if that was something that was that you always knew that was going to happen. Uh, I didn't know. I uh, when we finished Cap Two, uh, the last scene, I kind of figured mm-hmm. I was coming back. Uh, I asked and begged to come back, literally. So <laughs> I found out when everybody else did. I got a um, a call from uh, <laughs> and he said, 
they just said they're going to put you in Cap 3. So it's, um, you know, it's always a surprise with Marvel, man. If you're not one of those, like, Thor or Cap, you have no idea. Because they don't show you the script to no. tell them where you're, you know, this is where we think we're taking the character. Right. Nothing. No. They it's don't just show, show up and... The only person that has a, uh, had, had an early version of the script and read the outline was Chris. Okay. Um, and I talked to him all the time because we're good friends. And uh, he would always say, oh, man, the movie's going to be good. And I'm like, am I in it? He's like, ah, oh, you know, it's, 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 it's going to be a big movie. <laughs> so he would never tell me about it. Even in he it. keeps Even secrets from you. Keeps, yeah, oh, it's, it's really, it's dirty business. Yeah, dirty yeah, business. that's crazy. Have you looked at the Civil War comic book by Mark Millar? Have you gone back and looked at I have. that material? I have. And, um, you know, I'm not sure how close it'll stay because I haven't read anything. Right. I just found out literally this week. So, um, <laughs> I haven't read anything. I haven't gotten a script, an outline, or anything. Oh, my I don't God. Know how wow. Much of it I'm going to be in. Um, I, don't, I have no idea how they're going to use me. Um, but, you know, the Civil War comic book, is, is, there's so much there. I don't know how they're going to condense it and make it into a movie because it's oh, a yeah. Civil War. Oh, yeah. It's epic. Yeah. No, and not only when they published the original comic book, I mean, it was, it was seven issues. Right. But every other Everybody. comic book line had a corresponding... So exactly. there's a lot of story. Right, right. And a lot of characters that, frankly, Marvel doesn't have the rights to... Right. ...who have big roles in the story. Right. That would either have to be other characters or... Exactly. Yeah. And I think, you know, if you look at what, what the way that is going now when they announced Phase 2... You know, with Black Panther coming into the fold and, you know, Doctor Strange coming into the fold and all those people. I have no idea what they're going to do with this movie. It's, um, you know, I'm just, I just know that Cap 3 has to be better than Cap 2. So I know Cap 3 is going to be mind-blowing. Were you excited when you heard that Black Panther was going to be a part of that? and was. I was very, very excited. When we were shooting Cap 2, I would always have conversations with them about Black Panther because I wanted to stress to them the importance of that character to the uh, movie-going populace. And I couldn't be happier that they cast uh, Chadwick. Um, he's, he's a remarkable young man. I've known him for over, known him off and on uh, for over <laughs> 10 years now. I first met him in 98 oh, wow. um, at Howard uh, down in D.C., and um, more you know, name dropping. I've known him yeah. from afar, and the more I've heard of him from people who were in his inner circle, the more I've been proud of the fact that someone who did the work and did their due diligence is being rewarded at a at a rate like this in his career because he truly deserves. It. With Civil War, you know, do you have your own opinion of where you'd like to see what side you'd like to see Falcon on? <laughs> Just in well, your opinion, <laughs> but where would you like to see the Falcon? You would never go. meet anybody who does not want to hang out with Tony Stark. Right, <laughs> right. Tony's the party. Tony's the man. Yeah, Tony's the man. So, uh, but you know, it's uh, I don't. I have no idea. I have no idea how they're going to use me. I have no idea how they're going to introduce. And that's me a character. big deal getting Downey Jr. It's to huge, do it too, right? It's huge. And you know, it's it's funny. I've met uh, Robert a few times, and. I, I didn't Name know drop. what to expect. I didn't know what he would be like because he's such a mega star and he's had so many phases of his career. Right. And I have to say, he, he couldn't be more of a down-to-earth, fun-to-be-around, cool, smart person. 
Like every time you talk to him, it's just, it's mind-blowing the stories he tells and the way he looks at this Iron Man phenomenon and how it's helping him in his in the third phase of his career to open up doors to do projects that, you know, he's wanted to do forever, but he couldn't. The great thing about these Marvel movies is everybody in the world sees them. Not just everybody in California and New York, everybody in the world. And uh, that's something that an actor can only dream of having that opportunity. The costume in Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. Falcon's costume, mm-hmm. I thought was great for what it needed to be for that movie. I mean, it right. made sense that that would be the military right. You right. Know, outfit. Um, going forward, how would you like to see the costume change or stay the same? Do you want to see uh, it resemble I want my the bird, colors? Man. Yeah, I right? want my bird. <laughs> resemble the comic book a little bit more. Yeah, and the thing is, you know, I've been... You know, emailing with you know people over at Marvel and talking and stuff, and I've just I, I bet they're I sick of him. You know, <laughs> I've been putting it out there in the that I I'm going to have a new say. and improved costume and come out and be all flashy and spandex. So I've just been I'm I'm hoping that I get a new and improved costume. That's my whole thing. I've just been saying it, hoping that they'll read it and say, all right, we have to give Anthony a new costume. Yeah, well, I, I'll, we'll put it out there. And hopefully, <laughs> please, Marvel, give please Anthony a new costume. Dress me up in spandex. <laughs> Did you shoot a scene for Avengers Age of Ultron? Are we going to see you in that? I hope. I, 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 <laughs> I hope. At this point, I have not. You haven't shot it. I have not. Okay. Um, I it's- hope. I hope, I hope. Because they're hope. doing some reshoots. Right, they're doing reshoots, and that's why I'm letting them know. Oh I'm my God. So you, you've got whatever, a break in your schedule right now. Whatever way, yeah. whatever, whatever weekend <laughs> they want me to, shit. I'll fly myself out and shoot whatever scene they want. Even if it's like, oh man, it's Iron Man and Hulk. I'll do that, Whatever, it is, however it is they need me. I'd be surprised if <laughs> they don't shoot make on him. I, would, I don't know. Because it I would don't. be the perfect launch into Civil War. Cap chooses who his team. Of I course agree. you're going to be on Cap's team. I agree, I I, who else would he call? Who else would he call? You're right. right. You're the guy. Right. But I heard today in one of the interviews, somebody was like, I heard you're in Ant-Man. I'm like, I hope so. I'm like, I hope I'm in Ant-Man. I hope I'm in Hulk 3. Because me and I Paul Rudd, you know. Put me in all of them. <laughs> like James Brown, the hardest working man in show business. <laughs> All right, Jake, I'm just going to wow. let you tear into this. That was awesome. <laughs> now, I mean, Mackie is, is a very charming guy. Don't, very, get, me, don't get me wrong. I see so. why you like him. He, I do. He, like, I feel like I like Mackie the way you think that I, you know, okay, like polar opposites. Like, I hate Renner as Hawkeye. Yeah. Like, you hate Mackie as Falcon. Yeah, I mean, did I call that or not, though, before you even played the clip? Yeah, I mean, you wow. did. You did. He is totally the Billy D. Williams in the Marvel Universe. Man. Just, uh, He's begging for it. So silly. And this guy, oh, he he read Civil War. What, Falcon has four panels in that whole, like, seven issues? Yeah, yeah. So you better hope that that's not what they adapt to the movies. Right. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, like, uh choosing sides in this whole thing, like... You know, he's talking about, like, who does Falcon choose side with? Like, of course he's going to choose Cap. That's not right. a big story for me. I think it's, like, I like, I think it's going to be, like, who does Black Panther choose? <clears throat> or, like, or they're talking about this whole Winter Soldier storyline. Like, Winter Soldier, like, you know, uh, uh, Cap uh, trying to protect Winter Soldier from, you know, Tony Stark. He's got to be so jealous <laughs> of uh, Chadwick. 
Oh, oh yeah. Because yeah. he's going to probably be in Age of Ultron, and he'll be like, fuck, where was my call? Well, it's not like <laughs> Mackie's not benefiting from the Marvel Universe. He's doing this uh, that black and white movie with um, uh, Kevin Costner. Yeah. With Octavia, with uh, what's her name, Octavia Spencer. And, I mean, that's going to be a big movie, I think, this year. Right. It's not like he's not benefiting from these Marvel movies. Like, he needs to be thrown into every single one of them. It sounds like he just wants to be in every single Marvel movie out there, <laughs> no matter if it makes sense to the story or not. Right. Yeah. Doctor Strange, why aren't they calling me? I, I sent them emails telling them how I'd be perfect in Doctor Strange. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, uh... Yeah, I, I think he's just looking to try to like solidify his future. I mean, I know he's doing the other stuff, yeah, but I mean, this is like the ticket. You know, if he gets himself into a couple of films, he, I mean, worst case scenario, he's just got to write out cons and shit the rest of his life. Yeah, I saw James Gunn at a party. I said, James Gunn, Guardians of the Galaxy two. I can find my bird in space. Why don't yeah. you get me in that movie? Yeah. I rubbed elbows with Robert Downey Jr. one yeah. time. I handed him his drink, and then I introduced myself. His back was to me, but I know he was listening. Yeah. <laughs> like, did he? He's never even done a scene with Robert Downey Jr. No, not no, even close. No, not even close. What's bizarre, though, is that it almost mirrors Jeremy Renner. The only scene that they ever did on set, I think, was during the reshoots where he did the uh, clench up Legolas. That's the only oh, right, scene yeah. that those two had together in the actual film. Because otherwise, hilarious. it's the suit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What, what do you guys think about like the Falcon suit? Do you want to see a change to the Falcon suit? I mean, it can go really, really good, or it can go like really, really bad, in my opinion, where they just threw in Iron Patriot for like Don Cheadle. Yeah, I love the Falcon suit in Winter Soldier. I thought they nailed that. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to see it change up a little bit? I though? think you can. I think you can tweak it a little bit. I think it's fun to just tweak it a little bit. I don't think anything radical needs to be done, though. And it would make sense that they would do that, too, since it was like coming straight from like a military piece of tech, and then they would do their own thing to it. But on the flip side, if they said, hey, you're going to wear what uh, we're going to give you, Anthony Mackie is just going to be like, I'm just happy to be in the movie. Yeah, yeah, no shit. Yeah, he'll do whatever. He'll eat dog food and fucking <laughs> Doctor Strange if you want him to. Holy shit. Yeah. Uh, this Marvel movie is brought to you by Alpo. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, Anthony Mackie. I love the guy. I think he's great. He cracks me up. His enthusiasm's just contagious, though. He cracks me up. Wow. He's great. That's over the top. Yeah, Jake. No, I do. He cracks me up. <laughs> Thank God they're not having him in every fucking movie. He's, he's just a fun animated guy. I he, like him. He's a fun animated guy. He really loves that he's in this shit. Yeah. I love you, Anthony Mackey. No matter what Jake says. <laughs> uh, uh, on a side note, Sebastian Stan has recently told Variety that he hasn't heard anything or seen a script yet for Captain America Civil War either. Yeah. Just like Mackey. So, yeah, our Winter Soldier actor knows nothing about the film. As well. No shocker. Yeah. Just Evans just read it. Do you think some of that's because uh, they're wanting to limit how much of that gets around because maybe a deal's not done with Sony? What? Are you talking about... Uh, with Spider-Man. Oh, the Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah, that's what he's talking about. That's why they're holding it back. They're not letting everybody and their brother have a copy. Yeah, I think all kinds of huge things. This script is pretty huge. I think this script could involve the death of Steve Rogers. Right. Mm -hmm. Which is... 
pretty huge too, which was another reason why they wouldn't want to let outsiders read it. Yeah, it's in my opinion, like it's the total opposite of um, like when they kill off a character in The Walking Dead. Yeah, they typically don't find out before the episode before, and it comes as a shock to them, right? Because I think they want to feed off of that emotion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, as to where like a, an actor like Chris Evans, I think like this is kind of like maybe his decision with the studio. Yes. So he has to know. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah it does make sense. Yeah. And so like, I don't think that Anthony Mackie or any of these other actors have to necessarily know what their character is going to be doing in these films. No. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you make a, sorry, Frank, you ahead. make a great point about the walking dead. Um, if um, Steve Rogers were to die, it yeah. would be to the benefit not to have Anthony Mackie know. Yes. So, so his shock when they're filming that scene is he's just learning that that's happening yes. the day of the shoot. Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah, that does create that. And the guy talks so much. And the guy talks so much, he might slip up and tell an interview. Oh, no shit. Tell that guy anything. I'm sorry. Yeah, man, I'm right there. I'm right there. Yeah, you, yeah. you're going to see me. Look, I took a picture of me and this buddy right here. Yeah, you see that little bottle head? That's a good shot. I've, I've rubbed right? off on you. You're taking shots at I Anthony know. Mackie. <laughs> I know. And I like the guy. I'm a huge <laughs> Anthony Mackie supporter. <laughs> you know? When he goes to cons, like, he's a lot of fun, and he gets everybody into it and stuff like that. And well, then, he's a promoter. Yeah, and Jake sucks the winds out of the guy's <laughs> sail. Don't get me so. wrong. I like the fact that he's into it. You yeah. know, I mean, it's better than having somebody be like, yeah, 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 do it. it. Yeah, it's better than having like a uh, Glenn Close who just like does it for a paycheck Yeah, you know, and does not care. That clip was fun. The Mackie clip was very yeah, fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> um, do you guys want to move into possible Avengers Age of Ultron spoilers? Yeah, let's hear it. Okay, these are – have you guys heard about these spoilers via Lego? Yeah, I have. Uh, I, can I can I interlude here? Yes, sir. I saw the um like solicitations for the Legos, and they were like, "Don't you know? Be careful looking at these Legos. Include possible spoilers." Yeah, and I I, I can't wait to hear what you say because I kind of scavenged those Lego sets, and I really didn't see. Like, I didn't see what there was to take from it. Yeah, you're right. I I think the biggest reveal was some of the Hulk stuff. Okay. The Hulk stuff. And, like, why Hulk is reacting to the Avengers and fighting him the way he is. The Scarlet Witch stuff. Yes. Okay. I guess I guess that I was like, oh, Scarlet Witch has him captive. Right. Yeah, okay. see I don't I don't really know any of the plot details yeah. about any of it. There's uh different sets and they're all they've all been numbered. They're Lego sets. Uh these come from uh the brick fan. Uh and uh yeah, uh, the first set is Attack on Avengers Tower. Yeah. So these, like, nail-down scenes. Yeah, nice set. Nice set. Of Attack on Avengers Tower, the heroes are having a party when suddenly Avengers Tower comes under Ultron attack from the inside. Evil Ultron Mark I has assembled himself in the lab and is exploding out the windows. Help Iron Man and Thor defeat Ultron and two Iron Legion accomplices under his control. Make plans in the Jarvis control room and treat injured superheroes in the sick bay. An Iron Legion is blasting out the doors and windows of the ground floor robot bay. The other has stolen the Loki scepter from the analysis lab, so pursue him with Thor and take aim from the roof of the tower with the secret hidden drone and stud shooters. You must retrieve the scepter and stop Ultron. Includes five minifigures with a weapon and assorted accessories. 
so I think like the biggest thing that I'm taking from this is like we've seen that in the trailer, like you know when Ultron comes out all battered and beat up. Yes, he's assembling himself, mm-hmm. um, and then two fully formed uh, drones fly and attack, and then it talks about this Avengers sick bay. It sounds like some of these characters are going to be really damaged, uh, injured I in agree. this fight. Mm-hmm. Any guesses as to who? I mean, we know who all the players are in that room for the most part, except for the mysterious woman next to Thor, correct? Yeah. Probably Hawkeye again. Hawkeye. Hawkeye is a great guess. Black Widow. Black Widow. Yeah. I'm not sure. Maybe the, the, man, I don't know. Maybe Thor? No, it sounds like from this it says, uh, uh, the other has stolen the Loki scepter oh, from yeah. the analysis lab, so pursue him with Thor. Okay. Hmm. hmm. So Thor goes after, you know, the Infinity Stone that's in, uh, Loki's scepter. Which we know now that is in Avengers Tower at this point. So they've gotten it back from, that's a big spoiler. They have gotten it back from yeah. Baron von Strucker. Right. Who yeah. took it to Europe. Hmm. Do you think uh, Captain America and uh, – no, Nick Fury was the one that went over to Europe. Correct. Okay. And that was in Winter Soldier? Yeah. Do you think Nick Fury and S.H.I.E.L.D. have something to do? Like we've heard about like the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. TV show, some of those characters being brought onto this. Do you think that maybe they have something to do with retrieving this hmm. and then bringing it to Avengers Tower? That's an interesting theory. Yeah. So- yeah. I mean, and it's it's not something that's so far off that it's, you'd absolutely yeah. have to see it in order to know what's going on in the movie. Well, you know, we know that these characters are going to show up. Maybe it's like a combina- like a cool scene yeah. of like Nick Fury and Maria Hill, and like what the Shield guys are up to at this mm-hmm. point to kind of like maybe, and then it'll help boost you know um, Agents of Shield ratings for season three. Oh, these sets sound awesome. Yeah, the Lego sets. Yeah, yeah. So okay, and I don't know anything about uh, Scarlet Witch at all. Mm-hmm. So would she be under the control of the scepter, or is she just bad? Well, I mean, Scarlet Witch, she can perform hexes, mm-hmm. and I mean, she'd be able to control the Hulk with a hex. Um, she is. Uh, She's like our first magic-based character in this. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they explain her powers. To yeah. what extent the movie explains Scarlet Witch's abilities. Yeah, but in I the guess- in the Marvel universe, she's very powerful. Frank, like at one point in time, she said like no more mutants mm-hmm. and killed off all but like two hundred mutants. Holy shit! Yeah, I mean she can change reality. So Damn. yeah, she all like it has something to do with improbability. Am I yeah. am I wrong about that? No, that sounds right. It's like the hexes have some kind of improbability magic to them. So then would she herself be being manipulated by someone or? Probably. Yeah. Okay. You, you know, like Baron von Strucker. Right. When, when, uh, he calls them the miracles. Yeah. Um, do you think that these are in this universe that they are going to be the first ones that were actually exposed to the Terrigen Mist, and they are now in humans and not mutants. Because, like, even in the six one six, you said that they're not mutants now. Yeah, because yeah. they're not, or they, or they're not Magneto's children. Yes, correct. But they're still mutants. We don't know. Yeah. Unknown. Okay. So that's interesting. But even in the 
um, they were both villains in the Avengers comic before okay. they became um, Avengers too. Right, like the Avengers fought them as villains. Yeah. before they became part of the team. Yeah, okay. so, and haven't we seen like scenes of them with Ultron? Or am I like imagining that? I feel like we have. Yeah, I don't know. I can't remember if it was with them or not. Yeah. Hmm. So I don't know. Um. That would change a lot of things if Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch are in humans. Maybe could we see them in an Inhumans movie? Possibly. Possibly. Yeah. But that was like a big thing. Like Quicksilver, didn't he like he was, was married in Inhuman? Yeah, he, he married, married an Inhuman. And they were totally against it, the yeah. Inhumans. So very, that's a good possibility. Yeah. Uh the second set is called the Avengers Quin City uh the Avengers Quinjet City Chase. Launch a high-speed pursuit of Ultron with the Avengers in the iconic Quinjet. Place Black Widow at the controls in the cockpit and soar into the sky. Fire the stud shooters and release Captain America on his super cool bike to take the pursuit to the streets. Iron Man MK43 is flying alongside the Quinjet using his thrusters, ready to take on Ultron. When the time is right, make the perfect jump onto the truck to explode the sides and reveal the precious cargo includes five minifigures with assorted uh, accessories. So the people involved in this scene are Vision, Captain America, Black Widow, Iron Man, and Ultron. What do you think that precious cargo is? Yeah. um, When the time is right, make the perfect jump onto the truck to explode the sides and reveal the precious cargo, the scepter. Maybe another gem. Maybe a new gem. Maybe a new Infinity Stone. Yeah. Hmm. Do you think they could be trying to transport uh, vibranium? Vibranium? Yeah. Vibranium's a great guess. That is a good guess. Yeah, it could be the vibranium that you're they're using. Interesting that we for, have vision at that point. At or, vision at that point, yeah, in the second set. Yeah, that's very interesting. Hulkbuster, Hulkbuster rescue mission. Oh, I can't wait for this set. Slash Hulkbuster smash. Hulk has been trapped by the powers of Scarlet Witch. Yeah. So that's, yeah. Uh, and she is ready to fire an electrical bolt if he tries to escape. Place Iron Man in the cockpit of the humongous Hulkbuster suit and rush to the rescue. On the way, you must fend off aerial attacks from the flying Ultron. Adjust the Hulkbuster's arms and legs to create fearsome battle poses and grab the villain with the powerful hands. With Ultron safely in the mech's grip, attack Iron Ma- attach Iron Man to his super jumper. Then take out Scarlet Witch with an accurate jump and free the imprisoned Hulk. Includes three minifigures with assorted weapons and accessories. Iron Man, Ultron, and Scarlet Witch, plus a Hulk figure. So we know from like what we've seen in those scenes uh, in the second trailer that this looks like it play- takes place in like sa- uh, South America. Yeah. So this scene includes those three, four characters, Iron Man, Ultron... Scarlet Witch and Hulk. Which character comes as a super jumper? Was it Iron Man? Yeah, with Ultron safely in the mech's grip, attach Iron Man to his super jumper. Yeah, I just saw those for the first time. I was at Toys R Us just the other day, and uh, all the new DC Lego sets came out. Um, and they're like these little like things that you like little that you can like make your Lego figure like jump up in the air by putting them on this special brick. Okay, it's like a little like catapult brick. 
I think that maybe – do you think that maybe like this doesn't play a part in the movie? It's just for the yeah, Legos? The, I think those jumper things are like the new hot thing. And anytime you're seeing that terminology, it's yeah. like the new Lego action. And that's something that's probably not going to make it into the movie. Yes, yes. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I find that very interesting. It, so it looks like uh, – let's see here. I there was a fourth set. Yeah, there's another set. There's actually uh, a couple more. Duel with Hydra, Hydra Showdown. Duel Thor and Hawkeye as they chase the Hydra henchmen through Sokovia Winter Forest. We've seen that scene of Hawkeye in the Winter Forest. Yeah. Place Hawkeye in the cockpit of the awesome Avengers 4x4 vehicle and accelerate away. When you have the Hydra off-roader in your sights, fire the flick missiles from the rotating turret and swerve away from the off-roader's powerful stud shooter. Then launch Thor on his super jumper and disable the stud shooter with one perfectly aimed jump. Includes three minifigures, assorted weapons, and accessories, Thor, Hawkeye, and Hydra henchmen. Another another jump thing. Right. Yeah, that, that doesn't really sound like it plays a part. Are these going in order of the movie? No. It doesn't sound like it, does it, no, at this point? No, not at all. Yeah. You think we're going to see a bunch of Hydra shit? Think, at the beginning, I mean, I definitely with Baron Von Strucker. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the last one is Iron Man versus Ultron. Team up yeah. with Iron Man, Mach 45, to take on the Ultron army in an ultimate battle. Defend against aerial attacks from the Ultron vehicle piloted by the sub-Ultron officer. Take cover as sub-Ultron troopers leap from the back of the vehicle and fire their stud shooters, then activate Iron Man's super jumper to topple the <laughs> sub-Ultron officer and bring the vehicle crashing to the ground. It includes four minifigures with assorted weapons and accessories, sub-Ultron officer, two sub-Ultron troopers, and Iron Man Mark 45. So it looks like there's... More jumping. More, ju- more <laughs> super jumping. <laughs> Those are some weird names, sub-Ultron Troopers. Sub-Ultron Officer and then two sub-Ultron Troopers. It sounds like... All the Ultbots. Yeah, it sounds like uh, Ultron's Darth Vader, you know, and then he's got, like, the Red Guards and then, like, your standard Stormtroopers. Right. You know what I mean? That is cool. Yeah. Oh, man, I can't wait to have a bunch of Lego Lego Ultron Army. (laughs) Lego Ultron Army. I'm happy with that, though, because, like, in, like, um, Avengers... Didn't it seem like all the Chitari were just like grunts? Yes. Yeah. Like there was like no sergeants. Well, they had the worm, but like even oh, they had the space whale. Yeah. But like I don't even know the real name of that <laughs> thing. I just call it space whale. Yeah. I think Ultron bots are going to be the perfect cannon fodder for Avengers to beat up awesomely. Yeah. They're like the, they're like the episode one battle droid of Avengers yeah. two. Yeah. They're we're not see, real, so you can kill them. Yeah. We're going to see Thor like destroy a ton of them. Oh yeah. Right. We're Captain see- America's shield's just going to go nuts <laughs> with them. Yeah. Pinball. Yeah. It's going to be aw- it's going to be massive robot destruction. It's yeah. going to be fucking awesome. I, Do you guys I guarantee think- you they'll, uh, Thor will chain the lightning at some. point. Do you guys think like um, we're gonna get like a uh, really cool scene of maybe like after Ultron gets the vibranium shell body of like Hulk hitting him and Uh, how it affects Hulk? Yeah, wow, that'd be awesome. That would be cool. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good call. Yeah. All right. I wonder if that's uh, if if that's his final form there when they've got the close up on his face Mm -hmm. and he says, "There's no strings on me." 
Because he's going to be evolving throughout the movie. Yeah. Because that's what he does. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure. All right. Um, let's see here. We'll take a break, and then we're going to come back with DC News. Hey, we're back. We are going to be talking about DC News. DC News this week is pretty fucking exciting. Really good stuff. Frank, you look like you are raring to go for some DC News. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Are you serious? Is it really exciting? Yeah, dude. There's some really good DC News this week. I'm really excited about this. I heard some stuff, but I might might have missed the super exciting stuff. Yeah. uh, We're going to start off with some just some regular things here, but like... We're going to talk about the Flash TV show here real quick. Uh, Tom Cavanaugh, who plays Harrison Wells in the Flash TV show. Mm-hmm. Remember how he confirmed that he's the man in the yellow suit, the reverse Flash? Yes. Yeah. But Grant Gustin, Jake, you were absolutely fucking right and, mm-hmm. and about the misdirection. Because I, I don't think that that's all there is to this because of the recent statements by Grant Gustin in an interview. And I think it was with Entertainment Weekly. He said that. It isn't what it seems, maybe. Here's what he had to say. Barry is still defending Wells and still trusting of Wells at this point. There's still more to find out about the reverse flash reveal that will shock audiences. There's a big twist that even surprised me. I've seen all the predictions online. No one has predicted the big twist that's coming at the end of the season. Oh, I believe it. Yeah. Someone's predicted it, though. Yeah. Get off your high horse. <laughs> Too many a-holes out there predicting everything. <laughs> That's true. I think like maybe he's not, maybe he's not reading Reddit. Maybe he's reading just the bleeding cool rumor. Yeah. You know? That's why no one's predicted it yet. Me. What if he's Batman? None of you guys have predicted it yet. <laughs> Finally, you got you know what? You got the Billy D Williams. Yeah. Wrong, but that sounds dead on, Grant Gustin. <laughs> yeah, there we go. There I'm going to give you that one. Thank you, thank you. I was working on it. I don't even want to hear Frank's Grant Gustin at this point because that was spot fucking on. <laughs> I can't even think of his voice right at the moment. I haven't watched any of The Flash yet, and I saw him on Glee, but I can't sing. Didn't you watch the pilot? No. Oh, really? Yeah, I haven't seen any Flash. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, so I think I think Tom Cavanaugh. I think there's a lot more that we don't know about Reverse Flash that yeah. we can keep guessing and guessing and guessing. I knew on. he wasn't going to just come out and say that and have yeah. it be like, yep, that's it. We're not even going to save it for the show. Yeah. <laughs> um, I did watch the last episode of Flash. I liked it. Not my favorite episode, but it was okay. It was, Filler. It was, it was, it was interesting. I mean, uh, you know, uh, you had Captain Cold and, Captain Cold's, uh, like the cliffhanger at the end was Captain Cold, uh, got broke. They, they, they had arrested him and, and it looks like he's getting broken out by his sister. Okay. So interesting. What's her name? I don't know. I don't know. I'd have to Google that. Sister Ice? I guess. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. I'm sure some, I'm sure like in the comic books he has a sister maybe. And yeah. We could. Google that, but we're not going to. <laughs> Bruno Bruno Heller, the showrunner for Gotham, has confirmed that a costumed character will make it to the show, and mm. this is what he had to say with CBR. There's going to be an episode that involves the Red Hood, which picks up this that which picks up that strand, the costume strand. Um, I don't think that it's going to be Jason Todd, though. 
No, no, not at all. Who knows, though? Gotham can do whatever the fuck they want. They could. The Red Hood in the comic books first appeared in Detective Comics 168, The Man Behind the Red Hood, uh, which was uh, published in February of 1951. The original continuity, the man later known as the Joker, was a master criminal going by the Red Hood alias, claiming to be a lab worker intending to rob $1 million and retire. Now, whether or not you know this is the Joker, I do not know, but I, I think that this in the Gotham series is going to be a villain. I don't think it will be Jason Todd. That's just my personal opinion. Yeah, there's been a bunch of, um, I mean, the character's been around since the 50s, like you said. Right. So there's been a ton of interpretations of what this character can be and who it can be. Yeah. So they're pretty much open to whatever. Yeah. With the casting of Jared Leto as the Joker in the Suicide Squad and probably in several other films, if I was them, I'd stay away from the Joker on Gotham. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. Would you want to see a Gotham Joker? I'd be okay with it. I, I In my mind, Gotham is its own separate wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't see any connection to anything with Gotham. No, yeah. Nothing. Whether the Joker's in Suicide Squad or not, I, it's... I'm completely separate from it. For, like, Gotham, for me, like, because of the, the job that Robin Lord Taylor's been doing as the Penguin, Yeah, you know... I don't think that they'd be able to get anybody in there that can upstage him. I think this needs to be the Penguin show. You, I, yeah, you, why not? Yeah. Why can't I see it exactly what you're saying. Yeah. But let's say we do three seasons of that and we end that character arc. Yeah. Maybe at that point, season four, you know, time to bring in the Joker and see what we do with that. I think, like, uh, like if, the, if Robin Lloyd Taylor wasn't the actor that he was, then we might have a reason to bring in the Joker. Mm-hmm. That's my thinking. Even with uh, universes being separate and all that, with having a cinematic Joker and a TV world universe-based Joker having them be in different actors, do you think that would be confusing for the audience? No. I feel like everyone picks up on the fact that Gotham is its own beast at this point. I would hope so. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's its its, its own thing. It's just, it you know, it just is. No, no one's making any connections to Gotham to anything. I feel sorry for that sucker who gets cast as that Joker, and like everybody's going to instantly compare him to Leto. Like, yeah. look at this schlup. I, I don't even think it would be like that, really. Well, I mean, we are going to get you know Ezra Ezra Miller as the Flash in the cinematic universe, and then we've got Grant Gustin in the Flash CW. Yeah, I mean, when Kevin Spacey was cast in the Superman movie, no one was calling Michael Rosenbaum a piece of shit. Yeah, that's true. Very good, and like a lot of people were wanting to him for him to be cast as the Flash in yeah. in the cinematic universe. Yeah, and so people were smart enough to know Smallville was not. You know, the Superman movies. I think it's the same thing here. Yeah. Well, that and Smallville was always time-wise before he left. I mean, I only watched the first couple of seasons of Smallville, and that was like when he was still in high school and stuff. Yeah. So that was set in a time period that the movies didn't address, so that's why that was separate. I guess the same thing would be true then. With the Gotham. Yeah, Gotham is set in a okay. time period. Yeah. yeah, and I think if you ask most diehard comic book fans, I think, and I don't even think this is like talking about what we're talking about, but I think most people would prefer Michael Rosenbaum over Kevin Spacey. Yeah, I think so. I would have. 
Um, let's see here. Side note. Uh, oh, uh, and I also wanted to say this. It also sounds like the show Gotham is going to stay grounded, kind of like the Nolan films in this aspect when Bruno Heller said there's the superpowers, super will, and their super strength, but only on a human level, not on a supernatural level. Hmm. Cool. So... Side note, Gotham has officially been renewed for a second season. Yeah, So it's coming back. Nice. Uh, Supergirl casting. Going to go over this really quickly. Um, who was the girl? Uh, Benoist? Oh my. oh, my gosh. Emily Benoist? That, that's how you pronounce it. Emily Benoist. Is it? Oh, man. Jake said it rhymes with moist. It rhymes yeah. with moist. Emily Benoist. <laughs> I had it. I don't know where the fuck it, it went on my stupid fucking phone. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's Supergirl's last name. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> was it Emily? I thought it was something else. Hmm. Could have been. This is great. Melissa. <laughs> Melissa? Yes. Melissa Benoist. Oh, okay. She's Supergirl. Yeah. Um, she was in Glee. She was in Glee. She yeah. also was uh, in Whiplash with uh, Miles Teller, that new movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Frank, you're the only one that's probably seen her. What do you think about uh, the Benoist? I just saw her in Glee. She, yeah. you know, she's okay. She played a hormonal teenage girl in that. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, she's no young Murph. <laughs> <laughs> Let's freeze it. Okay. Let's freeze it. So her nipples can get hard. <laughs> Oh, holy shit. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So, I mean, we kind of, I don't know, like, what our thoughts were with Grant Gustin from Glee. I don't know if we really had any, but he came from Glee, and he worked out pretty good. That's true. I don't know. Yeah, I don't don't know. I don't care. Yeah. Supergirl show. (laughs) Yay. It's coming. (laughs) From Slash Film, I wanted to go over this. Uh, Warner Brothers, uh, DC's Aquaman. This is from Slash Film. DC's Aquaman already has a leading man in Jason Momoa. Now it needs to fill the rest of its cast and crew. To that end, the studio is rumored to be eyeing Noam Muro, 300 Rise of an Empire, as the director. Hmm. And Carl Urban for a supporting role. Um, let's see here. That last month, they were talking about uh, Jeff Nichols in the running to helm Aquaman, and I think Jeff Nichols did Mud. What is that? That Matthew McConaughey movie. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, however, Latino Review reports that Muro is also in the mix after impressing Warner Brothers with uh, 300 Rise of an Empire. Um, it grossed $337 million triple its 110 million production budget um they say of the two nickels seems like the more interesting and unexpected choice he's received high praise for indie films like mud and take shelter um and then the big budget aquaman movie would be a major major change of pace for him um I don't know too much about either of these but uh the biggest news is like uh Keith Urban or Keith, uh, Carl Urban. Carl Keith Urban. <laughs> yeah, the country singer. Yeah, yeah it's going to have a great soundtrack. Yeah, he'll be awesome. <laughs> Can't wait to see him riding a seahorse with his cowboy hat on. <laughs> Playing the banjo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Carl Urban, that's great. Yeah. I'm sure he's, you know, would love this kind of thing. He seems like a real big, like, geek into this kind of stuff. Yeah. 
they're worried about, uh, you know, with Aquaman's uh, lameness and, you know, him being like a running joke among comic book fans. They say that Warner Brothers, they want people to take him seriously. And according to Latino Review, the scripts, both scripts in development are massive in scope, putting <coughs> the Aquaman film more into a world-building spectacle blockbuster like Avatar. Oh, wow. So Awesome. That sounds cool. Yeah. Atlantis. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Latino Review, moving on. Latino Review has two sources that they claim have given more, them more information about the new David Ayer-directed Suicide Squad. Here's what Latino Review had to say. Deadshot and Harley Quinn meet early when Deadshot is assassinating an inmate that is being transported from Arkham. Quinn disrupts the hit when she tries to break Joker out and both are captured and taken to Amanda Waller's prison. Waller has Joker moved to the prison as a means to keep Quinn in check. He spends most of the film in a cell. Yeah, he's like a Hannibal Lecter. That's what they say, very much like Hannibal Lecter, until he breaks out in the end. Boomerang is already in the squad, and there is contention between he and Deadshot. Deadshot killed his father. The team is tasked on a mission (coughs) to prevent bioweaponry from being sold to Lex Luthor by a human trafficking gang. The gang is handing over the Enchantress to Luther, who it is implied wants her for magical abilities. Hmm. They kidnap her and take her back to the prison, where she is kept in an underground area, which has all sorts of genetic freaks like uh, genetic freaks imprisoned, including a king shark. Holy shit. Rick Flagg is there as a watchdog over Waller. The twist is is his character is revealed as being in the league with the villain Rick Flagg Sr. at the end. This is what I believe may have been the reason Hardy left. It is out of left field. They want the weapons that Waller has amassed. There is a lot of action in the script, but it primarily deals with Deadshot, Harley Quinn, and the Joker. Flagg is more of a government agent than anything else before his reveal as a villain. Hmm. Yeah, wow, that's a lot of info to take in. Yeah, sounds cool though. I like I like that setup, and I like how they would be using the Joker in it. Yeah, in the cell. Um, a couple things that I took out of this is that you know these sources are claiming that uh, Lex Luthor is playing a big part in this. Is they haven't even cast him officially in the movie yet. Yeah, that's been a big maybe still. Yeah, do you think like if they if like do you think like if they don't cast him in the movie, they'll just like name drop him? Very likely. And use this stuff and yeah. if they do cast him like he'll show up in like, you know, limited capacity kind of like the Joker. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Okay. Another thing that I picked up on this is like he wants the gang is handling over the Enchantress to – they're handing over the Enchantress to Luther, who it is implied wants her for her magical abilities. What has Superman had problems with in the past in the comic books? Magic. Mm. You know what I mean? Like kryptonite is like the big thing. Mm-hmm. But he's always had problems with uh, characters with magical abilities. Yeah, that's like his big to-do. Yeah, and it sounds like uh, this is kind of playing into the hands of some of the comic book stuff. Maybe if they go this route, like Luther wants Enchantress to like maybe take on, you know, Superman. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not so familiar with the DC's version of the Enchantress. Yeah. So um, basically, she's that character that went to that. She went to like a ball, like a gala. 
Okay. And uh, within, like, the gala, like, there was, like, a, an evil specter that uh, she, they, they, it had given, something had given her powers to take it on. And after she did, like, she can either be, like, the human version of herself, or when she's the enchantress, she's kind of like a loose cannon. Okay. But very powerful. Hmm. That, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Source 2 tells us the following. Um... A draft of the script has been finished and is being circulated between several executives pending a rewrite. The first part of the film concerns the capture of Lawton and Harley Quinn, and afterwards they are taken to a maximum security prison run by a warden called Waller. They are implanted with explosive devices and forced to be a part of a mission where they are attacking an arms dealer convoy. They are supposed to steal a weapon but end up capturing a woman called June. This is the Enchantress. She has a split personality, and her evil side is a sorceress. Waller is tracking down and capturing every superpowered hero and villain, and it is implied that she is after Batman, but he is not in the film, only mentioned and shown on camera footage. The film is being used as a setup for the franchise's villains and not only the Suicide Squad. Belle Reeve, the prison, is home to many of villain of the villains beyond the leads. The script ends with a prison riot where most of them escape, including the Joker. The Joker has a large part in the movie but doesn't get involved in any action scene until the very end during the riot where he kills several people. The script has been getting much praise in the studio. The rumor is Tom Hardy left because of the changes to his characters, although he is in two of the main action scenes. So yeah, I, I I can see that. I bet as soon as they signed Leto to be the Joker, mm-hmm. that the Joker's role was expanded. Yeah, and to expand on the Joker's role, something had to give, and that thing that had to give, it sounds like was most likely Tom Hardy's role. Right, and you know egos kind of collided there probably, and I bet that's why Hardy walked. Yeah. Do you see a lot of the same things in the first rumor being played out in the second rumor? Second rumor sounds more legit to me. Okay. First rumor sounds like a bunch of bullshit, especially with the uh, Lex Luthor stuff mm-hmm. when we don't even know. Yeah, if he if he signed on to the movie at all. Yeah. Um, Latino Review reported uh, a rumor in the past that Batman will show up on a monitor in the movie, and they kind of said that here in this one. But Forbes is actually claiming Forbes is claiming that Batman will show up in the Flash. Yeah, in I, the film, I heard that at the end of the movie in a scene with the Joker. Hmm. Yeah. Hard, hard saying. Yeah. They want to keep this one under wraps. That's for sure. No right. one's coming out and confirming this news to any of us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and just as I predicted last week, Jake Gyllenhaal is too busy and passed on the Suicide Squad film. Wah, wah, wah. Yep. Sorry. You're not going to get Jake Gyllenhaal three months yeah, call, before they start filming in no. in uh, Canada. Call Josh Holloway. Yeah, he so he needs it. Yeah, and uh, they need somebody fast. But it, it didn't make sense. I mean, you know, like Jake Gyllenhaal, uh, guy who did Prisoners, did Enemy, mm-hmm. did uh, Nightcrawler, mm-hmm. trying to get him to come in there and do this, and Tom Hardy, who I liken to Jake Gyllenhaal, both very talented. I mean, you know, Tom Hardy did Locke last year, which was, didn't get nominated for anything, but was still like a critical darling. Yeah. And then he also did a great performance in the movie The Drop. You know, like, 
he passed on it. I, I don't see them getting a better actor or an actor of equal caliber to step in there. If you know what I mean, if Especially there was doubts, last from, minute, last minute. Yeah, I agree. So, yep, no Jake Gyllenhaal. So we still don't have a Rick Flag at this point. Uh, Umberto Gonzalez, El Mayambe from uh, Latino Review. Here's an unconfirmed Twitter rumor that they posted. Pending more concrete sourcing, I hear Gary Sinise supposedly in talks to join Suicide Squad as General Eiling. Hmm. He'd be a great Rick Flag, right? Why not get him Rick Flag? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I just think it's great news getting Gary Sinise in this film. I love Gary Sinise. Yeah, it's yeah. great. So we'll see more as that unfolds. Uh, we do have a DC email from Huey Cox. He says, hi, Leftovers. If Batman versus Superman is terrible, will it poison the well of superhero films the way Batman and Robin did? Batman vs. Superman seems to be building, Batman v. Superman seems to be building to such massive expectations. I'm afraid it doesn't deliver. If it doesn't deliver, it will kill the genre or at least the DC Comics side of the films. What do you think? Love the show. Huey Cox. Oh, you have nothing to fear. If Man of Steel didn't destroy the genre, then Batman v Superman can't. Well, see, there, you, you know, you get into like what's a financial disaster and what's a critical disaster. If it makes money, then they'll keep pumping it out until they won't. But even if for some reason I think that Batman v Superman, like, is horrible and would damage anything, it would just be the DC side. I don't think they're going to fuck that up bad enough to have any kind of impact on Marvel stuff. Well, no, I, yeah, I think, I think what he's saying is like, uh, is this, yeah, he said, or at least the DC comic side of the film. Yeah, I don't think it'll hurt the superhero genre as a whole, but it could very well put a giant damper on all these plans that DC have if the movie's a big stink pile in everyone's opinion. Yeah. I mean, wow, they've got, you know, Justice League down the pipeline. Wonder Aquaman, Woman, Aquaman, Wonder Woman, Suicide Flash, Squad. Suicide Squad. Think about how many scripts you'd be able to find years down the road, though, on the black market. Yeah. Well, I think that's the thing is these movies are happening, whether this movie is a success or not. It's all, it's all in the works. Well, I think they know they've got like a financial success on their hands right now. You're getting right. to see Batman and Superman in the same movie. Yeah. yeah we're not going to see, I think, the results of if people aren't liking it until these later movies. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We'll be interested. Everybody will at least check out the first one. Yep. I yeah. agree. Yeah, I don't think it's going to kill it initially. Yeah, it might be something that we have to wait and see. Um, Batman News discovered an interview with uh, Guillermo Grispo, the stunt choreographer for Batman v Superman, and a Spanish website called Los Andes Diario, about the film, and I found it pretty fascinating. Um, let's see here. Where do I want to start this? They said, what, they asked him, what can you tell us? What can you tell us about the story? He says, look at Warner Brothers. They are very strict. So I can't say much, but it's no surprise if I say Batman and Superman come face to face in the movie. It's one of the most important sequences, and I was actively involved in the design of the fight. The exchange of punches and physical movement were put together with my partner, Ryan Watson. Um, there's a thought that Batman has no chance. 
that the other Superman will squash him like a bug. But when you see the movie and how it all comes out, there's a very intelligent explanation as to why they would have a firsthand confrontation, though it seems to be totally to Batman's disadvantage. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Batman has kryptonite. We've heard that before, too, though. Yeah. Yeah, even though, no, like, there was a rumor that Nolan said that they weren't going to use kryptonite in these films. They will. They have to. They do. Yeah, I don't see how they couldn't. Um, they said, sounds entertaining, designing fights between superheroes. And he says, of course, just imagine, it was like making um, dulce de leche. It's it's similar to a thing to chocolate here in Argentina. I guess. Okay, that's weird. It's like vanilla and caramel mixed it's together. Dulce is that what yeah. it is? Okay. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know my desserts that well, I guess. Now Batman, it's going to fight the way I've always dreamed seeing him fight. He's a character so prepared in martial arts that you can do a lot of things with him, but filmmakers usually don't go all the way with it. Even in the last Nolan movies, the action scenes aren't very good from a technical martial arts point of view to things like choreography, filming, bad camera movements. But hey, don't get me wrong, Nolan is great. I would kiss his shoes. He makes fascinating stories, but I think that he did not pay too much attention to the fights. Those are kind of details that Zach, being so physical himself, loves preparing I think there's going to be a big difference when you see these Batman fights in comparison to the previous ones. Hmm. Sounds cool. Mm-hmm. You know whose opinion I'd love to get on that? It'd be Jay's. Because he's a black belt, isn't he? Jay, Jay is in Piper. martial arts, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, I, I'm pretty sure he liked Man of Steel, right? Oh, he Tupperwared it. Yeah, so I wonder what his take is on that. Like, if he found, from a martial arts point of view, any flaws... Yeah, I mean, and he loves the Nolan movies, yeah. like, more than anybody sitting at this table. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. I think even he recognizes, though, that on a technical level, it's more physical brute strength that Batman displays in his fighting ability, not really a technical fighting ability. Yeah, we definitely saw that in the final battle with Bane. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they said, uh, they asked, uh, what do you have to be careful about when preparing these scenes? He says a lot of things. You can come and say well now i want to hit against that window and i want to break it and you're told no no stop because you can't turn the camera here or there because of the lighting or because there isn't a digital extension prepared for a certain point for example imagine a fight in gotham exteriors i say well on this scene i want an angle looking upwards when he's kicking and i'm told no look if you look upwards that take will cost the production $80,000 more because we will have to add the digital extension from the buildings to the clouds. So try something else because it's cheaper. Um, I think this guy's full of shit a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think on the set of Batman v Superman. They're sparing expenses. Yeah. That's why they got all those fucking sponsors. So right. they can spend all that goddamn <laughs> money. I'm not even. I'm not even making a joke here, really. Right? No, it's, it's, it's true. That's that's why they do that. That's what they do with all that money. They add it right back into the movie. And I, I, I think if if they want, <laughs> it's this guy doesn't have as much control as he would like. Is the issue, in my opinion, not it'll cost us eighty thousand dollars to do it the way you want to do it. That's beans it's that when you're talking. Zack Snyder has talented people that draw storyboards of how the way he wants it. 
and he doesn't need the advice of the fight coordinator of where to point his camera. Right. He's already got that well mapped out long before the fight coordinator yeah. is there showing the guys how to do their moves. Yeah. And I don't think that uh, Zack Snyder is a, is scared to make, like, these types of scenes. I mean, he's like, Michael Bay gives us crazy action scenes that cost you know, thousands and thousands of dollars. Oh, yeah. Exactly. I like, mean, don't, you see what I'm saying? Then. Yeah. You're with me. I, yeah. Saying that, oh, I can't do this because it'll cost $80,000, I don't think that's the truth at all. I think the, the truth of the matter is is that Snyder knows how he wants the shot already. Right. And he doesn't need this pinhead's advice. Yeah. Snyder yeah. views himself as a visionary. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. And really, in the grand scheme of things, $80,000, it's a lot of money to us, but not in a uh, production budget of a film this big. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it, that's ever an issue. Right. Do you think a lot of the stuff in this movie is going to end up on the cutting room floor with, if, if it is one movie and not two movies, like with the 10 month filming schedule? No, I don't actually. I, I think, um, I think Snyder is a very much a perfectionist in, um, knowing what he wants. Yeah. Like in, in putting the footage together. I, I'm not a Snyder fan in the way like his stuff looks and everything, mm-hmm. but I do respect him in, that I, I think he knows how to like put a movie together. He's a competent director that's not going to just like, yeah, have a bunch of cutting room floor shit. He's that, not. Oh, here's five hours of footage. Make a movie. Right. I, I really do think that the movie was mapped out before the movie was filmed. Yeah, and not the other way around. Right. Um, we have some possible huge spoilers for Batman v Superman coming from MoviePilot.com. Uh oh. Rumor one. Brainiac is the secondary antagonist. <laughs> okay. Most people assume that the villain working with Lex could have been Doomsday yeah. or Metallo. However, there were still a lot of people who believed that it would be none other than Brainiac. The rumor is that Vril Dox, Brainiac, was a Kryptonian AI designed to be the automated pilot of Kryptonian ships on colonization expositions. Expeditions, excuse me. However, the scientists felt that the AI was becoming too smart and would soon turn against them. The Vril Dox AI was contained within a command key that was kept hidden from for years. The design of the AI was eventually turned into the Phantom Drive, which became the engine for the Kryptonian ships for years to come. Hmm. That's interesting <laughs> stuff. Supposedly, the Vril Drox logo was also used for the Phantom Drive, which would explain the Brainiac logo on the bottom of the Black Zero in Man of Steel. Oh, it sounds like that's the conclusion that this rumor was drawn from in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. It just sounds like one more thing to cram into this overcrowded movie. <laughs> yeah. I think this movie's a lot more far along than these rumors. Um, a lot of these people, people that are perpetuating a lot of these rumors, I think don't realize how far along the process this movie is already. Mm-hmm. Uh, a Zack Snyder movie needs a lot of post-production. And, you know, most of the principal photography, like, shooting in this movie is already done. Yeah. Like, it's it's just all special effects works at this point. Do you think this is kind of like uh, just because they showed whales in the first Man of Steel, people are speculating that, like, oh, that ties into Aquaman. Yeah, exactly. I think people are just reaching. Yeah. So, And people love Brainiac, so anyway, you can force him in there. Right. Uh, they say Lex Luthor finds the Vril, Vril Doc's command key and figures out how it works. He figures out how to use Brainiac to control, to take control of someone's mind. 
Lex has Brainiac take control of Superman and cause him to go crazy. Lex knows that Batman will want to take him down and believes that he can use Batman to once and for all take down Superman. Lex's evil plan is later found out after the epic fight between Superman and Batman, and the two heroes, as well as Wonder Woman, team up to defeat, Le- to defeat Lex and Brainiac. By the end of the film, Brainiac has figured out how to take a solid form and now threatens to destroy Earth. This leads to the organization of the Justice League. Man, that sounds cool. Yeah, at least that one puts it all together where it sounds a little organized. Yeah, I like evil soups taken over by Lex. I like that plot device. That's uh, very reminiscent of the whole plot behind uh, Injustice, that uh, video game. Yeah. Oh, yeah, very much so, like the comic book as well. Yeah. In that, though, it was uh, Joker. Yeah. And he causes uh, Soups to kill Lois, thinking that it's him. Right. And then he loses it. Yep, that's that's the comic book, yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. I I don't know. I just kind of wanted to see, like, Batman and Superman just not see eye to eye and fight like that instead of, like... You know, almost like the Scarlet Witch hex on the Hulk. I feel like yeah. you're going to get both, though. You do? Yeah, like both fights. One will happen first, like the Nazi eye-to-eye will happen mm. first. And then by the time they're going to reconcile, Luther will take Superman over, and it'll be the even bigger fight, you know? Okay. I can see that. Yeah. And then you also get the part towards, you know, the beginning or whatever where uh Affleck could, like, go harass him as Bruce Wayne. Yeah. You know, like, I, yeah, I do want to see him fight multiple times. Yeah, I think you'll see that. And I think not – if Luther does take over Superman, it won't be every fight against Batman if that's the case. Right. So do you think we might get some detective work as to how, like, Bruce figures out how to bring, you know, Kal-El back, Superman back? No. My no. Pr- my prediction is either Wonder Woman or Aquaman will just tell him. Uh Okay. God damn it. We're still not going to get Detective Bats, are we? All right. Rumor two, Lex is working on some weird projects. Oh, this is what we were talking about off air, Jake. Oh, yeah, yeah. Some rumors had stated that Lex had obtained the body of General Zod and would use his DNA to create Doomsday. Well, they have some of it right. According to the rumor, LexCorp was permitted by the U.S. government to collect and analyze all Kryptonian objects that came to Earth after the Kryptonian invasion. Lex is a big player in politics and is constantly manipulating politicians to lean his way. Most of the ships and armor were analyzed by regular LexCorp scientists, but Lex took some of the things for himself, such as the Vril Docks command key. Lex allegedly has his own secret lab somewhere within LexCorp where he is experimenting on different Kryptonian things. He has obtained a Kryptonian battlesuit, which he has modified to be able to fly and fire rockets. Hmm. Whether or not he uses the suit in the movie is not stated, but I hope he does. This is fan fiction. Yeah. People love the Lex suit. Yeah. Fan fiction Lex suit. Back to the General Zod part. Lex also obtained two Genesis pods from one of the ships, which he plans on using to create weapons against Superman. One of the Kryptonians will be a hybrid of Superman's DNA and Lex's, which will end up becoming Connell, a.k.a. Superboy. Oh, I was hoping you were going to say Bizarro. Yeah, yeah me too. <laughs> the other Kryptonian he attempts to make combines the DNA of Superman 
and General Zod. And, well, it doesn't go exactly as planned. So I guess we can all assume that that's Doomsday. Yeah, this is like the Lex Luthor Island of Dr. Monroe scenario. Yeah. Either that or you got something that's just going to kill itself. Yeah, this is kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like these last rumors. No. Kind of weird. Um, but let's get to some Batman-related stuff. Uh, rumor three, Batman retired due to the death of Jason Todd. Now, we have talked about in the Batcave, there's the, like the monument mm-hmm. to the, to the dead Robin. Yes. So we've heard that rumor. Um, this one is a highly predicted rumor by fans. Batman's reasoning for retirement will be similar to that of The Dark Knight Returns, from which a lot of the movie will be inspired. The rumor states that approximately seven years before the movie, Jason Todd, the second Robin, was murdered by the Joker. There is no scene that shows the death, but Jason's suit is seen in the Batcave. Okay, yeah, they got to that. (laughs) And Bruce describes the scene a few times. The death of his protege, who is said to have been around 16 or 17, caused Bruce Wayne to leave his mantle behind because he felt guilty that he put Jason in harm's way. Alfred usually tries to reassure him that it was Jason's rebelliousness and cockiness that caused his own death, but Bruce never accepts it. It is also stated that Grayson was the first Robin and that he is now operating in Bloodhaven as Nightwing. That's cool. Yeah. Despite rumors that Carrie Kelly would be in the movie... Batman actually does not take on any more Robins in the film. Speaking of that rumor, rumor four, Jenna Malone's role is Barbara Gordon. So not Carrie Kelly. Hmm. Yeah, a lot of people speculated she was the Robin. Yeah. It's not totally confirmed that it's actually Jenna Malone, as it is just from the script. However, it is more likely that she was cast for this role. The rumor states that Barbara works at the Gotham City Police Department as a computer technician and that Batman asks her for help. Barbara, who is in a wheelchair at this point, agrees to help her former mentor. It is hinted that she might have been Batgirl before. Mm, she's in the Oracle Oracle role right now. Right. Barbara works out the clock tower in Gotham and assists Batman as Oracle. Mm. There was also a rumor a while back that Jim Gordon, Barbara's father, would already be dead by the time of the movie. However, Jim Gordon is not acknowledged as dead in the movie. He is just not present in the film. By the way Barbara talks about him, it appears that Jim is still alive. Nice. Last rumor. Extreme spoilers is what they say. Uh Uh-oh. This is where it gets juicy. Previously, there were rumors that villains such as Victor Zaz or David Kane would be joining the party. Well, it appears that one of them is right. It seems that David Kane, allegedly being played by Callan Mulvey, will be a tertiary villain who works for Lex Luthor. Now, remember how I mentioned that Lex was a big player in politics? Well, Lex has not been able to play his manipulative game on the president, who is actually a supporter of Superman, as long as Superman works for the U.S., Lex needs leverage in order to finally defeat Superman, and to do that, the president needs to go. Eventually, Kane assassinates the president. Lex uses this against Superman, saying that if he really cared about humanity, he would have saved the president. 
Lex ends up dropping Kane's end of the deal, and Kane ends up getting arrested. Lex had previously made a deal with Russian crime lord Anatoly Nyazov, who was previously rumored to be in the film, to make it seem like Kane was hired by Nyazov rather than Luthor. Despite Lex ultimately failing to get Superman to become an enemy to humanity, he actually makes it out of the situation with no consequences. He manages to clean up everything he'd done and make it seem like he wasn't involved whatsoever. This gives him time to work on more pro- more of his projects and possibly pursue another objective. Being president. Yeah, or making doomsday. Or, making doomsday. Or who knows what, what the fuck, yeah. Yeah. Seems like a lot. Yeah, so much going on in this movie. If any of this is true. And there's been so many fucking rumors, like, what is true? And yeah. then it's ranged the gambit. Right. Gambit. Blech. I don't know. I just want it to be Batman versus Superman. I know. Versus Flash, versus Aquaman, yeah. versus Wonder Woman, versus uh, my patients. Yeah. <laughs> I think Anthony Mackie's wanting to be in this film. <laughs> He's been sending him emails. Yeah, he has. <laughs> Let him make, to, yeah, he has better ideas for costumes. Yeah. Make a better Wonder Woman. Yeah. Yeah, Frank would like that. <laughs> Slap a wig on his ass. Hell yeah. All right. Uh, do we know anything about the Justice League script yet? No. 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 The Tech Times thinks that they do, and here's what they had to say recently. New rumors are circling the internet regarding Warner Brothers and Zack Snyder's plan for the DC Cinematic Universe. From what we can tell, it appears as if things are going too well when it comes down to the script, and thus the story might have to be toned down just a little bit. (laughs) Such an information should get DC fanboys in a frenzy since one of the main problems that haunted Man of Steel was the script. Many aspects of the movie was was well done, but the writing which was done by Goyer, was average at best. I think Jake would agree with that. Mm -hmm. The information states that folks who have read the script complained about a number of things, such as the script being too long or even too complicated for the average moviegoer. Comic book fans who know the lore might not have an issue with it, but fans are the minority here. Um, It would be interesting to know what the script will bring to the table, but this is the early stage of development, so we expect a million things to change since the Justice League movie won't see the light of day until 2017. The leaked information, however, did point out who we should expect to be the villain. Apparently, (laughs) this person is Brill Dox, uh, who is the original identity of Brainiac in the new 52 comics. Oh, jeez. They love their Brainiac. Yeah. It <laughs> makes sense for Brainiac to show up because the rumor claims the movie currently is codenamed Justice League Brainiac Saga, and it will be the first time we get to see Brainiac on the big screen. We should mention that Brill Dox was originally Brainiac 2, but all that changed when he appeared in the New 52. This extensive information is quite interesting, and we wouldn't mind at all if it turned out to be real. Having Brainiac as the main villain of the first two Justice League movies should cause fans to cry in excitement. We can only hope that Darkseid is not too far away. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, DC news. My God. What's that? No, that's all the DC news. Oh, yeah. All over the place, as per usual. Yeah. That's crazy. I can't make heads or tails of anything. Yeah, like eight, like the movie has like eight plots. Yeah. So, 
Lex Luthor could be in it for five minutes. He could be in it for 45 minutes. Right. Aquaman could be in it for five minutes. He could be in it for half an hour. Batman and Superman could barely fight. Uh, is Lex going to create Doomsday? Yeah. yeah. Is Brainiac going to show up? Is yeah. Barbara Gordon going to be Oracle? Yeah. It just <laughs> seems like it's too crazy, much. man. Yeah, dear Lord. You guys are spent. Is the exact uh, fucking opposite of uh, Fantastic Four. Oh, you got to be spent too, aren't you? I'm, I'm, I'm getting there, and I got to drive home an hour and a half. Bloody hell! Yeah, yeah. I got to drive home a half an hour. Yeah. Wow, my God! Yeah, it's like two thirty in the morning. Two twenty-eight to be exact. Oh God! We all worked today, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. I worked today. Fuck! Man. I was up at like early too. We're old. We, we can't old. be doing this shit. No. Oh, enough of that talk. <laughs> all right. So Carpe ep- episode seventy six in the can. All right, good show, guys. Yeah, episode <laughs> Jake's already checking out. Yeah. Oh, my ears. I can stop <laughs> talking. Get these headphones off my ears. Let's record at a regular time next week. Yes, I'm good with it. All right, guys. Uh, we'll see you next week. And just like, oh, let's do Star Wars news. I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> kidding. I'm kidding. What's the use of saying? We, I'm not saying anything. We are ending the show. You can Skype me in from my car. Yeah. You can use the opinion app. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Just like all good leftovers say in their doggy bags, thank you for your patronage and thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye bye. Later. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a t-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It's a trap. Toss it, good and taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace it. Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over. Counterculture push over. Pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids. What's to say's already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Podcast that original and good. Have already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft. And we're the shaft, the crap, even though we're the shit. Woo! We're the leftovers picking up the scraps, dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good and toss it, good and taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture carryover. Counterculture pushovers, pop culture leftovers. And with the uncool kids. What's to say's already been said Leftovers Pretty sure that the only talent Is the band that's singing this Pop culture leftovers Do we love it? Hey, let's 
love it, hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, pushovers, pop culture, leftovers, and with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said, leftovers, sure, and the only talent is the band that's singing this, pop culture leftovers.